From the Rocky Three soundtrack from 1982, Survivor's Eye of the Tiger, welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff, Daredevil, and Drexel show. Right now it's just the Druff show, though, nobody else here with me, but hopefully that will change as some time passes, as often happens when we start this show. I am in a secret location tonight, I'm not in my usual spot, and I'm using different equipment to broadcast because the equipment I usually use is not very portable. So hopefully it works out and you guys do not even know how much effort I put into getting a working internet connection over here. This place does not have very good internet, not good enough to broadcast radio. And I put a lot of time and effort into getting this connection so I can broadcast to you tonight. Otherwise there would have been no show. So I hope you appreciate it. Otherwise I will have wasted my time for nothing. I am Greek in the chat, is saying right now, I'm making an excuse for the fail already. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true. I wanted to get it out there in case something happens, and I can blame it on this internet connection, which I think will be good enough. I think it'll be good enough. I put a lot of effort into getting this thing. By the way, one note about the song I played, I Have the Tiger by Survivor from Rocky Three, that was not originally going to be the theme song of Rocky Three. Originally, it was going to be Another One Bites the Dust by Queen, but Queen refused to let the film use that. So they had to write a new song. And Sylvester Stallone actually requested this new song to be written, and it was done. And now it's a very, very well-known song. And it's strange to think about the fact that Another One Bites the Dust could have been the theme song to Rocky Three. JSAT saying Druff must be broadcasting from a Caesars property. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that issue can occur there, too. Their Internet is not known to be the best. But no, I'm in a place even worse for Internet. And I was very disappointed when I got here on Monday, and it, it just basically didn't work. So here we are. Hopefully we will reach Brandon tonight and Daredevil. Daredevil is actually in a place with worse internet than me, and that's the reason he can't be on for right now. He said his Skype is all choppy and it's just not working. And uh, Brandon said he'll come on later, but I have some bad news for people who are used to the six- to eight-hour shows we've been doing recently. This show will not be anywhere near that. I'm going to probably broadcast till about 11.30 Pacific time, which is about four hours, and that's it. That's because I have to be up early tomorrow. And I, I can't sleep during the day, so I, I need to sleep, and I need to quit the show by around 11.30. Not 11.30 sharp, but by around 11.30. So I'll try to speed through the topics, and of course, by popular request, I'm going to speed through the intro, since everybody I know loves the long intros so much, the hour-long intros when the show's been going for an hour and we haven't done a thing yet. We're going to try to avoid that tonight. So here we are. Where should I start? Okay, let's start with the free roll. At 8.10, the usual time, we're going to have our usual free roll. No Limit Hold'em in the No Fraud Online Poker Room. This week we have $100, and it's all from one person. It's a user calling himself Sam Sneed. It's not the real Sam Sneed, of course, but the user calling himself Sam Sneed has given us some money, and this week... $100 is in honor of his girlfriend's birthday, which apparently is tonight or today. I don't know her name, so I cannot wish her any more than a ha of a happy birthday than just saying happy birthday. I don't even know her name, her name but he gave $100 for this free roll, 
and that's what we're using this week. Any other money that's been donated will be used in subsequent weeks. I have not forgotten about it, and I've listed it up on the forum, so it will not be falling through the cracks. The prizes tonight. First place, $50. Second place, $25. Third place, $12. Fourth place, $8. And fifth place, $5. I'll send it to you on on PayPal, which is my preferred way of sending you the prizes. It's easiest for me. But I can also do it by bank transfer, Bitcoin. I can put cash in an envelope or check. A guy who won 100 bucks here recently wanted me to put $100 in an envelope and send it to him. And I did. I said, okay, you, you understand if it doesn't get there, then I'm not sending you another one. It's just gone. So he said, okay. So I put it in last week. I hope he gets it. But I, I'll do it if you want. So a lot of ways you can claim the prize. This is real money, real cash money, not crappy online poker money that you may or may not be able to cash out. And not only that, we have fewer than 100 people playing every week, so you have a realistic chance to win this money. It's not a whole lot of money, but it's free money nonetheless. So that's in the No Fraud Online Poker Room. If you want to read the rules about whether or not you qualify, go to pokerfraudalert.com slash freeroll. Pokerfraudalert.com slash freeroll. If I seem a bit confused tonight, it's because... This equipment has a bit of an echo, so I hear myself back like a split second after I talk, and it's a little bit tough to get used to. My other equipment doesn't do that. So PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll, exactly as it sounds, will give you the rules for the free roll for qualifying for the free money. If you do not read that and you don't adhere to those rules, you will not win. doesn't matter what place you finish, I won't pay you. If you want to call into the show tonight, there are two numbers you should keep in mind. The main phone number to the show is area code 775-FRAUD55. That's 775-372-8355. There is also the Mount Charleston line. The Mount Charleston line is an old 70s rotary telephone that sits on top of Mount Charleston and forwards to wherever I go, including over here at the secret location. That phone number is 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808. You have to show your caller ID no matter which number you call. Otherwise, you will not get through. Taking a look in the chat right now. By the way, if you want to chat during the show, during the live broadcasts, Click on the chat button near the top of the screen of PokerFraudAlert.com. You do need a flash-enabled device, meaning no iPhones or iPads can get in there. And you need a PokerFraudAlert forum account in good standing. Some people are saying I sound different. Donkey Killer says Druff sounds like he has a gun to his head. Tilted Stone says Druff, are you sick? And Forum Wars even admits Druff does sound different tonight. Hmm. I don't know. I I have a minor cold that is at the very, very end stages. It could be because of the different equipment that's being used. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. But nobody's holding a gun to me. If they were, I don't think they would be demanding I do the show. But on second thought, maybe someone would. There are some people who get very upset when I miss a show. Some people really, really count on this show every week. And it really ruined their week. I'm not even kidding if I don't show up to do this. So I guess it's possible that I could have told someone I'm not going to do it this week and someone showed up here in this secret location to put a gun to my head. And that's why I sound a bit nervous. So if I give you any clues throughout the show where I am and that a gun really is to my head, 
uh, please make sure to call the police and tell them where I am. Someone else said, it sounds like you're broadcasting through a toilet paper roll. I'm not, but if you want, I can get one and broadcast through it. Maybe it'll sound normal. Someone telling me to pop a Vicodin. I don't think I need that right now. All right, so if you want to text me during the show, you can do so at the main phone number. That's 775-372-8355. Don't text the Mount Charleston line. That will not get through. But you can text the main number, and I will read your texts on the air unless you ask me not to do so. And you can also text me during the show, before the show, after the show, anytime, day or night, you can text me, and I will respond to you. Sometimes it may take a bit, but I'll respond to you. This is the text I'm getting right now from the 480, we need punky monkey baby, whatever that means. From the 248, I'm texting for free Chipotle. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that if I were you. Not if you want to live. From the 510 area. Wow, on time. Very good, sir. It's funny that I'm like five minutes late and that's on time to you guys. That's a, a pretty sad statement about me. Pretty sad Super Bowl, huh? Cam actually got shut down. Old man HGH won. <laughs> also, I don't understand this Beyonce drama bullshit. That's from the 510. That's from one of our few black listeners. Uh, from the 410, he's just asking if there's a show tonight. I guess he knows the answer to that. From the 405, I want to donate $25 in lottery scratch tickets to PFA Radio, but instead of to the free roll, I want to donate it to a contest. I want to do the older or younger than Druff contest again, if that's possible. Yeah, we can do that. I, I have to prepare for that contest. And basically, For those of you who are unfamiliar with that contest, I find mainly poker players who are near my age or at least would appear to be near my age. And then we have a contest where someone calls in for some kind of prize and they have to get a certain number correct of whether someone is older or younger than me. So I say a name and then you say older or younger. And I pick ones that aren't obvious. I don't pick like someone who's 60. I don't pick someone who's 25. I pick someone who's kind of near my age. So that's what that contest is. So I guess this guy wants to donate money or lottery tickets to the free roll, but wants that contest for it. Uh, from the 470, what happened to Goldfarb? I don't know. Goldfarb was not my friend. That was Brandon's friend. So you can ask what happened to him. I never even met the guy. Uh, this is from the 619. We're going to talk about this topic. Bovada dicking, over, dicking the over on the Lady Gaga National Anthem. It went over. They paid the under bullshit. I guess this guy had to bet the other way. Funny thing is I was going to actually bet the under on Bovada. I couldn't find it. And then I would have won probably unfairly, but I would have taken it. But I didn't have any action because I couldn't find it on there. We'll, we'll talk about that topic tonight, though. It was kind of shady what Bovada did. And from the 248, Mike on back. <laughs> Won't happen on this show. So that's a selection of texts that I have received recently at 775-372-8355. If you do try to call during the show and I do not answer, don't hammer me over and over and over TMMLK style because I won't answer. Just give it like 15 minutes and call in or wait till I say call in. But just kind of wait for a natural break. Don't do it in the middle of a rant or a phone call or a big topic. By the way, we have an interview tonight. That's uh, the big thing this week. And I, I hope this will actually happen, because whenever we plan something on this show, it seems like it just doesn't occur. It seems like the best things that happen here 
are ones we don't plan. But the planned interview tonight is at 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, which is in about 40 minutes. I think I forgot to mention the free roll begins at 8.10 and with 25 minutes of late registration. So you still have like 20 minutes to get in there. Anyway, at 8.30, we're going to do an interview with Anna Kate, who's a female poker player in her 20s. And she is going to be on Survivor starting exactly a week from today. I think it's at 8 p.m. on February 17th is when it premieres. So the new season of Survivor, she's going to be one of the contestants. Now, she's not the first poker player to appear on Survivor. If you remember, Jean-Robert Balland also appeared on Survivor. But she will be on Survivor next week. And the way they do this, it's filmed in advance, so you're not watching it live or even taped recently. So the whole thing's over now. And as you might guess, as the show has not aired, obviously I can't ask her, how did you do? What did you win? Uh, Tell us some details of things that happened, because she's under contract with the show not to reveal any details that are going to be aired on the show. So she told me that in advance, and I already knew not to ask questions like that. But pretty much everything else can be asked. And what I'm going to do, I'm not going to take calls during her segment, but I will look at the chat room, and I will ask her questions. In addition to my own questions I already have prepared, I will ask her questions from the chat room, provided they're not rude. I'm not going to ask any rude questions, but uh, any normal questions I will ask. I'm actually afraid to take phone calls. That's, what, that's what's so sad about <laughs> the audience of this show is I actually told her, I volunteered to her that I'm not going to take phone calls. Because I, I, just, I know what's going to happen if I take phone calls while she's on here. I know if I, I take phone calls while she's here, something's going to be said that's really offensive and she's never going to come back, nor will anyone else who hears about it. So I'm, I'm just not going to take phone calls. I will read the chat room and ask the appropriate questions. <laughs> And if you want to see what she looks like or anything else about her, the name is Anna Kate. The way you spell her last name is K-H-A-I-T. And she's been on the show once before, about, I think, two years ago, about a scam called Poker Approved. You can Google that if you want to read about that. We, we were the main site to cover that scam, which is a pretty big scam. It's a scam tournament series and... Actually, a pretty interesting story, but she was one of the people who was involved in it. She wasn't scamming anyone. She was one of the victims. And she was fortunately smart enough to smell a rat with the whole thing and quit before really losing anything out of it. But that's how I got to know her. And then when I saw she was on Survivor, I messaged her and said, hey, you want to come on here? So she said, yes. I'm pretty sure, and I'll ask her this when she's on here, I'm pretty sure she listened to some of the shows after she was on because she would favorite some tweets whenever I would tweet about the show this is like long after she was on. She wasn't like like just promoting her own show. So I think she listened at least for a while. Of course, then she unfollowed me at some point. <laughs> so. You think I should put her on the spot and ask why she unfollowed me? Like when someone unfollows me, you know, it takes some effort to do to unfollow someone. Not, not like a lot of effort, but it takes a little effort. Like, there's a lot of people I follow that I have no interest in, but I, I don't have enough lack of interest in them to go unfollow them. The only excuse to unfollow me, other than a problem with me, which she obviously doesn't have since she's appearing on the show tonight, would be if she was annoyed by, like, World Series tweets or whatever, and I can understand not wanting to read that. So here's the agenda tonight. 
Let's see. Here's the agenda. I was reading the chat room. But here's the agenda. In addition to the interview with Anna Kate tonight at 8.30, Poker Fraud Alert had a special unscheduled show late Friday night, early Saturday morning. It was actually Brandon's Into the Night show. He started it really late, like 3 a.m., and I happened to be up, so I joined in. And we did something kind of controversial, and it's caused some people to be annoyed with us. Some people would say that Poker Fraud Alert caused an international incident. So here's what happened. There's recently been a big thread on 2 Plus 2 about a Poker Stars PCA player who I think is from Canada. He wouldn't say where he was from, but I think from Canada, who had to fly back from the Bahamas to the U.S. or to get to his home country, which, again, I think was Canada. So he had to pass through the U.S. And they have U.S. customs actually in the Bahamas. So... Basically, this guy ended up in a Bahamian refugee camp because he didn't declare all the money he was bringing. So Brandon and I prank called that refugee camp. We tracked it down and we prank called the refugee camp where he was imprisoned. So we are under some criticism over prank calling a very controversial refugee camp. And some people were even worried that maybe we're going to get people beaten or tortured with our prank call which wasn't the intent. I don't think that's going to really happen, but some people are concerned about that. So we'll address that tonight. The link in Las Vegas has a high roller wheel, which is like a giant Ferris wheel, except unlike a traditional Ferris wheel where you just sit in a little car uh, or a little, uh, a little bench, the high roller has these giant pods where they can fit like 40 people. But the high roller is not doing very well. When I was on the high roller in December, with my family, we were the only ones on there. Well, apparently someone else lucked out in that they were the only ones on there. A guy and a girl, both in their 20s, got on and they were the only ones in their pod. So what did they decide to do? Well, they decided to have sex on the high roller. And they got caught because one of the other pods saw them and now they are facing felony charges. So we'll talk about that. Also, I think the guy was cheating on his fiance. I don't think the girl with him was his fiance. The Heartland Poker Tour has a pretty good reputation. This is a live poker tour, which goes around a lot of stops in the U.S. that are not traditional poker stops, and it's been very successful. It's a beloved poker tour. It hasn't been around for all that long. It's been some years, but it doesn't date back like the World Series does or even the things like the the World Poker Tour. It's, it's probably, I don't know, seven years old, I'm just guessing. Well, as I said, it's very well liked, but there is an accusation, and I think the accusation is true, that money is disappearing from the prize pools and that it might be stolen. That's not good, and this question has been raised by one of the players of the Heartland Poker Tour, and so far... Nobody has received any sufficient answers on it. So money disappearing from the Heartland Poker Tour, which is bad news. The Global Poker League. Remember that stupid poker league we talked about on the show where they're going to like make teams for each city? So like a Los Angeles team, a Las Vegas team. Uh, I think there's a team in Brazil or something. I forget all the different teams. It sounded really stupid. And each team has a captain. 
In Las Vegas, the captain of the team is Chris Moneymaker, and the name of the team is the Las Vegas Moneymakers. <laughs> anyway, there's some controversy about that, that someone got a hold of the contract that the players of the Global Poker League are expected to sign, and it's a very, very oppressive and long contract. And at issue is giving up the rights to your likeness for two years if you sign that. So we'll talk a bit about that. There's a poker network, a supposedly TV poker network called Poker Central, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where you get to watch poker on TV whenever you want. Sounds like a good idea, maybe. One problem you could not find it on TV anywhere because no cable or satellite providers would carry it. Well, finally, they got one provider to carry it. So we'll tell you who carries it and if this thing has any kind of future. Eric Lindgren's finances have been long known to be not very good, despite making $250,000 a month for years being a member of Team Full Tilt. That is just by being a member, not by playing poker. Uh, he's broke, and that's been known for four years now. What's also known is he's married to Erica Schonberg, who's also a well-known person in the poker circles. There's been rumors recently that they got a divorce. It turns out the divorce happened two years ago. But there might be more to this story, and we'll talk about that when we get to that segment. Party Poker is trying to increase their player pool. They've been... Losing from their player base, it's just not as popular as it once was. It was once the biggest poker site in the world many years ago. By adding back 21 countries that were once prohibited to play there. But unfortunately, not the United States. Poker Stars has killed, up their, he- killed their heads up cash games. We'll talk about that and whether that is something that was wise for them to do. Bovada made a questionable call on the Super Bowl prop bet involving Lady Gaga's national anthem. And the final poker and gambling topic, black market gambling figure Paul Fua accused of fixing tennis matches. Hmm. Only one general topic on the agenda this week. It's about the U.S. presidential race once again. Some interesting things happened over the past week. We had a debate where a candidate really lost his momentum and performed very poorly. And we have on the other side of the political aisle a smackdown where an underdog scored a big victory in one primary, even more than he was expected to do. So we'll talk about that and where the race looks like it's going to go from this point. Let's see. Do I have any? Before we begin the show, let's see if I can find any co-host here. Any co-host? Any co-host? No. There's no co-host. That's it's sad. That is sad. Hmm. Let's see. From the 872 area code, this is a weird text. Druff, please take me off moderator queue, Drexel's dick. 
Also, how come it says Druff's dick was not an appropriate username, but Drexel's dick was fine? So this is some guy who signed up a new gimmick account on the Poker Fraud Alert forum named Drexel's dick. And he, I guess he tried to be my dick first. He tried to be Druff's dick. And then it would not work. And then he had to be Drexel's dick. So I guess Drexel's dick was second choice. Uh, and, and what he means by approve it is I have to approve all new accounts. And I do that for... Spam purposes. And also, you know, there's a few banned users here just to, just to make sure every new account that signs up is on the up and up. But I, I approve them pretty quickly. <laughs> I don't know if I'll approve Drexel's dick. I don't know about that. But the reason you cannot sign up for the forum under the name Druff's Dick is that anything with Druff is not allowed because I don't want anyone impersonating me. So rather than think of every combination someone could use to impersonate me and ban that. I just banned anything with Druff in there. I think that's fair. And I didn't do so with Brandon. All righty. Let's get going. I've got about 25 minutes before uh, putting on Anna Kate. Is she even on? Yeah, it looks like she's here. Okay, good. So, I think she's not going to flake on me. That's good. That's good news. Let me talk about the thing with the Bahamian refugee camp. Actually, I'll skip that. I'll wait till Brandon comes on for that. Let's look at, uh, let's see, what's it called? The Heartland Poker Tour. Let's go to that. Heartland Poker Tour and the controversy around that. I know it's not the... Biggest topic maybe to lead off with, but I think it's something worth noting, especially because it's a pretty major poker tour, and it's very well-known and very well-liked. So this is what happened, and this was brought to my attention by a poker player named Ben Keyline. He tweeted to me a thread he created on 2 Plus 2 and said, you may be interested in this, and yes, I'm interested. So it's a confusing thread. Uh... First of all, I believe you, Ben Keyline, I believe that uh, you've stumbled upon something correct about the way Heartland Poker Tour is forming their prize pools. I think money is disappearing, and I think you've found something sinister that's going on there. But you've got to learn to write this stuff up better, because I'm not a dumb guy, and I'm very good at following posts, even confusing posts, and boy, this was hard for me to figure out. But like, <laughs> It was tough. Like Reading it, I was very confused. But I, I put the time into it, and I will try to break this down for all of you. If you go to the Scam Scandals and Shadiness forum on Poker Fraud Alert, you'll see a subject, a, th- a thread called Heartland Poker Tour Missing Money from Prize Pools. And you'll see a picture of Ben Keyline's crumpled up tournament receipt, which he probably just stuffed in his pocket and never thought he would need again, except maybe for the tax man. And this was the main event, took place at the Ameristar Casino Hotel on January 22nd, 2016. It was a $1,650 buy-in event. And that's what is typical of the Heartland Poker Tour, unlike some other poker tours like the World Poker Tour, where it's a lot of money to enter some of these events. The Heartland Poker Tour is aimed more at low and mid-limit players. So a lot of people really enjoy it. So the main event is $1,650. And he posted his receipt. The receipt shows buy-in, $1,455. Player fee, 
$45, and administrative fee, 150 adding to 1650 Now, what does this stuff mean? Buy-in means what's going directly to the prize pool. So they're saying 1455 of the 1650 goes directly into the prize pool. The player fee is actually like a staff fee, where they're sending it over directly to the staff. The administrative fee is what the house keeps. That's what the casino keeps. So 45 for the staff, 150 for the casino, 1455 for the players. And it says that right there on the receipt that he posted uh, a copy of or photo of. 671 people entered. So let's do the math. 671 times 1455 should be the prize pool. Now, that's an easy math equation. Anyone who can do this in their head, it's very quick. $976,305. Okay, maybe you need a calculator, but that is the result. 671 entries where 1455 goes into the prize pool means it's $976,305 or better yet, just a little bit short of $1 million. So, If you go to the Heartland Poker Tour's own website, which I linked to in that same thread, you will see that the prize pool is listed as $962,000? What? What? Now, wait a minute. We we just did the math there, and it should have been 976 and change. They got 962 and change. So where did, like, almost $14,000 go? It was a shortfall of $13,665 just disappeared. So one of the players, as I said, Ben Keyline posted this on two plus two and questioned this. And uh, he got a number of different weird answers. One of the answers was that they were giving away a $5,000 seat to some event out of the prize pool. And they didn't disclose this to the players. Notice on the receipt he had, It did not say anything about that. But putting that aside, it came out that they were giving away a $5,000 seat from the prize pool. So fine, take $5,000 off that. That still means $8,665 are short. Now, in the 2 Plus 2 thread, marketing director Corey Stewart wrote this. HPT has always been fully transparent with prize pool deductions. Yeah, it sounds really transparent. A breakdown of the distribution of each 1650 buy-in is outlined in each official gaming submission, and those breakdowns are listed on the structure sheet. The deductions for the recent East Coast, East Chicago event in question were as follows. Direct buy-in of 150 as the entry fee. Staff and promotional fees of up to 4%. $3,600 donation, deduction for the end-of-year championship event. This information has always been readily available to players, and we are confident that all funds are accounted for at each tour stop. And he's the marketing coordinator. His name is Corey Stewart. So that was his explanation, but it still doesn't add up right. This is like he's trying to explain it, but it's really not making much sense. So taking a look at the structure sheet, um, it doesn't seem to say anything about this. The only thing it says is that uh, dealer tokes and other non-cash awards and charitable donations will not exceed 4% of the prize pool, which is important. It says they're right on the structure sheet that there's no way they're going to deduct 4% of the prize pool or more than that, other than the 150 that they take out first. So 
They buy in 1650. They take out 150 right away. And that brings it down to 1500. So they're saying that it should not be more than 4% of that taken out. And indeed, from the receipt, they're taking out 45, which is only 3%. That's fine. In fact, it's less than the maximum they said they could take out. This is per player. But what's odd here is even if you want to assume that they took out 4%, which they, they shouldn't have done because they said right there on the receipt that they're taking out 3%, they're taking out 45 out of 1,500. Even if you want to say that they took out 4%, which it claims in the structure sheet they can do, I mean, he's saying it's fully transparent, which that's not transparent at all. But even if you want to say that they could do that, uh, it's... Where is it? Like, why was that not disclosed? Why does it say right on the uh, on the receipt they're only taking out 45? So if they took out 4%, then that would have been an additional $10,065. And uh, so the way it's been figured out here, the way it's been figured out is that they took out this $3,600 seat. I guess it wasn't a 5K seat. I guess it was a 3,600 seat, which, again, is confusing. But they they took out a $3,600 seat. They took out another percent to be up to 4%, which makes it – that's what adds up to the 13665 That's what it is. So what makes people really wonder is what's going on. They say they could take up to 4% out. They take 3% out. And then the fourth percent just disappears. So if you think about it, that 1% could just disappear into anyone's pocket and there would be no record of it. Because on the official buy-in receipts, it shows 3% coming out. And then they take 4%. So that 10000 just disappears. Now you might say, hey, wait a minute. Maybe it was just a mistake. Maybe they should have printed $60 out of each one instead of 45 out of each one. And the truth is, if it prints 45 is going to the tournament staff, it should be 45 to the tournament staff, not 60. But you could say, well, maybe it's just a misprint. Maybe they, they were planning 45 and the last minute shifted to 60 and forgot to put it on there. Crappy, and they should always honor what they really say they're going to do. But maybe it's just a one-time mistake. No. Ben Keyline made a spreadsheet, which, again, you can go take a look at in that same thread. And he bolded several HPT stops where there is a shortfall, including one that, has a, that have a much bigger percentage shortfall than this one, where it just absolutely cannot be explained where the money went. Some of them where it seems that 5.8% was taken out instead of 4%. Like on uh, October 26, 2014, 5.81% was taken out of the prize pool. On, that was at Ameristar also. On April 13, 2015, at River City, 5.34% was taken out. Again, not disclosed to the players. Again, back at the Ameristar on August 24th, 2015, 4.78% was taken out. Back at the Ameristar on November 9th, 2015, 4.99% was taken out. So this money just disappears. So not only is the money disappearing, but they're not accounting 
for where it's even going. So it's, a, it's, it's more than the 4%, and they're not accounting for where it's going. So they're taking out more than they're supposed to, and no one knows where it goes. And we've had these situations before where money just disappears from prize pools. I have a feeling this is going to the staff. I have a feeling the staff is just taking out more money than they're disclosing and paying themselves. I don't think one person is stuffing all this money in his pocket. I think it's going to the entire staff. Or it's also possible they're taking out additional money for different promotions and not telling people about it. So these are funding promotions that they have. But there's definitely missing money, according to this report, which I believe, from five different events since October 26, 2014, which is like the past year and a half. It's pretty shady. And they will not give a very clear answer to this. They will not. It's just very simple. You just say, okay, this is what we said we're taking out. This is where you can find documentation of what we're taking out. This is where the money went. Here's the proof. Here's the documentation of what we were doing. Here's where you can find it. It all adds up. But they're not doing that. The only thing we got was that weird statement about how they've always been transparent, but then they're not. How can you say they're being transparent when the tournament ticket itself says they're taking out 3% and they really take out 4%? How can they be transparent when $3,600 is going out of the prize pool for a championship event and no one's being told of that? So this is a big mess, and there need to be some answers for this. So I'll give it one more week and then I'll start making some phone calls if we don't get some answers. Because I, I hate seeing things like this. I hate seeing when players get robbed. It's so hard to win on the tournament trail. It is so hard to win because there's so much variance to tournament poker. There's so many expenses associated with tournament poker, especially when you have to travel to play events. There's food expenses, hotel expenses, Driving or flying expenses, however you get there. And that's on top of the rake that comes out. That's on top of the tips you're expected to leave for the staff, unless they're taken out automatically. There's a lot of expenses and rake you have to beat to win in tournament poker, in live tournaments. So it's so hard to win in tournament poker because of these factors. And I hate when you have thieves or unethical companies stealing out of the prize pool or representing the prize pool as one way and then what you get in actuality is something else. So I expected better of the Heartland Poker Tour and I hope they clear this up. And Ben Keyline, good for you for figuring this out. I wish you were clearer in your thread. I'm telling you, it's very hard to understand. But good job for figuring this out and keeping on them. And he apparently even filed a complaint in Missouri about this. So good for him. And Alan Kessler has been on the case as well. So good for Alan Kessler. So missing money from at least five different Heartland Poker Tour tournaments where they're not paying out what they claim they would. I mean, right there where 
the tournament tickets is at 1455 goes to the prize pool and there's 671 entries and you calculate as 976k and then their own webpage says they only paid out 962k i mean you got it right there <laughs> you you've got it right there that's a smoking gun in fact if a class action lawsuit was commenced against them they would that would win it'd be a slam dunk it doesn't matter if they say they can take up to 4% if they're only taking 3%, they can't take another percent later. When you buy in, it has to be stated to you where it's going. Or if it's not directly stated to you. Like like the World Series, they stated on the tournament structure sheet. But it's always clear what is actually taken out. And if it's not clear, you have a right to ask for it. But whatever they say they're doing is what they have to do. They can't decide later to take another percent. And they definitely cannot take more than 4% if their own structure sheet said, we're not taking more than 4%. They should also be honest when seats they are awarding to other tournaments are coming out of the prize pool. They should be honest about that as well. But that's like a secondary issue. So we will watch where this goes. Okay, so let's talk about the Global Poker League and the latest controversy with them. And I just was notified of this Tonight, right before the show. So if I don't seem all that knowledgeable about it, it's because I'm not. But uh, I did read a lot of tweets about this. This was brought to my attention by Seriously Serious because one of his friends named Paul Orstein, well, I don't, I, he, he follows me, so he must know me. I, I don't know him very well, but I've, I've heard of him. And what's funny is I, I actually know a Paul Oren, so... <laughs> So I was like, wait a minute, Paul Orstein, is that the same guy? No, it's a different guy. There's a Paul Orstein and a Paul Oren. But this is Paul Orstein. And you can read his tweets if you go to twitter.com slash Paul Orstein. That's O-R-E-S-T-E-E-N. And he's really been on the case of the Global Poker League. And uh, it's CEO Alex Dreyfus, who's been involved in some controversy before that we've talked about on the show. Um... I'll give you my impression of Alex Dreyfus. Alex Dreyfus kind of seems like a huckster to me. He seems like a guy who is pretty much exploiting the poker world. He seems like someone who's talking big, promoting big, and delivering very little. He's, he seems to act like every one of his business ideas is the next greatest thing. And then in reality, not only is it very flawed, but he doesn't always deliver what he promises. In the past, Alex Dreyfus got into some controversy because... Uh, they were off the Global Poker Index, which is uh, his company that's also behind the Global Poker League. They were offering free seats to the World Series if you finished top on their leaderboard, and then some people got stiffed out of it. Now, I'm not going to go into all that, but you can listen to one of our past shows about that. I'm not forget which one it was, but you can search it out. And one of the people who got screwed by this was Aaron Massey. And he wrote some blogs about it. You can look at his blog. He, it's called uh, BigCockPoker.com. It's Aaron Massey's blog. And I, I don't love Aaron Massey. I, the guy was kind of a jerk to me when we played one time at the World Series last year. But that aside, I think he really got screwed by the Global Poker Index. And Global Poker Index did not keep their promises about these free seats. And just by watching this guy interact, it just seems like he's all promotion and little substance. And that's just my opinion. Like, 
that's just the impression I get of the guy, and that's the impression I'm seeing others are getting of him from following some of these tweets. I don't think he's good for poker. I think this Alex Dreyfus guy is, is kind of slippery. I think he's someone who is hard to trust. I think he's someone who uh, positions himself as a great innovator in the world of poker, but in reality he's just finding a way to squeeze every dime out of poker and sometimes by not always being upfront or honest. So the Global Poker League, I, I think, is a stupid idea. We've talked about this before. The Global Poker League is like a team sport version of poker. And it was announced a few months ago, and we made uh, we made some jokes about it because it seems like a joke. It's supposedly launching this month, by the way. I'm not sure exactly what day, but it says launching 2016. So let me get to the uh, the teams here. What do we even find? I'm on their website. I'm trying to find their teams again. <laughs> This website sucks so much I can't even find the team list. We talked about this before, but I want to go over it again since it's back in the news. Controversial once again. Nah, screw it. Let me look a different way. Global Poker League. I'll, if all else fails, I'll just consult my own site. That's always the easiest. At least on my own site, I know it's going to be clear. Um. See, can I find it? No, I, can't. <laughs> I can't even find this on my own site. Damn it. Well, anyway. The Global Poker League has a bunch of different teams that are headed by a captain. And then people get drafted to play in the Global Poker League and they get paid like an hourly rate to play in this, like, team poker. I don't even understand completely how it works, but that's how it is. Here's an article on ESPN about it. It has 12 franchises and and 12 managers. It has the Berlin Bears, the Hong Kong Stars, the LA Sunset, that's managed by Maria Ho, by the way, the Las Vegas Moneymakers, the London Royals, the Montreal Nationals. I wonder if it's called that because the the Washington Nationals, that was once the Montreal Expos. The Moscow Wolverines, the New York Rounders, the New York Rounders, the Paris Aviators, the Rome Emperors, the Sao Paulo Metropolitans, and the San Francisco Rush. So the various managers involved include Fares Jaca, Andrea Cari, Max Pescatori, Fabrice Solier, Bryn Kenny, Anatoly Filatov, Marc-Andre Latacour, Liv Bourri, Chris Moneymaker, Maria Ho, Selena Lin, and Philip Grusum. So pretty well-known players involved with this. And as I was saying, it's team poker. I thought this wouldn't work for a few reasons. First of all, no one's going to root for their team in their city. No one's going to care about, oh, yay, the Las Vegas moneymakers are winning. Yay, go Las Vegas. No one's going to give a crap about that. No one's going to care about the Las, Vegas, the Los Angeles sunset. Nobody has, like, a sense of pride in their community or their city when it comes to poker. Poker's always been an individual game. 
Now, I guess you can be happy if someone from like your hometown, your small town where you grew up is doing well in poker and go, oh, yeah, I went to high school with this guy. Or, oh, yeah, that guy, uh, I, I knew him around town back then. Like, I guess that can be kind of cool. But if you live in the Los Angeles area, you're not going to be excited that someone else from the Los Angeles area is winning a tournament. You're just not. It's, it's stupid. It's the same reason you don't get that excited when someone from the L.A. area wins the lottery. <laughs> I mean, you just don't care. It's an individual game. But somehow they're creating these teams and they think everyone's going to be excited by it. And no one is. Just for some reason, Alex Dreyfus thinks they will be. So the first draft is going to take place on February 25th, according to this article, at the SLS Hotel in Beverly Hills. And all 12 managers will be there, and they're going to select a squad from the top players in the game, and it'll be streamed live on Twitch. They're even going to have Phil Helmuth, Daniel Negreanu, and Kara Scott commentating on the draft. So these guys don't work for free either. They must be, I, I don't know who invested in this stupid thing, but there must be some money behind it. But I don't think it's going to be successful. It's not going to capture anyone's interest. Now, we've talked about that. I don't know, about two months ago, month and a half ago, whenever this story came out. But here's the new thing. Someone got a hold of the contract that players have to sign before they can be part of the Global Poker League. You absolutely cannot be part of it. I don't know about the managers, but whoever gets drafted before you can actually play or be part of it, you have to sign this contract. This contract... How many pages do you think it is? How many pages do you think it is? The contract you're signing to be a player in the Global Poker League is a short 22 pages. (laughs) 22 pages. Come on. 22 pages. Okay, I just realized something. I started a second topic when I shouldn't have. (laughs) So we'll continue this topic after we call up Anna Kate. But yet a 22-page contract that anyone who wants to participate in this have to sign. And there's a very, very controversial term there, and that has to do with their likeness, giving up your likeness to the Global Poker League. And that's what some people are very, very angry about. So we will talk about that, but right now we're going to attempt to do our interview. Right on time, 8.30 sharp. I'm glad I didn't get like too into this Global Poker League thing because I would have just totally blown past 8.30 and I would have embarrassed myself that uh, I didn't call Anna when I was supposed to. Here we are. It's ringing on Skype. I'm hoping, come on, come on. Oh, we got her. Anna Kate, welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. Hey. R- right on time here at uh, 8.30. I almost yes. missed it. I almost forgot about it. I, I hate to admit it, but I was, <laughs> I got all into talking about something else. And then uh, I looked, it was 8.29. I'm like, oh, crap, I came so close. Like, I would have been so embarrassed if that happened. <laughs> it's okay. So, it's okay. Well, I was hanging anyway, so it's fine. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you're here, too, because, like, people flake and people, like, it never goes as I'm expecting when we have these interviews. So I'm, I'm so happy you're here and... Yeah. So so far in the first minute, it's working. Great, yeah. Last so, time we had a bit of a problem. I was up in Canada the last time we spoke, and I had no um, internet service. So right, right. And didn't you get like a big phone bill from being on this show? 
We did, yeah. But I felt like it was so important to get out what I needed to get out that it was worth the phone bill because I felt bad if anyone was, you know, caught yeah. in a front, basically. Yeah, so, so Anna Kate was on this show before in, uh, I believe it was in uh, 2014, right? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she was on, the way I got to know her was she was involved in this whole uh, poker-approved scam. And as I said earlier in the show, she was not scamming anyone. She was one of the victims of the guy running poker-approved. And fortunately, she figured out something was wrong with it and dropped out before it uh, wasted too much of her time. But uh, uh, she was one of the figures who was calling out the scammer. And then I pretty much took the baton and really did a big investigation on them and published yeah. on the site and, and had her on the show. And, and I got to meet Anna in person at, at uh, a World Series. We were in the... Uh, Diamond registration room and uh, registering there. I have a question for you before we begin. Uh, you were in the Diamond and Seven Star room. Are um, you I'm, actually? I'm, I'm, I actually don't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to say, Todd, that if it wasn't for you, I don't think uh, we could have gotten as much attention as as we did at that time. And you basically nipped it in the butt, and you did an awesome job researching. And I was uh, very happy that you stumbled upon and, and 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 was able to do something about it because I think we. You know, save people from 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 you know either losing money or you know get getting caught in a scam. So yeah. um, you shut them up really quickly. So I'm very <laughs> happy that you jumped on board with that. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. And thank you for it. bringing it you know out to the public's attention to where I could yeah. even find it. And then uh, I, I thought it was a good thing that was done. And as you said, I think a lot of people got saved from that whole thing before it really got going. So uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. Anyway, she was on the show and talked about her part in it, and uh, I, I noticed that you were sometimes liking or favoriting the tweets about this show, like long after you were on. And I said, Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Now, now did you listen to some other episodes afterwards or were you just uh, favoriting it? Or um, I, I actually just, I, I mostly read some stuff that you posted. Um, I, uh, yeah, I did follow along um, some of your, you know, um, episodes after I just gain a lot of respect for you because of what you do and the awareness you bring and stuff. And, and there's a lot of scams going on in poker. Everyone's, you know, robbing each other or stealing from each other. So it's really important to get that out there and, um, you know, yeah, that's, that's good. Search on. <laughs> so yeah. I, I noticed, uh, now here in, in 2016, mm-hmm. the news that you're going to be on the TV show survivor, which starts next week. And mm-hmm. I thought, Oh, that's cool. I know her. Like that's the girl I had on the show a week and a half, uh, I mean, a year and a half ago. And, uh, who, helped expose this poker approved scam. And, uh, you know, I met her at the world series. She was very nice. And I said, Oh, cool. She's going to be on survivor. It's someone I actually know. So mm-hmm. I, I contacted Anna and asked if she wanted to come on here and, and talk about her experience there and how she got on there and, uh, take some questions from the audience. And so my first question for you is here. Uh, and I know I, I told people already, you can't tell anyone about the results of the show or anything that happened on the yeah. show because you you have a contract not to do that and that's understandable, right? But, but and uh, also I think it's more fun to watch it you know every yeah. week and not know any kind of you know. Yeah, well, I have okay. to, if if you would tell me the results, I, I would like to do that <laughs> if that that would be great because we'd be like the only site in the world to have that up there. But I, right. I understand why you can't do that. So, <laughs> uh, so first of all, how did this happen? How did you get? Selected for Survivor, did uh, did you have an agent that found it for you, or did they come directly to you? How how did it work? How did they find you? No, I don't have an agent. I don't have a manager. I just play poker. Um, 
Well, basically, I mean, anyone that knows me really knows that I really love for a long, long time poker and, and survivor. Um, and uh, it was always a really big dream of mine. I mean, I always, um, had a huge passion for the both of them. So I, you know, knew instantly that they're very similar and that they're both a strategy game. They're both a mind game. They're both like, um, a game. So it's, it's a puzzle and it's fun and it's exciting and it keeps me on my toes and it, and it just, just makes me use my brain and stuff. So anyway, um, what happened was I always knew I wanted to try out, but I was always, I guess, nervous and, previous year um two years ago i like missed the deadline i feel like i was just too nervous to do it and then the following year um i sent in a video like an audition video and i made like a parody of of an audition tape basically i was like making really? fun of really? myself and and it was i think it was cute but i i realized as soon as i sent it in that i didn't talk enough and i thought damn i missed the deadline again this sucks but a friend of mine let me know um, that the neck, the following day, there was going to be a live casting call, and I think it was Caesars. And he goes, "You should go. You know, it's a, it's, you, you know, it's a live casting call." I was like, "Oh, you know what? That's good. I think I think I should go and you know talk more and stuff." And anyway, I was, I was on this line for like six six and a half hours. Like it was the line was around, like through the casino, up and down, all around. I made like some friends. Um, waiting online and people were telling me, you know, they tried out for 10 years and six years and four years and like wow. they, and like, you know, like eight years and stuff like that. And they've never got a call back. They've never got an email. And I thought to myself, this really sucks. Like I'm way, you know, what was, it, was this at uh, Caesars Las Vegas? Is that where the tryout was? No, it was actually Atlantic city. Atlantic so, city. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, You're the East I was coast. I at the I time mm -hmm, yeah. on the East coast. And, uh, my friend told me to go, you know, go online. And anyway, I did the interview. I thought I completely ruined it. Um, and it was, uh, was fortunate enough and lucky enough that they saw something and then, you know, it was, it was more interviews and more, um, more Skype calls, more paperwork and I see doctors and there was like, you know, more, it was like a really long process. And then, um, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to get it or not. And they, they kind of keep you uh, out of the loop for a little while and kind of just say, well, waiting, waiting, waiting. And then, and, and was, it was, you know, still had my hopes up kind so of. Was it, was it like a tiered process? Because I, I actually tried out for some game shows uh, many years ago. And it was like, first you went through a, an initial weed out process where they boot most of the people, but you're not anywhere near being on yet. And then they have like a secondary process. They'll sometimes call you back with the the people that they like best, or the they'll call or they'll call you and talk to you on the phone about it, and then consider from there what to do. So, so yeah. you, you went to an initial tryout. Did they have you come back a second time before all this stuff started? With with well, the it was mostly done on the phone. So mostly we mostly it was mostly phone calls, like a lot of you know a lot of phone calls, and. Um, they want to know about this. They do a whole background check. They do it a few times and like they, you know, they make sure no one's crazy on it. So, um, you know, you're out there starving, you have blades around, you don't, you know, want anything to happen. But, um, there was like a lot of just a lot of phone conversations and stuff. Um, and then after that, um, you know, they're, they're reading through, but then there's also like final casting, which they fly to LA, which was in December. I flew out there and it was like a five day interview. Like it's a five day thing where you have all day interviews and they can cut you anytime. And, um, it was a quite a bit of people. And basically at the end of the day, I was sitting in my room and I was hoping to get this paper under my door to, you know, it was either going to be a plane ticket to go home or it was going to be a schedule for the next day. And, um, and even, even after I finished those five days, 
Um, you know, you meet Jeff in the end and you meet like, you know, the, the CBS executives and stuff. But even then I wasn't, it, it doesn't mean that I'm on the show just because I made, uh, I finished those five days of interviews doesn't mean that I'm still on the show. Well, so the, wait, so wait, there's, there's 16 scene. people to come on the show. Uh, they make it on, right? What was that? There's 16 contestants each year or each uh, season, right? There's 18. Uh, so it depends. A- 18 or 20. Oh, 18 or 20. Okay. So, yeah, so 20, how many yeah. people were in that LA version? That sounds kind of seems like almost like the final table of, uh, of yeah, there's, contestants there's, there. So how many people were there and, and, and like 18 to 20 got selected? So, so basically there was like about 40 people. Um, and they came, or I think two or three times. And from those 40 people, they got down to like, no, um, we have 40 few times. So like, I guess like a hundred and something, a few hundred, um, they got down to like 16 and, and, and then 18 and stuff. So wait, was it 40 people there or a few hundred? I'm confused. Okay. So there was like 40 people, but they, they, they had a, they had a five day interviews. Like they had a few rounds of it. They had like, oh, two I see. Oh, so they had, so they yeah. had like five days of like 40 people each. Yeah. Pretty okay. Much. So, so when you they, were flown out to LA, then you, you didn't have that high of a chance by the numbers, you're like, you're like 20 out of 200 pretty much. Like yeah. 110. Oh yeah. But I wasn't thinking about that. I just thought, you know, I'll just do my best. Actually what I was thinking was, um, I thought to myself, you know what, if I don't make the show, I'm like such a big fan that this would be an awesome experience. Like I would, I would see some survivors, you know, I would see the behind the scenes. I would see what they go through. You know, I, I was just really excited to just give it a try. And if it, you know, it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But I kept thinking, like, it's okay. And I remember, like, looking around, walking around, because we're not allowed to talk to each other. Because we're, we're only allowed to talk to each other once the camera starts on the island. So we weren't allowed to talk to each other. And um, I was still so excited. I remember looking around. I thought, okay, I, I can totally see her on the show. I can see him on the show. And I'm a big fan. So it was really exciting. And you know, I just was crossing my fingers, hoping that, you know, it can happen. But... So now, uh, when did yeah. they call you? When did you hear you're going to be on the show? When? What was the date you found out, approximately? Approximately two weeks before I flew out. And About when was two that? weeks before I flew out. Mm-hmm. When was that? Um, I flew out March 22nd to LA, and then from there we flew out to Cambodia the 23rd. Um, so yeah, I give or take like the seventh, eighth, or something. Wow. So this took place a long time ago. This took place like uh, last year. Yeah, we filmed last year. Wow, I never knew that. I never knew it was. I knew it wasn't like live, but I didn't know it was like mm-hmm. almost a year ago when it took place. That's crazy. Well, normally this actually doesn't happen. Normally they film two seasons of Survivor in summer. So what happens is if the first season that the first crew, the first group that films is going to be the one that goes on air six months later. So um, the first one that the films in like March is going to air in September. And then the second crew that films is going to air in um, February. And what we're supposed to happen, we're supposed to be on season 31, but we actually got pushed over because for the first time ever survivor decided to have um, uh, the American people vote who they want to see on the show and all the favorites and stuff, which was really cool. Um, you know, as a fan, excited to see that they finally did that and incorporate America. So it was, it was, it was natural that they would push us over basically, um, because America, if they vote, they want to see who they voted for right away. They're not going to wait till February. You know, if they're, if they're going to vote in, in, um, you know, May, the end of that, the, the past season, season 30. They were going to want to vote and see the season right away. So we actually got pushed over. So it's been like 10 months ago, 11, you know, 10 months ago since we filmed. And, um, you know, it was a long wait. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's finally like a week away. So we're, so we're all getting excited this, and stuff. When you're on the show, um, obviously the, the cameras, uh, 
they're rolling a lot of time and they edit it down and people only see an hour each week. But uh, mm-hmm. what about the time the camera's not rolling? Are you allowed to interact with anybody? How, how does that work when, when things well, are not... basically, uh... the, the cameras are pretty much always rolling. Really? I mean, they're always rolling. Um, even if we're all sleeping and it's torrential rain and everyone, you know, you hear, they hear snoring They There's a guy sitting outside our tent, uh, outside our camp and just has like this raincoat on and he just doesn't stop filming. You know, I, I don't know how they do it to be honest with you, but, um, they have a really tough job. I mean, they, they work their butts off those cameramen. Um, want to give them a shout out because they are absolutely awesome. You know, they run around. It's, I mean, you have to understand it was 130 degrees out there. We, we, we were in like underwear and bras and bikinis and stuff. And, wow. and they have this whole gear on. They have their, their, their cameras and they're, and they're holding the mics and they're running around trying to get in front of us. I mean, they really work hard. There's sweat coming down and they're focused on us. And anyway, they, they just wanted to say that I never realized how hard they work. They work extremely hard. Um, but uh, yeah, so the cameras are always basically, they're always rolling. So, um, yeah, they kind of get everything. <laughs> and okay, so um, I don't know if you're able to talk about this. I know you can't talk about any place you finished or anything about the show, but but mm-hmm. just like a generic question, just about any season of Survivor, does everybody get paid no matter where they finish, or is it only if you finish in the top few? Or how does it work with? Uh, I know there's the big prize for finishing first, but uh, how does it go for there? Like the, the people who don't do very well, do they get paid at all, or do they get nothing? Yeah, they do. They do. Um, so everyone, everyone gets paid, which is something I actually didn't know. Um, but yeah, if you, if you finish, if you, if you're the first one out, um, you do get a little bit and then it, it incrementally goes up. And then, if, you know, if you make the merge, it bumps up, you know, a little bit and, um, yeah. And then the winner is a million. So, um, yeah, everyone gets paid a little bit basically, but it's really, um, top heavy <laughs> like poker basically. So yeah. somewhere in that regard. <laughs> People in the chat are laughing that when you talked about how everyone's in their like uh, bras and bikinis because it's so hot that I said, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they, they thought I took a, a special interest in that. But I was really just I, – I didn't think of it. But, yeah, Cambodia, you said it was in March? Um, yeah, and yeah. in March and April. Yeah, and I, can, I can see how it would be yeah. pretty hot and humid there. And uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, we actually – we didn't actually realize how hot it was out there until Jeff said it. I think it was like – the third challenge or something, he was like, yeah, you guys, I mean, I can see you guys are all dying out here. You know, it's 130 degrees. We look at each other. We're like, really? Like we, we, we knew it was hot, but I've never been 130 degree weather, obviously, but you know, just a constant state of dehydration. Um, did they provide like enough water so people can stay hydrated or did they leave everyone dehydrated for, for the fun of the show? (laughs) You have a well and you have to boil your water Mm -hmm. and the walk is a good distance and you have to walk there. You got to walk back um, with like, you know, having no food in your tummy really. And then you got to boil the water and then you got to let the water cool. And it tastes like crap because you're boiling it in this disgusting pot. That's like so old and rustic and you have like the stuff come off the edge and ugh, just tastes disgusting. Wait, but anyway, why, why do they give you an old pot? Why, why don't they provide a new pot for, they actually give you an old rusted pot. Why not give you like a new yeah. pot? Oh yeah. They give an old rusted machete. I mean, everyone gets that. It's every single, it's, I mean, so survivor, which I was happy to know, um, it is exactly what it is on TV. Like exactly. Like, Oh, there are some shows like my, um, I know some people who on shows are like, oh, yeah, no, it's like totally staged and it's like yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I was wondering like, that too. It was real. Like it's exa- – and I was so happy to see that because 
you know, going on it before, uh, you know, I have friends who don't really watch it. And I was trying to tell them it's such a great show. You guys better watch it. I got a lot of my friends actually into the show years ago, but they were always, they, I remember at first they're like, Oh, come on. It's stage. There's no way you're dehydrated out. There's no way they don't give you water. Um, no, they don't. They give you a well. It's full of parasites. You have to boil it. If you don't boil it, you might get sick. There were people that got sick and got out of the show. I mean, it happens. It's real life and you're dehydrated and like you're boiling this water. It's freaking hot. You, you're about to go to the challenge. 15 minutes is you, you got to wrap it up and you got to get, and, no one drank water yet. It's still boiling lava hot. And, and you have to go back and get more water because it's not enough. And you need water in your canteens for the challenges. So you go back, you've got to boil more water and you're exhausted and, and going back and forth. You're already losing water. You're already getting slowly dehydrated. And, um, there's like there's so there's like a doctor that we see before every challenge, every reward challenge, every immunity challenge. Oh, we see a doctor basically. Everyone gets a quick checkup. Everyone's okay and stuff. And, how, um, how often do you see the doctor there? Well, anytime there's like a challenge, so challenge for oh, every two okay. days, three days, a day or something like that. But, um, basically I remember him asking me, uh, the first time I saw him, which was, I think two days in or something, but, um, he asked me, you know, are you, how are, how are you doing? How often are you, are, are you peeing? And this is something he asked everyone. <laughs> He's like, how often, how often do you, did you pee today? And I was like, um, one time he goes, no, 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 no. An average is like three to four times a day. If you're peeing one time, you're dehydrated. I was like, well, why don't you come and like help us boil some water and like walk back and forth because you know, it's, it's, it takes energy out of you, but we also have coconuts and stuff. So there's ways to do it, but we, we didn't realize, I mean, we knew we were dehydrated obviously, but we didn't realize to, to, you know, to, to which extent and how hot it actually was. And I mean, um, going through it, you realize how, how much we're putting our lives on the line really. Well, yeah. So did you have to sign a contract that pretty much absolved them of everything? If anything happened to you? Um, I can't talk about that. Okay, can't talk about that. All right. <laughs> um, but uh, but you know, yeah, we're all going off for 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 I guess our um, putting you know. Yeah, uh, I was I was yeah. actually almost on a, a show that lasted like six episodes called called the uh, the Chamber, and that mm-hmm. one I can tell you that that one had a very uh, ironclad contract because they they put you in all these stressful situations where you try to a- answer questions. The show didn't do very well, but. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they they had you sign all these things, basically promising not to sue them if anything happened to you. So that, that just made me think of that because I, I had I been on there, which I would have been on the seventh episode if they didn't cancel it after six. I would have had to sign all that myself. So anyway, uh, back back to the back to the survivor. Uh, how did the you being a poker player? How did that factor into you being selected? Do you think that was a big point of why they selected you or you think it just happens you're a poker player but it really didn't have much to do with it i think it just happened that i was a poker player to be honest with you um even though they did have some poker players before me you know um the first female poker player but there's been a few a few males but i don't think honestly i don't think it was because i was a poker player um she actually you know was like who are you i don't know who you are i'm like yeah no one knows who i am i mean poker is a small community i'm not i don't go out you know i don't play a lot of these wpts and stuff so no one really knows who i am but I play poker for a living. This is how I pay my bills. And, um, she, I guess she was mostly interested in the fact that I kind of like, I guess, took risks in my life. I think that that's the one thing that I didn't necessarily know they were looking for, but I guess it worked out of my advantage. So I think, um, take, so how I would say it is not being a, uh, well, I think it definitely had a little bit of, 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 um, it helped me a little bit. Cause obviously I play a strategy game and I love that whole, social aspect and stuff. But I think really, to be honest with you, that I guess attracted 
them to me, in my opinion, I think is, um, you know, I was going to, I was going to go to medical school and I, um, I had all, you know, all these plans to become a doctor and stuff, which, which is, which, which was amazing, but I just wanted to just do what I wanted to do because I kind of felt pressure from my parents. You got to be, you know, you got to be a doctor, you got to be a lawyer and, and, and poker isn't really accepted in my traditional, you know, Russian family. It just doesn't, like does not make sense to them. They don't understand it. So I just eventually said, you know, fuck it. This is my job. This is my language. I said, screw it. It's my job. You know, it's my life. And I just, just decided to kind of go from casino to casino and just play poker and stuff. And I think that's what kind of, um, made them, I guess, like me, I think, um, that I just decided to take risks. And, and I think that's, that's something they really look for because, um, uh, you know, talking to casting, like some people try out for the show or like, yeah, I want to go on survivor. I would take all these risks. I would do this and I would do that. And I would blind some this person, this person. And they ask, you know, what do you, you know, what do you, you know, what's your daily routine? And I say, oh, I go to work and then I go home and I just watch TV and stuff. And they're like, well, how are we going to know when you're out there that you're, while you're starving and hungry that you're not going to just, I don't know, want, you know, want to leave and stuff. And anyway, I, I think, I think taking risks and having a little bit of, um, uh, focus, I guess, I guess I was just focused on playing poker. So I just, you know, not something I actually recommend <laughs> to people is I would say go to school and, and, don't do what I do, but, um, I, I think, I, I think that's kind of what attracted them that I, uh, don't really follow I, my, my really traditional Russian parents. Yeah, I, I have to say that they, they probably did like the poker thing a lot. As you probably know, there was, uh, another poker player who was on Survivor, uh, John Robert Voland. Yeah. Then, then there was, um, two, th- then there was, uh, Maria Ho and, uh, Tiffany, Michelle, they were not on Survivor. Oh. They were on the American, on the amazing race. Mm-hmm. But they, they, I know they all got their positions on these shows because of their notoriety in poker. And I think they all had agents, though. You, the fact that you did this without an agent actually surprises me. And that, make, that makes it a lot more impressive to me that you managed that because I, I, I just imagine because, uh, you know, there aren't many females in poker to begin with compared to the number of males. And especially the, of the females that are there, th- there aren't that many attractive females under 30 in poker. So I, I thought that just you had, you had an agent uh, that was helping you get these things like, like the other ones did. So, but I have to think that they, with these casting decisions, they always want an interesting story. And the fact that you're yeah. a poker player and, you know, a female poker player under 30 and, you know, that I think that makes a much more interesting story than like, uh, Oh, I work in an office as a secretary or, you know, whatever. Like it, that that wouldn't be very exciting. I think if you were the same person with a traditional job, they, uh, uh, I don't know if they would have picked you. Nothing against you no. there, but but it's it's good to have something that sets you apart from the crowd. And I think you were also smart to do that video initially, that parody video. Is that available anywhere? By the way, the uh, the parody video you did to get on. Uh, I actually, well, I did have it on on my Facebook, uh, which is what I posted as like as almost as a joke, kind of, but. Um, I took, we had to, we had to take, we had to take off all our videos that we put on YouTube and Facebook, um, because we were going to film. So they told us to take it off. I haven't actually put it back on. I, I think, I think I might, <laughs> but it's a little bit embarrassing, but I don't know. <laughs> I probably put it up anyway, but just so people have a sense of what not to do for the first one. And then how, and then I had to make a completely new one. I had to make a kind of from start, uh, from scratch. And so, um, maybe I'll put up that one, but I don't know. Yeah. It's not up. <laughs> okay. It's not up. Yeah. That, that, I mean, 
to get their attention at first is always a good idea on these shows, which you did. And then from them, that, from that point forward, you had an interesting story. So, and then I'm sure they liked you when Not you were too down there. So. Actually, what I wanted to say was, um, you can really have any job. You can be a waitress, you know. Um, I think what they look for, I don't know, you know, um, it doesn't have to be too much, but I think traveling, like a lot, like people, I wouldn't say most Americans, but I think like there, there's a lot of people who might not go out of their comfort zone to like to go to Asia or to, um, you know, travel beyond like Mexico or like Dominican and stuff. Like I think they like to look at people that, travel all over the world and have like almost an open mind. Like there's an 18 year old on the show, um, Julia, sweetheart, sweet as can be one of the smartest, um, teenagers I've ever met. She's traveled to Africa. She's taught in Africa and she, she has an amazing story. And there's a 23 year old who, uh, you know, her name's Alicia. She is gorgeous. First of all. Um, and not only that, but she, when she, by the time she was like 21, she's traveled to like 40 different countries. Um, she decided to babysit in Australia and, you know, found a family and flew out there for a few, few months and just traveled all over the world and stuff. So the point is, is that, I mean, I didn't really do that. I really only went to like Russia where I was, where I was born and Colombia for like for handball and stuff. So I think that that, that, I mean, thank God I had that because I mean, I was lucky enough to go there and, and put it on my resume, but I think it's really important. I mean, these girls, some guys have like, you know, so many different countries. So I think that you can have any job you want, honestly, even being a waitress, you're working socially with people. It's an awesome job. I was a waitress for many, many years. Um, I think it's important to show travel, you know, and life experience kind of, and like, um, uh, I think that's important, but not okay. that I have too so, much of it. I have a tiny, tiny bit compared to everyone else. I don't even know why they picked me to be honest with you, but, uh, well, I'm you got picked and that's, that's all that matters. <laughs> so, okay. I have a few questions in the chat room. As I said, uh, I, I yeah. left the chat to ask some questions and, uh, I, I said before you came on here that if I took phone calls, I can only imagine the type of calls that would come through here on this type of show. But, uh, I, I said, I'll take some chat room questions. This way I can, uh, filter what, calls, what's Jim? being asked and, uh, <laughs> only ask things that are appropriate. So here's, here's some questions. This one's actually from, uh, Bart Hansen, who, uh, do you know who he is? Bart Hansen. No, yeah, he's, uh, he does, uh, uh, some poker coaching. He, he he's uh, a commentator on Live at the Bike and uh, oh, okay. uh, respected player. Uh, um, so Jeff he, does that, and um, wh- and then I know the other guy. I forgot his name. I'm kind of out of names, so you're gonna yeah. have to excuse me. So here, here's here's Bart Hansen's uh, question. If sure, what is it? It's this chat room keeps scrolling here too. I gotta get a chat room. Every time someone says something new, the chat room scrolls down. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. Uh, he said, why don't I ask her a little bit about poker? Maybe how she uses her looks to her advantage. So, so do you do that when you're at the poker table? Oh gosh. Um, uh, when, <laughs> so not necessarily, not really, not really. I mean, no, when you're playing against people who play poker, they don't care what you look like. They don't care. You know, they just don't care. But I think that, uh, th- I mean, from my experience, like when I, when I first started kind of playing and, 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 and I was, wasn't so good. Um, I, uh, I wouldn't say that I played it up, but I would say that there were times where, you know, I was playing kind of like fishy games in a way, like these, um, really small, like tournaments. And like, I, I would grind the circuit kind of in, in AC and Brigada and stuff. But, um, I noticed that, that there were, that there were guys who, um, would show me their cards and like, you know, so I'm kind of, 
you know, it was fun. I mean, we, uh, poker was always like, it was always a hobby. So I always had fun with it. I always played poker. It was very focused, very serious. I mean, I never drank at the table. I mean, I just always was there to make money and try to have a good time at the same time. And sometimes it worked to my advantage where there were guys who were like, Oh, I'll show your cards. You know, you're a cute girl. I'll show your cards. And I was like, Oh, I can like really make money out of this. Like, this is awesome. I can really, you know, play up my, my, you know, um, my girl status at this table with all these guys, you know, but I wouldn't say it's like, it's much of a, I wouldn't say it's much of advantage now. I, I mean, no, cause I play against players who, know what they're doing they don't really care but so that, that brings yeah, me to my next I, question also from the chat room i forgot who asked it but someone asked uh, what games are you playing these days what is your typical game you play um two five at borgata um online i i actually grind pretty small um but i kind of took some time off to focus on some stuff um and uh was away from the tables because of you know survive for a little while but um Two five or Borgata. Sometimes I even play one two. You know, sometimes there's a really good one two game, but I try to stay two five. I don't really want to work out of my bankroll and out of um, you know, in a game that I might not feel comfortable with. I mean, I feel really pretty comfortable in two five. Um, I try to work on my game as much as I can. I kind of, like I said, took some time off, so I'm kind of just focusing on my game right now. Um, so mostly just the nightly ones. So I play on Borgata. 888 WSOP New Jersey. You play a lot online in those New Jersey sites. Yeah, mostly online. So mostly, I mean, I can even like, even a $50 game is really good online. I thought one, two is really good. Okay. Um, When you're playing online, you can't really use uh, your your gender to your advantage. I mean, they can't see you. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, fact, like uh, about 80% of the girls at your table online are really dudes. So that doesn't really help. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So. Let's see. Any other questions? Any other questions here in the chat room? Speak now. I did want to say something. Yes, go ahead. Um, I just forgot what I was going to say. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I oh, thought you were waiting I to say something the whole time and I was uh, preventing it. Go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, you know, when you brought up the fact that poker players, like they, there was an interest in poker players, um, I think that it's awesome. You know, I think that like Maria Ho and um, – and Tiffany, you know, got to the Amazing Race and stuff. Um, I didn't really watch Amazing Race, but I remember when I went huge, you know, being a big fan of Survivor, I remember when the first time they said Jean Robert was on the show. And I was like, oh, my God, poker and Survivor are coming together. This is so amazing. I was so excited. And, um, and uh, you know, then Garrett was on. I was like, this is cool. Like, I, So I, as a big fan of both, really wanted to see you know, female poker. I wanted to see Vanessa Russo. I wanted to see Jennifer Harmon. Like I wanted to see Daniel Grano on it as a guy, obviously. Like I, I was so excited. I was really hoping to see a female play um, the game because obviously, you know, it's, it's well, just fun. You, you mentioned a bunch of girls and then you mentioned Daniel Negreanu about seeing I know. A I don't know play. why they came out of it. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll be very happy about that. Yeah, I, I was, I mean, I always wanted to see, you know, more poker players basically. I love Daniel Grano. I've always been a big fan of him, so. I always wanted to see him play and Jen Harmon play and Vanessa Russo. And it's cool to see Vanessa Russo on Big Brother, which I don't really watch, but I know it's a fantastic show. And it's, 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 I mean, I think it's great for the community just to have, you know, more girls, more guys play, you know, these, these, you know, well-known American game shows and, and hopefully, you know, bring more people to the community. I think it's amazing. And I think that, even the better, you know, the better we do. I mean, I heard Vanessa Russo was amazing on um, Big Brother. I want to see it, actually. I'm going to make myself watch it. But um, 
I think it's great. I think it's great for, for the community. I think there should be more girls that, that play, um, you know, like survivor. There's a ton of girls I know that should be playing. <laughs> so, okay, so, so here's her. another question. Someone wants me to ask about Kate Hall. Do you know who that is? I do know who she is. I don't know her personally, but I do know who she is. Mm-hmm. And they said, what do you think of her? What do I think of her? Um, I think it is awesome that she has a voice and that she's, she's a voice for, um, Girls who who go through stuff at the table. I mean, I've I felt it on and off the table. I think um, it's awesome that she, you know, says what she has to say and and says what she feels, and she's not afraid to put herself out there. Um, I like I said, don't know her personally. I, it's it's interesting because I um you know I feel it on and off the table, but I ignore it. It doesn't really bother me. So sometimes when um not to say like it's beating a dead horse, but sometimes I'm just like, ah, I don't really want to, you know, hear it. I just, just, just ignore it and just deal with it. But at the same time, I think it's important to say something. So personally, I loved reading her tweets. I was very happy she did that. But at the same time, I don't know. I, I, I give her a lot of credit because I wouldn't be able to do that. I just kind of ignore things. And I think that maybe is, is a wrong approach maybe, but um, I, like I said, I commend her for, for saying what she says. I just think that, now, do you, do you feel like I don't want to start like I I I don't want to start a war with the, you know with guys saying yeah. you know sexism sexism well, I, 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 I don't want ask. that do, to do happen think that, I think we should play as, poker that's all as a female who plays poker do you think that do you feel that women are mistreated at the table overall would you say you're mistreated there or or I mean, or not ah uh, okay there there are times where I there are times where someone's rude there's there's times where people say things to me there are times when people you know there've been guys who are like ah oh, you're just a girl what do you know or like I come to a table and like no knows that I play poker and they're like oh easy money great you know but to me I don't care when they say that to me I'm like great cuz I remember Long time ago, I went on a cruise with my with 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 my parents, and there was you know there's a bunch of old guys who were like, oh yeah, great, it's gonna be a girl, it's gonna be easy money, and I was like, huh, and I was like, re- I just started getting really into it, and I started reading a lot of books, and I was so into it, and I was like, well, I'm gonna take all their money, and I did. I ended up taking all their money. If by the end of the week they told me, well, you you know how to play, and we thought that you were gonna be yeah. easy pickings, so, so, so you haven't so you haven't really felt I like when it, you go to the tables. I use my like advantage that. when they say that, to be honest with you. It is irritating. I felt it. But honestly, now now that I guess I play a little bit higher um, stake tournaments, not not too high, obviously, but like, you know, the few hundreds and th- I don't know. There's just no one is I don't really get um, uh, negative energy, per se. I, uh, I don't know. Most people that I've dealt with recently is pretty respectable. So I don't feel that as much, but I definitely did at times and it definitely could happen again. I mean, I can yep. easily sit on a table and I'm like, Oh, it's a girl. You know, it's, it's just comments and it's, it's, it's a little bit degrading sometimes. And I'll be, you know, I, it's not great to hear. Yeah, I think, I think it's like, I just ignore it. I actually think there's, there's positives and negatives from it. You mentioned like the guys showing their whole cards just voluntarily, you know, yeah. you'll get things like that. And you also get guys that, that, that don't treat I mean, you well, but it, it, I think it cancels each other out. It's just a, it's a different situation than sitting down as a guy, but you know, I've, I've mentioned before, I've been at poker tables before where I've been mistreated by the girls at the table because they feel like everyone's going to kiss their ass and that they can just be uh, nasty to me and, and everyone's going to take their side. So I, I've, I'm not saying all women do that, but, uh, you know, I've seen that, too. So it's just a, a different experience. It's, it's not the same as sitting down as a guy, but I think you have your advantages and your disadvantages. Right. 
So, yeah, but at the same time, I don't know what Kate Hall went through. Like I said, I don't know her personally, so I don't know what happened at the table. There could have been something that <clears throat> absolutely deserved that attention and absolutely deserved to be talked about. And I commend her for, for, for saying how she felt and, and standing up for, for some girls because there are a ton of girls that who, who do feel it, you know, and I, like I said, I felt it before, but, um, you know, not as much now. It doesn't mean it won't happen again. Uh, but I don't really, I mean, if there's something that really, really bothered me and something that happened, I would say it, I probably would say it. Um, and I would maybe bring attention to it. So like I said, I don't know what she's been through. I don't know what was said at the table. So, you know, Okay, and one more question from the chat room. This is yeah. from Natural Born Hustler. He said, ask her if she has a boyfriend. <laughs> I do have a boyfriend, yes. Is he someone in poker? Yes. Oh, so this is, is it a secret who he is, or uh, can you say who he is? Secret. Um, um, he plays poker. Uh, actually, my first uh, poker boyfriend, I told myself years and years ago, because there was a lot of girls that play, and were telling me like, Oh, it's just so grueling. You know, you, you like date one poker guy. If you date like two poker guys, it's you're like the horror of poker. Just stay away from poker guys. I was like, you know, you're right. 99% guys, they all gossip. I'm just going to stay the heck from them. And ended up, you know, really liking a poker guy. But, um, yeah, his name is Joe Liberti. He's from New Jersey. I wonder if he's going to kill me for saying this. <laughs> um, What's his name? It's, it, you know, it's funny. Right when you said that, the connection got really poor. So it's Joel what from New Jersey? Joseph Liberti. He's more of an online player. I don't know, um, I don't he's know done really he is, well so. online. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So, and when did you start uh, dating him? Was it recently or has it been a while? Uh, no, we've been dating for about a year. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Glad it's going well. All right. Well, thank you for appearing <laughs> on the show. And uh, it'll be next week at 8 o'clock on CBS. Yeah, exactly a week, finally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, a week. I'm February 17th at 8 o'clock. Yeah, and uh, I want to mention to people, I want to tell you guys at this show, who listen to this show, how genuine I am. You know, she talked about how survival, Survivor's realistic and it's not staged. Well, neither of this show, because we were talking about when to have her on, if it should either be tonight or next week, you know, the day of the premiere of the show. And she said because of the day of the premiere, she's not going to be available for much of the day. So mm-hmm. I said, well, maybe we could pre-record it and I could play it next week as if we were doing it live. And mm-hmm. then no one would be the wiser. And I said, you know what? I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to lie to my fine audience here and pretend that something's live when it isn't, when it was recorded a week ago. So yeah. I'm also afraid you guys are going to catch me because uh, we have some smart listeners here. And uh, I, I've had a few taped interviews on here that I've pulled over your eyes before audience. But uh, the last time I tried it, you guys caught me and I felt, yeah, I, I would rather, I, yeah, I would rather not lie. I'd rather just either <laughs> pre-record it and say it's pre-recorded yeah, so or I was, um, just do it live. I'm not going to pull the wool over you guys' <laughs> eyes. So this is all live as you know, of course. And, uh, so thank you for coming on tonight. And, uh, well, I, I would say good luck on survivor, but it, it ended 11 months ago. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. I Thanks. guess I guess we'll see how it ends up, and I I yeah. I, I hope you and want we, it. We can talk all about it when yeah. when it's over. We can talk about all the details and stuff. Yeah, so I, I I hope you want it. You already know whether you did or not, but I I hope I'll see a good result. And uh, if I didn't, I know at least you got to be part of something that uh, you always enjoyed anyway. So either way, it couldn't thank have you. been too bad. So okay, thank you for coming on here again, yeah. and enjoyed having you on the show. Okay, great. Thank Bye. You. Good night, everyone. Good night. So boy, we have a brutal chat room here. This this chat room, I should just like not read the chat during these interviews. You guys are just. Uh... <laughs> well, I guess that's my fault for having a chat room.
But, I, you know, I encourage everybody to say what they want in the chat. You can, as long as you're not, like, blatantly trolling, which nobody was, you can, you can always give your opinion in the chat. So, you know, I tried to incorporate your questions, though. I tried to ask the things the chat room wanted to hear. So, okay, let's, let's move on with the normal things in the show. I, I felt like this was an obvious thing to do here, where someone who's been on this show before that we would have her on. And to be honest, I, I learned a lot of things about Survivor in the process. I'm always fascinated by the kind of backstage stuff having to do with these shows. Like, I, 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 I'm much more interested in that than actually what happens on the show itself, which is, you know, packaged for the mass audience. So, and I can tell you, I met her in person, uh, as it about a year and a half ago, and she was very nice. She was very down to earth. She wasn't arrogant at all. There's a lot of, there's a lot of female poker players, especially good looking ones that are just really, really arrogant because there's so many guys kissing their ass in poker. They're just so arrogant and so tough to deal with. And I've, I've had some of them at my tables. I, I've never played with Anna before, but I've had some of them at my tables before and it, they're just insufferable to deal with because they expect every guy there is going to kiss their ass. And if you don't, then they're really, really bitchy to you. So I, I found her when I met her in person that she was down to earth and, and nice. I didn't spend a whole lot of time with her, but, um, you know, we happened to run into, into each other there and spoke for about 15 minutes. So anyway, let's uh, get on back with the regular topics. Let's see if any co-host is available. Daredevil, you know, I know he's got a questionable connection where he is right now, but I'm going to try to put him on anyway. I'm just going to call him now and see if he can answer and if if he's all choppy then i'll hang up on him but i want to give this a shot i'm tired of having no co-host daredevil hello todd how's it going oh my god it's so choppy what was that no, i'm just kidding no you, you actually sound pretty good right now <laughs> you sound pretty good at the moment yes that... i had to spring for the additional internet oh is that what it was you had to pay yes, a little yes. bit more money for this okay I'm sure it'll come out of the poker fraud alert general funds. Well, yeah, just, I, just send I won't me, even worry about it. Send me an invoice for your uh, work-related expenses, and uh, <laughs> and of course your uh, your your per diem for uh, yeah for room, my meals, for, yeah. for room and your meals, and uh, just just send me the bill, and I'll you'll get your usual rate. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you on here. I hope uh, Brandon can be here as well soon he it's funny brandon I, I told brandon he's like oh i'll come in my usual time like no 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 brandon i'm not going to be doing this show till three in the morning tonight i'm going to quit by like 11 30 so i told him you got to come on early if you want to be on at all he said oh, okay that's if that's true i'll come on like very shortly after you start but now it's like 9 15 and he's not here so i, I don't know well, if it's, it says he's online i don't know i can, I can try to just, he came online during the interview but... i can try to just you know hit him up and see what happens Oh, he's hitting me up. Here we go. We got the See? usual gang back together. Here he is. Oh no, he's not here. He's a, it's trying to add him and it won't. Todd, you're you're rolling us here. Come on, man. Brandon, you there? Am I on the front show? Oh, yay, we got him. <laughs> All right. Did, did I? I missed the girl from the Bachelor. Well, close. Yeah, the, the girl from the Bachelor. <laughs> you missed her. Yeah. Well, how did it go? Well, there Ooh. is uh, there's mixed opinions. Don't ask. The, the, the chat room is very harsh. That's all I can say. Yeah, well, I hope she wins the bachelor and finds a perfect man. That's all I really have to say about it. Now, now I'm now I just looked here and uh, you know I I made two sports bets tonight on the NBA and I easily won the first one and the second one 
I seen that one. That was, it was yeah, uh, very, very a, close, almost obscenely close. Yeah, that got off to a good stands. start and then lost. What a, God damn it. Okay. I, yeah. should, I shouldn't have looked. It was supposed to be in a bad mood. All right. So let's, at least I went one and one. I mean, it could have been worse, but still. All right. So let's get back to Is the topic. Is that Taruski I hear out there? No, no Taruski. We got Daredevil, though. Daredevil. So, that's the one from uh, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. That's. All right. Hey, Daredevil. <laughs> How's it going? All right, so I'm a little groggy. Do okay. we cover the poker things? Well, a little of it. So, Brandon, okay. uh, I want to get to something else though. We were in the middle of a topic, then I realized I had to call up Anna because I agreed eight thirty, and I didn't want her to who? sit there. The, the girl who was just on from The Bachelor, as you said. Mm-hmm. But uh, okay. I, what happened? It wasn't a good uh, podcast interview. I thought it was fine, but some people didn't like it. But whatever, you know, everyone's that's a, critic. a small sample size. We have to wait till it gets out on the. That's uh, true. We have to wait till they get to the archives. Yeah. I, get, yeah. I can't let the chat room bother me too much. I, I, I once read a thing like giving you advice for podcasts and it said, don't worry about the live listeners. Don't focus on them. Don't read the chat room. And like, I make all those mistakes. I, I read the Listen, chat room. I, I, I kid you not. I swear to you, this happened. I'm at the Palazzo this past weekend for Super Bowl. I don't think I said where I was at because I don't want them calling up the rooms. You know how they do yeah. that to you? Oh, like, yeah, I'm at yeah. that level where they don't, you know, they just call me at the room. Yeah. Like I say where I am in the so, ring. Yeah. It's terrible. So, I am playing Baccarat, and there is a 17-hand banker run, you know, 17 bankers in a row. And I am I got in relatively early, and I'm pressing. And then at one point, I make a really big bet in the middle of the, of the banker run. And it hits. And, I, you know, I don't know if you know how much either one of you know about Baccarat, but anyhow, uh, the player made an eight which is very, very hard to beat. Either I need another eight to tie uh-huh. uh, to keep my money or a nine. And, and I and it makes a nine. It was like a crazy nine, too. Like, it was like he had like a, a four and he needed to improve. And so basically he needed either, either a four or a five. So I don't know how you want to look at it. Is it like a one-outer? But anyhow, so the banker had already – or the player had already drawn to an eight. Okay, the banker had a four. So I, and then they were going to get one more card because the banker or the player drew to an eight. So the you know bank gets a chance as well to catch up basically. So the bank draws a five, the only card in the deck I can win. There's an Asian man sitting next to me, and he has a banker as well. And I, I swear to you, I don't know why I said this. I just look at him, and we're both exasperated. I just look at him, and I say, Daniel Shriver, I'm a goddamn subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> and he just shakes his head in agreement yes. and mutters something, but, you know, like, oh. And then, like, put his hand out and shook it. But I don't know why that came to my mind. Okay, but that was what I said to him. And I remember saying, you know what? I have to remember this to tell him that that fraud That's podcast funny. with the Whittles boy. And if uh, the Hanson kids call it. But I, the Hanson kids so in the funny. chat, by the way. Didn't you have the Hanson, the youngest Hanson on here? No, the, the Hanson's the, in the, the chat right now. We, we, he's now a chatter. Oh, shit. Good for yeah, him. We picked him he's up. He's following me on Twitter. I like him. He's a good cat. Um, anyhow, so... That's what I said, and I, I don't know why I said it. It wasn't planned. I was so excited that I actually outdrew the the player in the middle of this big bet, this big run I had. So, anyhow, if you're not, if you don't know what what I just said, you know, those listening either in the archives or listening live don't know what that phrase means, and you got to go back, go back to the old days, the old school. Yeah, the they old know days. what that means. Okay, so so, so Brandon, ahead. I want to talk about the criticism that we've suffered recently. Now, oh, the Bahamians. Yeah. So this is what happened. Um, we made a phone call. See, the whole thing with the PCA and that guy who got thrown to the refugee camp uh, because he tried to bring more cash than they declared and the whole 
series of events occurred where he ended up in a Bahamian refugee camp with terrible conditions. I still conditions. don't believe him. So, so, right. So Brandon didn't believe him. And so Brandon did a show on Friday night. Which Into I, the Night with Drexel. Into the Night with Drexel. That's correct. And I joined it kind of, I don't know, the middle, whatever. And Brandon and I were kind of debating of whether this guy's story was true. And I was more on the side of I think the story's probably true, maybe a little exaggerated, but I think it's mostly true. And Brandon's like, no, I don't believe it. So we went on a quest to find whether a refugee camp exists. I mean, it's a refugee camp that only takes people to the airport on Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Come on. That's not even a real hard we were trying to find whether it exists at all in, in the Bahamas. Yeah, come on. So so we we made some phone calls and uh, spent a little bit of money because it's not free to call the Bahamas, but we eventually reached that actual camp, and Colonel Fabersham gave them a lot of questions. He's recently back on Facebook, by the way. Yeah, he recently just voice. got back. You can add him on Facebook, by the way. Go to, on Facebook to search for Colonel Nigel – or no, just Nigel Fabersham, not Colonel. Nigel Fabersham. You can search for him and add him on Facebook. He'll accept you. But anyway. I the, when I find someone on Facebook and our two mutual friends are Colonel Nigel Faversham and El Chico Loco. <laughs> so if you if you want to hear this, I'm not going to play it again. I was thinking of playing it again, but I, we have limited time tonight. I don't want to waste that time. You can go to the Into the Night with Drexel show. And uh, if you go to like the one hour 53 mark. sardines. Anchovies, yeah. If you go to the one, hour, the, the one hour 53 mark, you'll start, you'll kind of hear the important part. But we came upon a lot of fire recently, especially from the guy who originally posted this story, that we prank called the refugee camp. Now, I will tell you, when I prank called the place, it wasn't fully a prank call. It was, it was kind of a, a call to get information and make entertainment out of it, which is a lot of our calls here. We try to make it both entertaining and informative for the listener. So the Colonel called up. He asked if uh, he was, he claimed his Canadian friend was texting him from inside the camp about the deplorable conditions. And immediately the guy said, there's no Canadians here right now, which is significant because this means there was no one to blame for the call. There's, it's not like they went and beat someone up for texting me because there's no Canadians there. There's nobody. The guy I claimed that gave me the information they knew did not exist. Uh, also, I don't know how many people have been to the Caribbean before who listen to this show, but I can tell you there's one thing that's pretty much in common with most workers in the Caribbean, and that is they're lazy. And I'm not being racist here or anything. I'm, I'm just saying that that's in the culture there. In fact, there's a term for it that wasn't invented in the U.S. It was actually invented in the Caribbean called island time, which means that everything's slower you go to a restaurant, the service is slower. If you had to do a productivity contest between the Caribbeans and the Mexicans, who would win? Oh, the Mexicans would kill them. They'd kill them. So, <laughs> I, I didn't know this. I, yeah, no, I didn't are, know it was well known that Caribbeans are lazy. Yeah, is, that, they actually, is that really true? Is like a stir? No, a, no. They actually, the, first, the first time I went to a Caribbean country, they said that, uh, oh, you're on island time here. You have to understand everything's slower. Like the, it's basically like that everyone just wants to take it easy and isn't uh, high strung and it, there's no rush for anything, which they say a lot of people from out of the area who are visited as tourists don't really understand. So that extends to the general way a lot of them approach their job. So I guarantee you when we're calling up this Bahamian refugee camp that has some bad conditions, that the, the guy who answers the phone there is not going to pop up from his chair going, we've got to find out who's been texting from in here. We've got to, you know, it's, it's, he just hung up and is like, okay, well, that was kind of strange. Like, that's what he did. Well, I'm if sure. you listen to the context of it, he also uh, adamantly denied that there are any Canadians, which is who you're inquiring for. So even yeah. if 
the worst case scenario that they're really looking for people that have phones or whatever, the person that you're claiming was there, it wasn't even there. Yeah, it doesn't exist. So, you know what I mean? It wasn't the yeah, there's no, there's no one to blame. There's no yeah. Canadians here. Yeah, there's, there's no no one to blame. So, But anyway, the, the guy who posted this story and several other 2 plus 2 people were very upset with us that we're going to get people beaten in that camp. He says, oh, I've been working for the last four years with human rights organizations to get this place either shut down or, or, or get the mass media to cover this whole thing. And I did find some articles eventually about this camp. And there is a lot of criticism that is very similar to what this guy posted about uh, about how terrible the conditions are in there. So I, what I do believe for sure is that this camp exists. Well, we called it so, obviously. And second, that the conditions in there are, are very unsanitary, and uh, it, it's very, very unpleasant in there. And I so well, I believe, do, you be- do you believe? I mean, knowing what you know now and just examining the whole thing, that what he claims was just a couple hundred dollars over. Uh, you know, no, it wasn't 10, a couple hundred. No, it was it was fifteen thousand versus ten thousand. It was five thousand over. Yes. Are this, you sure? The, no, the other person had the problem. The one who didn't end up in the camp, the one that uh, the Hanson kid knows, that was the guy who was barely over. This this oh, kid, okay. this guy. Well, either was, way, just for that crime in itself, do you really believe he was taking a refugee camp? Uh, yeah, I believe that a whole even after of, they took the money. I I believe a whole string of fail occurred. And then he ended up there because all the information he posted about it was consistent with what these news articles have said, like not word for word. It's not like he copied them. But uh, I, I believe this really happened. And I, I think I believe the guy. Now, he actually made an account on Poker Fraud Alert. And he, he's kind of evasive. He doesn't want to say who he is. For whatever reason, he's really afraid to say who he is. He says he, – and his reasons are kind of weak, like, oh, I don't want people Googling me. I don't want certain people to know about this. Like, what's he afraid of? It's, it, I don't understand why he doesn't want people to know. He was a victim here. Uh, it was very unfortunate what happened to him. The only thing that could be criticized here was that he did something kind of foolish with, with structuring this uh, money he was trying to bring – out of the Bahamas and into the U.S. temporarily, and that he should have either just declared it or told his friend just never to admit that it was partially his money. But since he admitted what they were doing, that's why he ended up in all this trouble. So you could say he was a little bit naive and and, uh, and maybe did something stupid, but everybody does stupid things at some point. But the main point of the story was that basically he suffered through human rights violations, and I don't see why having your name attached to that is so terrible. But he's so afraid to have his name and even his nationality known and uh, um, he, he made an account here, and I was hoping he would come in during the show. Oh, come on. He made an account, the refugee kid? Yeah, yeah, he, it was really him. He really made an account here, and he said he, doesn't, really he, won't come, he won't come on How the you... show with us on, on the phone, but he said he may do it via oh. text. So I thought it would be cool uh, if he was on. in the chat room. Could... This isn't uh, the, the, like, the, the guy. This isn't Edward Snowden. He's only going to do a text. And Come on. He's not <laughs> well, setting conditions, setting precedent. So you're, you're you, saying you're you... refusing to do it. Right? Yeah, he's not coming on if he's going to set precedent. Really? So I, I was willing to have him in the chat the room and ask interview? him questions. No, no. I, I, I was willing to have him in the chat room and ask him questions via the chat room. I was willing to do that. He, well, he's, he can go he's to the Asian spa style and get a voice synthesizer. He could. He could. Okay, but how did you vet him that you know that somebody that registered account is a PCA refugee? Because someone from this site who I know and trust messaged him on 2 plus 2 and asked him if he wants to come over here, and the guy said yes privately and then made an account. So it's got to be him. Jesus, you got more sources than Connie Chung back in 1987. Oh, well, okay, so let's let's uh, move on to the next topic then since you're going to mention sources. No, 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 I'm not. I, I, it's an interesting topic. It did occur. I'm just saying I don't think a chat interview in it. And you know what? I, I'm starting to wonder about this kid. 
you know, do you think that he's basking in all this attention? No, I think he's paranoid. Well, what would he want? Okay, both. Okay, and that's fine if he is. And I think it definitely, I would agree with you because I don't believe. You know, you read his posts on the on the four that he really was acting as if harm was going to come of us of what we did. When I, I think that's, I think we both can I think all three of us can agree that's kind of preposterous. No, no, I don't think anybody, he, I don't think he said that we're going to get hurt. I think he was saying people. No, in the camp I said harm hurt. can come of others, not us. I mean, okay, the people okay. that are in the camp. Yeah, that he was implying that you know. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought I thought that was ridiculous. I thought there's you know, just about no chance yeah. that from one call, and not only that, I said this is not a secret what goes on in there. It's not like they never release anyone. This is not Auschwitz where uh, no one ever leaves. This is a, a place where they right. hold people with various immigration and customs well, violations, and 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 a lot of them get out. So they'll obviously tell their story once I, they're out. You know, maybe they pick on the Canadians. I can tell you this would never happen to an American because of the international incident, almost like what you and I caused, that it would cause. And the one thing, and again, I, I've admitted many times over my illustrious career when I've been incorrect or mistaken, the thing, besides all these other little things, such as a one-time-a-week airport thing, which doesn't make sense, just take them to the airport. Why I mean, why have refugee camp for six days? But the one thing out of all this that, that doesn't make sense is I did extensive research Googling it. And then just looking on all, even the dark part of the internet. What do they call that dark the, web? The, the dark web. No, but I found yeah. articles since then. I, I have since found articles, including some that I was directed to, that this place what? really exists and it really does have bad condition. It really does exist. And it's a camp in the Bahamas. Why right we called it? You, you know it exists people because we called it. People are walking around with hepatitis and people's foots are gangrene. I, I didn't. There's I didn't get this. that specific in these articles, right. but I, I saw. Articles about this exact camp and that it has a lot of human rights violations and terrible conditions. I read several articles about this. So it's not well, in the mainstream media, but it's in enough media to where I believe it. If I'm it. proven wrong, I'll donate another 100 for a refugee free roll. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. can only, so so uh, can only the refugees play in the free roll? Only Haitians, Sri Lankans, Dominicans, and Cubans are eligible. <laughs> okay. okay, so... Since you mentioned a source, and whether my I have sources all over the place, uh, you do yeah. as well. And uh, so we had a source here on Poker Fraud Alert, and this was announced. Uh, this is announced on your show, on your Into the Night show, but we're going to announce it here too. And it hasn't gotten much attention, but there has been an article since on another website talking about what we wrote here. And, and Poker Stars, I think, is very irritated with me at the moment. I stand I, by my source. What? I stand by my source. Yeah, no, yeah. Brandon stands by his source, and I, I, I think Brandon's source is correct too. Uh, so we got a tip from an inside source, from a reliable source, that said that 2017 will be the final year for the Poker Stars PCA, the Poker Stars Caribbean Adventure. That it'll take place next year, but that's it. No PCA in 2018. At least in the Bahamas, maybe uh, it hasn't been announced what will happen after two thousand seventeen. Maybe they'll move it somewhere else, but there will be no PCA at the Bahamas in two thousand eighteen and beyond. So this has not been announced anywhere except for Poker Fraud Alert because of Brandon's source. So I went and made a post on February sixth, four days ago at five forty two a.m. About this, and I said the following. From a reliable source, PokerStars will have the PCA in the Bahamas again in 2017, but, but that will be its final year. The reason cited, number one, the numbers have been decreasing since Black Friday, so it's not as profitable as it once was. Number two, PokerStars already has other successful live tournaments, such as the EPT, running throughout the year. 
which did not exist when the PCA was created over 10 years ago. Number three, the PCA tournament and its concept are stale at this point. Number four, the Bahamas location is only convenient for U.S. players who can't play on poker stars anymore. So for Europeans and others, it's pretty far. And number five, the contract's going to be up, so poker stars just won't be renewing. So I posted that, and uh, it was and number up. six. They're putting them in the refugee camps. Yeah, I guess number and... six. <laughs> number six, uh, they put them in refugee camps where people shit on the floor, and you, you can't walk in the bathroom without getting uh, diseases all over your feet, and uh, and you have to drink from a very very unsanitary and diseased garden hose. <laughs> Wait, don't don't laugh. That's not a laughing matter. No, it isn't. No. Okay, so so those I are the six reasons. Anyone having to drink out of a spigot. Yeah, so that's the six reasons. And uh, some other news organization that uh, read my tweet, I tweeted this out, and I, I thought I was going to get a lot of responses. I never know with my tweets. Sometimes they'll send a tweet that I think no one's going to give a crap about, and I'll get like 50 people retweeting me. And this one I expected was really going to be shared all over the place, and barely anyone seemed to care. But this one news outlet picked it up, and wrote an article about this, and they even wrote some opinions about me. Did you see them? Yes, they, it was, they didn't use the term uh, or adjective unsavory, but there was something yeah, in there. Yeah, they came close. They came close to calling me a shot at you. Well, I was trying to determine the guy who wrote this, whose name is Earl Burton, and I don't believe I know him. And I, I looked at his picture; he's, he looks like he's in his. Well, 50s. look, when you say poker, the first thing that comes to my mind is Earl Burton. <laughs> so, Earl Burton has been synonymous with poker since when? Since, Daredevil, uh, two thousand sixteen. Daredevil, tell us a little <laughs> bit about Earl Burton. Yeah, I, mean, I know you know his background. What can oh, you yeah. tell our listeners about Earl? Earl started back in the old days. He used to he used to <laughs> run around with Doyle in the old Texas road games. That's probably true. So anyway, Earl wrote what, – what's funny is, first of all, he wrote a very long article about my short post. I wrote a, a post that was like six lines. He wrote a long article by like expanding on what I was saying on everything, even kind of putting words in my mouth I didn't say. Not that anything he wrote was inaccurate. Like he would expand upon what I meant, and he, he generally got it correct, but he was assuming some things. that He happened to assume right, but he could have gotten wrong. But anyway, putting that aside, he kind of – gave a disclaimer since he was quoting me and, and was afraid, like, what if he's wrong? He didn't want it to reflect on him. So he wrote two things about me that I wasn't thrilled about. He wrote, uh, Wittella sometimes rubs people the wrong way. <laughs> and, then, and then he also wrote that, uh, some, like, like, I'm a sometimes rabble rouser. Again. And then uh, what else did he write? But he did, he did give me credit saying that I have been correct with bringing several major scandal, scandals, including the absolute poker scandal, to the forefront. So that uh, he was pretty much taking the position like, uh, oh, he also said I've been wrong in the past with some of the tips I've been given, which, which I, th that part is true. But he, he pretty much gave the idea to people that I've been wrong before, but I've also been right on some things that weren't well known yet, so... Take it with a grain of salt, but it may very well be right, is basically the message he was trying to get across. So I, I didn't think he was really hostile towards me, but uh, he did have to warn people that I rubbed them the wrong way sometimes. So anyway, that was Earl Burton's article. But Earl Burton did do something that we didn't do. He got a hold of Poker Stars for an official comment. Now, at first they wouldn't answer him, but then the famed Eric Holreiser, spokesman for Poker Stars, answered and said simply that, the information given is inaccurate. But 
that's not exactly a denial. Because I could have just gotten a few minor details a little bit wrong, and then he can claim the information's inaccurate. I think if I was wrong, and I think if the source was wrong that gave Brandon this information, which he then gave to me, I think that they would simply come out and say, this is completely incorrect. We are going to be returning to the PCA for the foreseeable future. Instead, he gave a very cryptic, the information is inaccurate. Inaccurate can mean a lot of things. So, you know, someone could write about me. Todd was in a subway. He wanted his tomatoes on the side. They said he can't Basically, have them on the side. Basically, what you're saying is very vague. Yeah, they, they say he can't have them on the side. Todd got very angry. Todd had a big argument with the employees there. Todd got so mad and punched one of the employees in the face and, and, and walked out. And I, if someone would say, did this happen? And I would say, this information is inaccurate, even if everything happened except me punching the guy in the face. So that's the problem with that term is that it's not denying everything. It's just saying that I'm not 100% correct. So I, I believe this is really true. And All signs seem to lead to that. Yeah, and also Mr. Burton mentioned that he heard from other people who are insiders that this is correct which also strengthens our report here. So I think we hit on something correct, and I think stars did not want to admit to this because I think they're afraid some people may not show up to it if it's the last year, if they think this is a tournament they're giving up on. Like, why bother? So I think they're afraid that we have ruined this for them. They were probably not going to announce this till after the 2017 tournament. And now, Did you mention that the buy-ins were all over this year too? I didn't, but mm-hmm. you just did. But, yes, that's what okay. happened. Uh, Earl mentioned it, by the way. Uh, Earl Earl beat me on that one too. Earl said that uh, even though the buy the number of entries was slightly up this year versus last year, that they have the buy in from 10k to 5k, so they still made a lot less money. So anyway, we, uh, we I've gotten. I'm gonna go next year if it's yeah, true, can... and I don't. I'm still in good standing with the Bahamians, which I don't know. Uh, you know. You've never been there. I know you've been to the Bahamas, but you've never been to the PCA. I haven't even been. No, no, no. I haven't been to the Bahamas either. I've never been there. In your whole life? Nope. Out of all the places you've been down, the cruise. You know what? I'm going to have to ask my parents about this because they they may have taken me. I think I was like two years old, maybe they took me, but I don't remember. Like the Lacey Jones cruise, you never went to the Bahamas? No. No, I have not been there in my memory. It's possible when I was like two years old, I was there, but. uh, Right. But nothing I can remember. At least not after age four. Daredevil, have you ever been to the Bahamas? No, and frankly, I'm scared based on their treatment of Canadians. I'm not going. Oh, yeah. Well, two well that, was my, that was my question to you, Jeff. So, hypothetically, if you had an all-expense, you know, minus your own gambling and whatnot, trip to the Bahamas, would you not go based on this knowing that they're putting people in a spigot? If it was free, I, I would do it, and I'd just be careful. And uh, I think for Daredevil, he's got a double danger here. Number one, he's Canadian. And we see how they get treated. And number two, he's associated with this show, which prank called the refugee camp. So imagine he's got the double-edged sword of, uh, of problems there. The, the only thing going for me is I have absolutely no money. So oh. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, cannot so, hold me. That's right. You could say you're wasting your time. It's like squeezing blood from a stone. Exactly. I'm not over 10000 <laughs> Really? You get over $10. You should, you, should, you should send them after Brandon when he's there. You say, uh, I, 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 I have a live one. Yeah, I'll be right back. I'll be back in 30 seconds, yeah. 60 seconds. That's okay. I'm, I hope so, but I'm not counting on it. 
So, Brandon, uh, by the since he's gone, I want to say that uh, maybe Brandon can be made an example of, since he doesn't believe it even exists. And I, I think he's the perfect target because he has money and he doesn't believe it even exists. So he won't even be that worried. He won't even be that cautious. So they're like, well, we're taking you to a dorm. He's like, oh, yeah, a dorm. Since no refugee camp exists, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> then he'll get there. It'll be shit on the floor. He'll he'll have to drink from a dirty garden hose, and he'll he'll learn. He will learn. Learn the hard way. Yep. Well, maybe they use him as propaganda. They'll just they'll they'll hold him, but it'll be in like a suite at the Marriott. <laughs> then yeah. he'll come back and say, "See, I was right. There's nothing going on." Over yeah, there. they'll Don't say this is the guy that's been denying it. Okay, we're going to put him in the dorm, and yeah, it will be like a suite, and they'll take him to a a first class buffet and say, "Okay, this is your." Uh, but you have to pay for it, Brandon. It's two dollars. <laughs> and they'll say, "Well, is it true you only drive back on Fridays?" Or they, "No, no, no, we'll take you back twenty four seven. Just tell us when you want to go back." Yeah, we'll pull the limo around. Yeah. no worries. <laughs> a stretch limo with uh, rum, spiced and not spiced, whatever you want, Brandon. <laughs> the, the McAllen will have there for you. So yeah, so that's that's happening. The PCA is not coming back after next year. Next year, next year's the last year, and I stand behind that. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I bet at the, after the PCA next year, they're going to announce it, and we're going to be proven right, and I'm going to laugh at poker stars for denying it. And you, you can just taste that American Poker Award nomination for next year. Oh yeah, yeah. The the American Between Poker. Between that and the Bahamian call. Yeah, they're 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 getting ready. They're they're already getting their award ready for me a year in advance because they know it's going to happen. So. Let's, that wasn't even an official topic. I forgot to list that topic. I just He reminded me I was going to skip over this topic accidentally because I didn't list it until he, he mentioned the magic words of, you have all these sources. I go, oh, sources. Ah. Can't forget that. Now, i got to wait for Brandon to get back before we get to the sex on the high roller topic. Because, mm. yeah, you, you can't leave Brandon out of something like that. But uh, let's get to the topic that he's going to hate the global poker league and the rights to people's likenesses did you read about this i i saw briefly on uh it, was it your tweet or somebody's tweet that they want the yeah, likeness it, and 70 percent yeah, of their earnings and... yes yeah so i i didn't get to read this whole 22 page contract I, mean, I couldn't read that whole thing in the very short time i had to read it before the show because i found out just before the show when seriously serious brought it up but uh, as I was saying before the Anna Kate interview started, this, this Alex Dreyfus, who's in charge of the Global Poker Index and Global Poker League, I mean, he's, he's been involved in controversy before. The guy seems like a huckster. The guy seems like someone who is always out for himself and is always out to kind of exploit poker for his own gain. But you have to sign this contract before you can be part of the Las Vegas Moneymakers or the L.A. Sunset or any of these other teams. And you get paid $100 an hour for the 2016 season, and if it makes it to 2017, you get $150 an hour. But the thing that's, first of all, what's pissing everyone off is it's a 22-page contract, which is, is ridiculous. Just think about it. You're, you're part of a poker league, which may or may not be televised, and you play poker on a team. Like, why would that ever like be a 22-page uh, contract? If they were going to do this, they should have done this during the poker move, not now. Yeah. Well, you know, that's when it was originally planned. This is an old idea. Like uh, Chip Reese had this idea, <laughs> and they actually they did the draft and they taped it at the really? Venetian. I didn't yes. know that. 
And uh, it was like wow. schoolyard style, like a pick. You know, they had captains. Wait, schoolyard style poker? No, no, no. Well, picking the, the teams. Pick, you know, like schoolyard pick. No, you, oh, know, you line like up you're on my team, team, then it's your yeah. turn. Then yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. And then the, per- the and, person who's picked last is insulted. I, I talked about that right. on another show. Yeah. And see, that would be interesting because, first of all, at the time it was a poker boom, also they had every big-name player there, not these people you wouldn't hear of. So that in itself would have been interesting. It's like, oh, you know, whatever, Helmuth went ahead of Ivy or whatever. There's something to talk about here. Most of these people you don't know. But uh, they only filmed the draft, and then they, the money fell through, and it, it never got off the ground. But anyway, this is like a 10-year-old concept. But Yeah, so someone's claiming this Paul uh, Orstein – He's claiming that, and this is what I'm having trouble figuring out. Maybe the chat room can help me. The, the big controversy here, and I think Paul's probably correct. I just can't find it. That they take your likeness for two months, they or two two years. Sorry, that they have a right to your likeness for two years, and that they get seventy percent of revenue from your likeness. Now, I do see a section here, section four. It says players shall be entitled to receive a percentage of net team revenue. That's for the whatever your team earns. Uh, for team revenue earned during any season, it shall be distributed 70% to, to the Poker League, 20% goes uh, uh, to the player and the members of his team, and 5% to the manager, and then and then the last 10% goes evenly among all the people who are members of other teams. So that's how the hundreds added up. But that's, that's where the 70% is there, that the global poker league keeps 70% of the revenue earned by the team. But he's saying that they get rights to your likeness and that they get 70% earned from your likeness. And maybe he's kind of combining the two, but I'm not quite understanding that. Maybe somebody can explain to me how that is because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is like, you know, when I'm going around town in my Hong Kong stars Jersey and I got the name on the back, (laughs) you know, they're taking 70% of that. Yeah, and it says it says uh, got to be something like that, like your likeness. Well, I, I have uh, the right. Daniel Schreiber, he's on what team? Germany. <laughs> what is Schreiber? Is that a German name? I think so. Yeah, sounds like it. But there's it says section ten rights of publicity and sponsorship. Player hereby grants GPL the Global Poker League the right and authority to use and to authorize others to use solely as described below. Player's name, likeness, image, picture, photograph, persona, persona. How, how do you use someone's persona? Do you like pretend to be them? They use a persona, autograph and signature, voice, biographical information, and any and all other identifying characters attributable or associated with the player. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole rest of the terms, but it's basically saying that uh, when you're part of this global poker league, anything you do with them, that they get to use it and they get to use your likeness in any way to promote it. So I think that's what people are unhappy about, that they can just. If you participate, they can just take pictures of you and start making you the face of it for free. Like meaning like there's a Phil Ivey EA Sports video game? Yeah, I think that's what they're saying here. I think they're trying to – I think that's what everyone's upset about is that basically you're letting them use your likeness in any way they feel like for two years and, uh, and they don't compensate you any further other than you get whatever's described there in that final 30%. I think that's what they mean by team revenue. So I think that's what – People are very unhappy about which if that's what it is, I understand why they're pissed because it's one thing to say you authorize your likeness to be on TV or the broadcasts or 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 that they can list your name or, or show a quick picture of you when promoting it. But it's another thing to just completely give up your likeness to be used in any way to promote it. Otherwise, they can make you like the the face of the whole thing and not compensate you any further. 
So, like, let's say you're part of the GPL here and you're making your $100 an hour, which, of course, isn't very much because it, it would be a lot if it was filming you know, 40 hours a, a week, but it's not. So you're making a little bit of money. But, but say after that you win the main event of the World Series and now your name's a lot bigger than it was before and now they make you the face of it. I think now what they're saying here is they can do this without further compensation to you. Yeah, that's exactly what they're saying. They're also they're structuring this like, you know, because they think they are going to be similar to a sports league. So they're foreseeing all these things that a sports league would do, you know, commercials with somebody's face on it, merchandise with their name, likeness, person, whatever. So, you know, there's going to be a Sao Paulo Mets chipset that they want to put someone's face on the box. And they're anticipating this blowing up like a sports league, and then they want all the revenue from all the, you know, ancillary avenues. Now, I don't think this is a big deal because seventy percent of nothing is still nothing. So yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's going to fail anyways. It's going to fail anyway. So no, they're not going to really be doing much with it. But, uh, but still, uh, people are very upset about it, and people are tweeting. you're not going to ever sign this contract unless you're broke because <laughs> people are going to look at this contract and say, this is a joke. It's not worth it for a hundred dollars an hour for something that goes every so often. And to, to give up this, I wouldn't much. get out of bed for a hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> I'm just saying though, you know, if you think it's going to be a fail, then, then it's more worth it to do it because this is all never going to come up as Daredevil said, like 70% of zero is still zero. So if they just right. pay you an hourly rate, then you can say, well, it's never going to go anywhere. Like, so, uh, you know, like let's say someone paid me, they, they said, okay, uh, we're going to do a documentary about you, and we're going to pitch it to all these different stations to run like a a primetime show about your like life. Like that Ridgecrest station, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, don't you have a good relationship with them, the Ridgecrest <laughs> people. So they, if if someone's and we'll pay you a hundred dollars an hour to do this, I might do it because I would know that even if I'm signing away the rights for this, I know there's never going to be like a a documentary about me airing in prime time on TV that no one would be interested in that. So like if they want to be delusional enough to make this and have me sign away the rights to it, I know there'll be no chance it'll be carried. So I, maybe you can think that about the GPL that it's just not going to go anywhere. I, this is going to be such a fail. There's uh, who's going to want to watch this thing or care about it. I wouldn't watch it. I, I don't know. Oh, it's also a weird thing that they have like two of the biggest names in poker calling the games but not playing them yeah that's so like, weird yeah, that, that's genius like uh you, <laughs> like hey, Tommy, i'm sorry I, I drift sometimes when we talk about poker who's calling the, the, uh, the game Negreanu, uh, and, and, and one other person that's not as well known yeah yeah so imagine if like you know there's an nba league and they're like oh uh, yeah uh, lebron james is going to call the games <laughs> and then uh some guy you never heard of is going to play in them like you want to watch that just, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I thought that was so weird that they wouldn't participate, but they would call it. Yeah. And not, not only that, but you sign this contract that's basically guaranteeing you're going to be there for every little publicity thing that they have going. So, like, you've really got to commit your life to it for not very much money. That's uh, that's also offensive. Kind of like the fraud podcast. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Well, but I'm saying I'm 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 stuck, stuck. But, you know what, what I'm saying school. back, listen, hold on, hold on here. I have to buy a saying, fight tonight. Listen, I, 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 I want to say something back. All that money. You think he's doing text interviews in the chat? Come on. He's a first-class operation. The handsome kid, you think he's doing text with refugees? No, no. no. In fact, I just, I, got a, so. I just got a tweet he's here. He's playing 200, 400 somewhere, and he's living in Joe Seabock's old place on the beach in Hermosa. Yeah, I got a, I got a tweet here. Um, now, this is one of the big – this is this is a uh, Tristan Wade, also known as a uh, creative. 
I had a bit of an issue with him in 2010 when he called a penalty on Who's me. this? Kristen who? No, Tristan Wade. This is a guy. Tristan Wade. From the Miami Heat. I wish it was him. No, this is Tristan Wade who called Tristan a penalty Wade. on me of day six of the main event. He's a defensive guy. Like his defensive his chip stack calling it a penalty on me, but I was really pissed. He, I he know that name. Did he cheat or do something? Or no, no, he didn't cheat. cheat he, no, he didn't cheat, but he pissed me off. He called a, 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 a stupid penalty on me. Right, tell and the I, story. Yeah, I don't want to even tell it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just. Please tell. Well, can he give a short version? You, yeah, he called. I, I exposed my card thinking the hand oh. was over, and then he called a penalty on me, even though it was totally an accident. And, and then I got a 20-minute penalty for it or some, or, or two-round penalty. No, I think it was 20 minutes, and I was kind of short-stacked. I, this is day six of the freaking main event. I was so pissed at him. Anyway, he apologized afterwards, but I still suffered the damn penalty. Anyway, back to Tristan Wade. He, he's been really going off about this. So someone forwarded me a tweet that he made, and Tristan said, you have to edit all of your social media accounts to promote the Global Poker League. <laughs> <laughs> he said you aren't a player you're so just part ridiculous. of the league so you actually have to and here it says he showed this the portion of the contract it said furthermore players shall edit players social media accounts to include gpl information and players biography and gpl cover photos for purposes of this agreements social media accounts means players official and or most populated facebook twitter instagram google plus snapchat and YouTube page. Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat. What? So, so hold on. Hold on. I thought Snapchat's only used to like send pictures of your penis to people so they go away and they can't uh, save no, it. No, you, you can send uh, – well, that's not necessarily true. You actually can't save them. You can take a screenshot real well, fast. Yeah, I know. But, but Snapchat, the intent of it, I thought, is to do like a little – like a little short video blog of segments of your day. Now, I have a Snapchat account, obviously. Uh, what do you use it for? Okay, and I, I had a I, – well, I don't do it anymore, but I, I had a thing during last summer where I kind of was having a little fun with the Snapchat. So I wake up, I take a little – I don't know, a little 10-second video of me having my poached eggs and some fresh berries and then do another Snapchat of me taking my dog out in the back and playing ball with him, then another Snapchat, you know, me at a local – Casino, making a wage, you know, and then at the end of the day, I'd post it or sometimes I'd even keep it updated throughout the day. Then it shows me people that are watching my Snapchat. Like, it's very wait, common wait, hold, now. Hold on, I'm confused. I'm I thought Snapchat, hold on. I don't care. I'm confused. I'm confused. Tommy Boy is a very avid Snapchat. Wait, hold on. I'm confused. Are you sure you're not confusing this for other social no, media? Because I know what I'm Snapchat, from what no, I've seen, is something where, the, where the, you send a message, you send a picture to no. someone, and then it disappears after they view it. Yeah, that's one feature, but the, most people actually use it for short little videos. Oh, no, I see. I'm I, not wrong I, on this. I, I, I'm sure we have some Snapchatters. I thought it was just naked pictures. Tell us. Am I wrong or is Jeff wrong? No, you're probably right. I, I just thought that was the, yeah. pur- the purpose of it. I thought it was to send naked pictures. That was originally, but now it's almost like a Vine thing. Yeah, see, yeah, see I, this sucks. Like, I, I hate being old and not knowing that. I would use it just to do little videos. Like, I think there's even a limit, like 20 seconds or 30 seconds. Yeah. The most. And it just, you know, like I'm sitting here doing a radio live. I I, I'll tell you, I was sure when you like, said you had a Snapchat account, I was sure that when you said you were doing some things last summer, I thought you were going to talk about how you, you were sending pictures of your penis to girls and they no. d- disappear after 10 minutes. Okay. No. Okay. I never used it for those purposes. All right. All but right. even if so, – the whole thing about that is – and that's kind of misleading because with any phone, you can still take a screenshot. So as long as you're quick or if you're expecting something devious – just get ready to do a screenshot, and it will save on well, your Well, so I was told that, that Snapchat, if you do a screenshot, it will 
alert the user that a screenshot was taken. Mm-hmm. So yes, they'll have it. But that they, is correct too. That is accurate. It will alert them. But, but, but that, of course, you can use right. another phone to take a picture of the phone, and then they won't know. That's that's accurate too. Yeah. So yeah, it, definitely Snapchat is not that secure. If you think no one's going to see your penis, then you have another thing coming, maybe. So anyway, yeah, they want you to update all these. You have to update all your social media for $100 an hour. you got to be kidding me. Thanks. I mean, I would understand, again, if it was a $100 an hour job where you worked 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, at least you're making over 200 k a year that way. But here you're not. Here you're – it was $100 an hour occasionally, and you're a slave to them. So Tristan Creative, uh, he's been going off on them. I guess he's rechanneling his energy from calling petty penalties on day six of the main event to uh, to doing this. I think this is a more productive use of his time. So, I mean, good for him on this. So th- this is a joke, and this Alex Dreyfus guy, he's just so shady. I just, I just, I see him as someone who promotes a lot, uh, and and just takes advantage as much as he can. I think he wants people to believe he's much more influential and important and innovative than he really is. And as Daredevil pointed out, something I didn't even know, Chip Reese, before he died of the Super AIDS, uh, he he did this himself. And by the way, the Super AIDS thing is an inside joke, in case you're wondering. It's not to, he didn't really die. Well, of you can say what you want about it, but he. I think we all can sit here and agree that he was amazing in the 1977 legendary movie close encounters of a third kind um i i think he was great yeah i, yeah. I mean but gryffindorf's yeah. tribe i mean you know yeah, his, that's his, true late, too. his later work is not good so i mean even before that i was it wasn't even born i mean american graffiti i mean that's a legendary that's one of cinematics greatest films ever well jaws i mean yeah talk we're about gonna, it. we're going to we're going to i, I, I yeah. thought Chip yeah. Reese played for the dodgers at one point that's what i thought Mm-hmm. All right, so let's uh, let's go to the next topic here, and that is the high roller at the link in Las Vegas, the Ferris wheel, the giant Ferris wheel that cost. I've been on it one time. It was, I've been uh, on it a lot more, and last time I went on it, this has been a big fail. How many season. times have you been on it? I uh, probably like seven, but really, uh, yeah. But Why? anyway, just listen. Are you my, trying to just milk the free value like, when they send you the tickets? Pr- pretty much, yes. It's, well, I don't just go with my like. I'm with someone there, like a family member or a friend who's never been on it, and I say, you know, do you want to see this? And I take them on it for free. That's what I do. It's like it's just to show off I have free things in Vegas. So I went with my family in December, and we were very surprised that on New Year's Eve of all things, New Year's Eve, December 31st at about 4 p.m., we were the only ones in our pod, which can hold up to 40 people. We were the only ones. We had our own private pod. Now, we weren't the only ones on the whole ride because the pods are always moving, and the next pod had, I don't know, maybe 10 people. But it was amazing to me that on New Year's Eve, one of the busiest days in Vegas, we actually got our own pod that can hold 40 people just for our family. We didn't pay anything more. We didn't pay anything. We just got the comp tickets. But that shows you how much it's been failing recently. Well, apparently, somebody else had that luck. Two people in their 20s, a guy and a girl, got on the high roller. And they found that they got their own pod. Let me get to the story here, which I should have had up. Here is the article. The High Roller Club grew by two on the afternoon of February 5th when a security officer 
noticed that the only passengers in cabin 16, a man and a woman, were smoking and undressing. The guests in cabin 17 didn't seem to notice, but the guests in cabin 15 not only noticed, but were video recording the acts with their cell phone. (laughs) Surveillance video, which has not yet been made public, also caught the action on the Caesars Entertainment attraction at the Center Strip link. Security officers also used the intercom to tell the amorous couple to please put all cigarettes out and put all clothes back on. Was it United Emirates or something? <laughs> it's a different laugh track with applauding. Okay, so... What did you say, the Emirates couple? The Amorous couple. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought they were from no, the they United from Arab, the Emirates. Arab Emirates. So, okay. they, so they actually, listen, they stopped, they briefly sat down, but then they went back at it. They refused a second request to end the tryst. That's you know, what's amazing, of- I, I don't watch the news regularly, but when this story broke, it literally, I heard it personally lead off two nightly newscasts in Vegas as a top story. I mean, there's primaries going on. There's all these other world events. That was a top story. Now, this is much more important than Bernie Sanders beating Hillary by 22 points, by much more important. So, so that's when the Las Vegas police were called. The 550-foot diameter wheel with its 28 cabins, each big enough to hold 40 people, didn't stop rolling. At the end of the 30-minute ride, the fully clothed tourists, so I guess they put their clothes back on, Chloe Scordanos, 21, of Hicksville, New York. How do you like to live in Hicksville? That's really where she lives. And Philip Frank Panciza, the third of 27 of Houston, Texas, were pulled from the giant glass ball and charged with committing sex acts in public a felony. The criminal complaint alleges extensive nudity and cunnilingus on the world's tallest observation wheel. She's going down on Yeah. They both said they were just having a good time and didn't think anyone would notice the arresting officers wrote in their report. So I, I guess what happened here was that... Uh, see, I don't know if they actually had sex or if this guy just went down on her. It kind of sounds like she just like... They, they both took off their clothes and he went down on her there. But maybe they did a lot of things. I don't know. He only had... 30 minutes minus whatever time led up to this and whatever time at the end they put on their clothes. But I'll give them credit for this. Like they, they got all into this and then still were done in time to get their clothes back on by the time it was at the bottom. Hmm. And uh, I don't even know if I could fornicate on that thing. Just hearing that monotone Caesar's blatant spamming voice in the background probably ruined my erection. Oh yeah. There's this really, really annoying guy on that, on that wheel on the mm-hmm. video. They come up there. They have this guy like stoner looking guy come on there. He even makes a, a joke about 420. Like, Oh, we're at 420 feet. Get it? 420. <laughs> so that guy's really, really annoying. And I think Brandon's right. Like I, I couldn't do anything hearing that guy in the background either, but awesome. forget about him. How about security guards going, put your clothes back on, turn up, turn up, uh, put up the cigarettes, put the clothes back on. Come on, put your clothes back. Like, could you really continue hearing that in the background? Well, that's sexist, Todd. How do you know it wasn't a sexy woman security guard? Oh, uh, just fire them on. up even more. See, this is this why I, I, can't, I can't even be associated with this show anymore. Yeah, the Bahamas are going to arrest you for this. Okay, so, so they they were arrested. They charged with a felony. I, now, people quickly found a YouTube video that the. Uh, Chloe Giordano's uh, made. This is her YouTube video where she's kind of like dancing to some song. You ready? 
She's got Who's that? that? Everybody's got a price. This is her. I wonder how they sleep at night. When the sale comes first and the truth comes second, just stop for a minute and smile. Why is everybody so serious? <laughs> that's probably what she asked after they uh, pulled her off the high roll and arrested her. Yikes, that's awful. Yeah, and so she she was doing this little video singing along with that uh, music in like a half shirt. What does shirt. she look like? Well, she, so she has like a half shirt on that says, I love New York. And you can see her belly and her tattoo, and she's got like long brown hair. She's like... Uh, th- on a scale like, of 1 to 10, what do you give her? Well, she and she's on a mugshot, too. And the mugshot is actually pretty good for a mugshot. Like, uh, you know how mugshots people usually look uglier than they really are? Uh, she did, she doesn't look bad in the mugshot. She, the funny thing in the mugshot, she's got really curly hair, and in this video that uh, I just played, she has very straight hair. Uh, she's she's not bad. She she does look kind of trashy. Prettier, her or the girl that better kid dog food that has a twin sister that plays poker tournaments. <laughs> the one that plays the poker tournaments is pretty. The one that fed the kid dog food is is uh, uglier. Oh, I'm looking at this now. Well, he looks like a total tool. Yeah, she's cute. Yeah, that's what I said. Like she, she's yeah. Especially Philip the, Frank like the, Panzica the third and Chloe as scores. Scardanos, yeah. yeah, but like uh, she even looks pretty good in the mugshot. He looks like a tool, though. Yeah, he oh does. He does God. look like a tool. He looks okay. like roided out just from that picture. Like, and, and he has oh like these big. He has like these big ears that stick out, and he's yeah. like this this smile that looks like he's like just kind of a douche. So, but anyway, he is kind of a douche because he has a fiance back home. And people found pictures of him and his fiance. Oh, of course he does. That's good. Um, so I, I don't know how he knows this girl because she's from, Hicksville, New, she's from Hicksville, New York. He's uh, uh, he's from Houston. So I don't know if they met in Vegas or what. But they he was a, a seven star. Uh, <laughs> what do you call it? When they have one of the seven star things when they get the seven star members together. Like a seven-star experience, but what oh, if, you oh, know, the, a signature event. Yeah, maybe it was a signature event. I wonder if you're a seven star, if you could get out of the charges for this. Like they're about to arrest you. Go, no, 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 no. I'm a seven star. Okay, sir. Never mind. Well, I can oh, see you trying. <laughs> so, I have to admit, when I was there with my family and we got our own pod, I didn't even think of this. Like, I, I, of course, I wouldn't think about it involving my family, but I didn't even think like, wow, if my family wasn't here, it was just me and my girlfriend. Like, like I didn't even think of that. It didn't even come to mind. When we had our own pod. I was like, oh, cool, we have our own private pod. Like, it was actually, you know what I thought when I had my own private pod? I went the Jewish way, and I thought, wow, you know, to pay for something like this would be very expensive. <laughs> that, that was how I thought. Unfortunately, that's always how I think. Like, when I was in the hospital two years ago, and I thought that I might have to lose my spleen, that they may have to do emergency surgery on me and remove my spleen, and they put me in the, the CAT scan machine, my thought was not, oh, crap, I've got to have surgery to remove my spleen. My thought was... Oh crap! This thing looks so expensive. This this test looks so expensive. This is going to cost me so much money. That, that's what I was thinking. And then uh, then Karina Jet called me and wanted to know how I was, and I was like, right. I, I I can't talk, Karina. I've I've got to go in an expensive machine. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's uh, so. They're charged with a felony. The, their attorney is claiming that they didn't know anyone could see them that they thought it was private because it was so high up and that uh, they, they had a, an expectation of privacy, almost like they're in a hotel room. So that they, the only thing I can't understand with this defense is they were told to put their clothes back on. So obviously security knew. So I, I don't quite understand that defense, but that's what they're going to claim. 
I, I think they probably won't be ultimately charged with a felony when it comes down to it. Because there's the initial charges, and then there's what the DA actually uh, goes through with pressing. Uh, apparently, now, by a well, now as a well-respected attorney, uh, your friend uh, Alvin Finkelstein, I heard he gave them some legal advice. Did you recall what that was? Yeah, Alvin Finkelstein, who again isn't he's uh, actually he is uh, licensed to practice in Nevada. I'm forgetting that, but he is. Uh, he he gave them legal advice that uh, they should claim that uh, one they didn't think anybody could see them, and two, that uh, they just didn't hear the announcement. The announcement just didn't come through. They don't know what they're talking about. That's, he suggested just deny, deny, deny. Just think that you're, just tell them you were, you were engaging in consensual sex that you believed was private and that you had no idea until you got to the bottom and they arrested you. That, that was Alvin's advice. Hmm. And Al- Alvin thinks it'll be downgraded to a misdemeanor. That's what he thinks as well. But uh, there's actually a website called vitalvegas.com and it actually has, and this is before this whole incident occurred, 11 vital tips to have sex on the high roller Ferris wheel. So they're not the first ones to think of this. And uh, the 11 tips are, number one, bring a blanket. Number two, they definitely did this, ride when business is slow, so you get your own pod. Number three, I don't know if they did this one, use the cover of darkness. Number four, tip a ride attendant. I don't know about that one, because once you tip him and, and tell him what you're going to do, then uh, they may say you can't do this. But they said just you should tip them with uh, $20 and say, we love to ride alone. And then maybe they'll remember you tip them and not uh, get you in trouble if you're caught. Number five, choose your spot to be careful that no one can see you. They weren't careful about that either. Uh, number six, watch the time. They were good at that. They got their clothes back on by the time they got down. Number seven, stay seated. <laughs> I guess one of them did. You know, hearing about this reminds me of like, I mean, I, I, it's not a similar crime, but I guess it's the same in the sense that you know that when you're doing it, you're gonna, you have to know. If you have any common sense, you're going to be immediately arrested. The idiots that, and thank you, know, I'm glad they don't even show it on TV anymore. The idiots that always jump on the field during a sporting event. Yeah. And then they get arrested. And, you know, I think, well, I guess it probably be Trump and you know we'll talk about the politics later they really need to make an example out of one of these people and then then it just ends so I'm saying and I know I may get some backlash Uh-oh. but give one of them the death penalty <laughs> just one time no but just hear me out one at a time just give them the death penalty for something like this public you know sex on a links roll or running on the field in the middle of a football game death penalty lethal injection I promise you will never happen again but you know what the problem here is that I think people are not going to take you seriously because first you got refugees beaten up last week, and then right. this week now you're giving the death penalty. You're saying my credibility sex. isn't good? I, I'm just yeah. saying that uh, well, I, I think there's going to be a lot of harm and carnage right. as a result of what you're suggesting. First, there are going to be refugees beaten up because we prank called someone, and then people are going to be put to death well, for having sex in the high roller. I can tell you if, if Dick Cheney was on politics, he'd agree. Well, then maybe you should uh, encourage him to run again. So well, number number heart. eight, keep focused. Uh, number nine, use use moist towelettes <laughs> to, to clean up. I guess if he was just going down on her, they didn't really need that. Probably not. Number number ten, be prepared for some awkward. It said chances are the worst that will happen is you'll get a stern look or possibly a warning. 
Uh, no. And it, it's comparing this to the Mile High Club on planes. If you're approached by staff or security, the best way to go about it is apologize profusely and pretend to be really, really stupid. I think the problem was they ignored the instructions to stop. And 11, they, they definitely did this. Be fearless. And they were. They were told to stop and kept doing it. So it's become a big story. And I think that as a result of this, and as you see, Brandon approves of how this girl looks. Uh, I think Chloe Scordano should translate this into a porn career. I would say appearing in Playboy, but they don't have nude women in Playboy anymore. But at least uh, maybe a porn career. This is getting this is getting play everywhere. This is not this is a story that's all over the place now, not just uh, in Vegas. Let me look at the YouTube comments of her video. I bet I bet there's a lot of comments about her. Shades on ice and your hips so high you can't even have a good time. How are there only six? Hold on, hold on here. This shows you how poor people are at the internet. There's only 579 views of this video. How is that? I've seen the story all over. How's there only 579 views of this video? Now, so, someone wrote as a comment, innocent, I hope you move to Vegas. <laughs> someone else wrote, fucking whore. And uh, I don't know. I, I, there are only six comments, though. And one of them is from her a year ago. The rest of them were all since the story broke. Well, the real crime is if you go to Vital Vegas, they have a picture of him with his girlfriend slash fiance, and she is way hotter than this chick. Yeah, well, yeah, the the girlfriend, yeah, that's a good point. the The fiance really is very hot, so it's. Uh, but it's not also, like he just, the, but he didn't do this as an uh, ugly chick, so you can say that. No, uh, so but uh, comparatively, also I'll give you an update. The last I heard on the story, the fiance bailed him out. <laughs> really? Yep. So. Wow. I guess the, I, I guess, guess women in Texas are, are forgiving. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a crying shame. You know, I've, I've I've never lived in the South, and maybe people listening from the South can tell me this. And I don't know about situations like this where there's cheating involved, but I've heard that in the South, uh, women are really encouraged to stand by their man and uh, and and really try to put up with a lot before getting a divorce where we're in other areas of the country. They're quicker to say, no, I don't like this. I'm out of here. That, that, that Southern women put up with a lot more. That, that's what I've heard. Is that true? Or is it just uh, something I've heard that's incorrect? I don't know because I've never lived there, but that's what I've heard. But you'd have to think about this. I mean, your, your fiance goes to Vegas without you. And then he's all over the news that he was getting, he was going down on a girl in the high roller. That's not you. Like, Oh, and someone, one of the uh, detectives listening to the show found her Facebook, just messaged it to me, and said she went to Long Island High School for the Arts. So I guess you've got all kinds of people working behind the scenes, don't you? Yeah, yeah. She she doesn't she hasn't updated her Facebook in three years, so she's not. Well, I'm guessing she went with him to Vegas, unless she came out from Texas just to bail him out, but. But but how does she know him? He's he's in Houston and she's in New York. Unless they met online and that was like the neutral place they're meeting. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise he could have just been there for a different reason, maybe with buddies or something. And she was there with friends of hers, and then they it's they took a liking to each other, and then 
He's like, hey, you, you want to go to the high roller? Don't go down either. It's also possible they didn't plan this. It's possible they just went to the high roller and then they got their own pod and thought, oh, well, what can we do with this? So. I also heard in Texas that eat and ain't cheating. Can you confirm that? <laughs> well, so. there's a. She had a cover photo she put up in 2012 when she was not even 18 yet. She was only uh, 17 then. And there's a picture of a. I don't believe it's her, but it's, a, it's like a, a picture of a pregnant girl with a guy putting his face on her pregnant belly when she has her shirt off. She's just in a bra and underwear. And it says, a real man will stay no matter what. That was her cover photo. No, so I'm wondering if she got pregnant or something. And uh, Well, they have a kid, yeah. You didn't read that part of the story? No, I'm talking about Chloe. Oh. So I wonder if she has a kid, too, and got pregnant. Maybe maybe he has multiple... uh... Yeah, <laughs> maybe mamas. Yeah, maybe maybe he got her pregnant five years ago. Who knows? But, uh, no, she was only like seventeen then. Back four years ago, but she was only seventeen then, I assume. And uh, but that's kind of a weird banner picture to put on your Facebook. A real man will stay no matter what. Regarding oh, and also she she recommended like a few days before that ten ways to build your child's self esteem from baby center. So she definitely was pregnant. Hmm. I think that. Uh... Women should have their tubes tied at birth, and you should need to you should need to get some kind of licensing to have children. Wow, we have some hard line co hosts here. Well, you licensed to drive a car. That's true. Come on. Yeah, she had to. I don't know if she actually had the kid. Maybe she changed her mind and got an abortion, or maybe she had a miscarriage. <laughs> but the baby center, I know about baby center because I was getting all these baby center forwarded messages when my girlfriend was pregnant with Benjamin. So like that's that's where women go. Uh, online when they're pregnant and they get these like updates every few days about how, how big their child is at this point and where they are in development and stuff like that. So in May of 2012, she was pregnant and then, uh, I don't see anything about a kid since then, but she hasn't updated in three years. So who knows? But I don't know. She should try, really, she should really try to get this to translate to something. You know, what I thought was crazy. You know, the, the prostitute that, was with uh, Governor Elliot Spitzer in New York. She was offered quite a large sum of money to appear in Hustler. She was offered... One million dollars. Now, if you're a prostitute, and your name's all over the news anyway, because a famous governor of the second largest state in the nation, who is known to be very tough on crime, is caught with, with prostitutes himself and your name's out there, why not take the million bucks at that point? I don't get it. To appear in a magazine, I don't get it. But she turned it down. Which I bet she regrets now. So I hope Chloe doesn't make the same mistake. So, someone sent this to me, unrelated. Uh, On February 23rd, in New York, there's going to be something called Jed. Jed is some kind of poker event. It says, deal me in for Jed, J-E-D, at 55 Wall Street in New York. There's a tournament there. Hosted by Jamie Gold, 2006 World Series of Poker main event champion, and Beth Shack, three-time <laughs> World Series of Poker finalist, designer, and entrepreneur. 
<laughs> it's also going to have Zach Brown of the Tennessee Titans, Gary Gilliam of the Seattle Seahawks, Daquan Jones of the Tennessee Titans, Rick Levinsall from the Fox News Channel, and Constantine Maroulis, the Tony-nominated actor and a producer, singer, and songwriter. Some real uh, A names there. That's, uh, And I guess you get uh, a first prize of the seed at the World Series of Poker main event if you win this. And private coaching lessons with Jamie Gold. <laughs> so it's some kind of charity event called JED. It's on February 23rd in New York on Wall Street if you want to go to it. Don't know how much it costs to buy in. Someone just sent this to me, but uh, at Jamie Gold, he he gets these uh, these opportunities. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he'll take any job. I, I I bet if I contacted Jamie Gold and offered him to be a uh, a sponsored poster on Poker Fraud Alert or do Poker Fraud Alert uh, No Fraud Online Poker training sessions, I bet if I gave him like a hundred bucks, he'd do it. What do you think? What do you think would be the minimum he'd work for if I if I asked him to do like a coaching session for someone for a winner of a contest on Poker Fraud Alert? What do you think I could get him for for an hour? An hour, fifty dollars. <laughs> I don't think it'd be very much. I should ask him. I should I should contact Jamie Gold and say we want to hire you. What's the minimum you'll work for? We don't have a lot of we don't have a high budget here. You want to be the the no fraud online poker ambassador. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He can be the face of the No Fraud Online Poker Room. That would actually be worth it. If we could get him to be the face of the site for, for $100, I think I'd do it. I should try. I should try I should try to reach out to him and see what he'll do. Like he, he, he involves himself with so many failed projects. I, I have to think that he's got to be cheap. Like, Jamie, can I, can I slap your face on the No Fraud it's Online It's a little known fact. He once called me in the middle of the night and threatened to kill me. <laughs> Because you were leaving messages on it. Yes, because we. I, I know I, you made it when I have right. the main event champion calling me the biggest main event. It's still the biggest, right? Yes. Yep. The price pool, man. We yes. got chopped up with the. Yeah, so so we were calling. Oh, to kill me. Yeah, you kept calling him on. We kept calling him on the radio and leaving messages on his uh, voicemail. And uh, I guess he called back. Yeah. You've reached the voicemail of GMG. So Brandon kept leaving him messages during our radio calls. And the, I guess he saw your phone numbers. How did he get your phone number? Was it in the caller ID or something? I don't know. It must have been. Yeah, it must have been. I mean, everybody has your phone number. I didn't anyway, care but, enough to block it. Yeah. Maybe he looked at that nude picture of you that Mike on posted and got the phone number. Maybe. But whatever. He got the phone number somehow and called up Brandon and threatened him. <laughs> Tilted Stone is saying, Druff's poker guests are so bad he can't even get Jamie Gold. <laughs> I guess it's fair. But I thought the fraud show it wasn't a guest interview oriented type it's not, show. I, I tell people that, and then when we have all, guests on here, they complain. They get well, yeah, because you're contradicting yourself. Todd. You say this is not an interview show, and then you, you do an interview. I just I just try to give some variety, and people get mad at me. It's like. Uh, but we've done all that with the other networks back in the day. Who cares? Someone came on, they did something. Unless it's something scandalous. Like, remember the one guy? I don't think we have. Maybe we did have him on, but he got ejected from the World Series because he threw the bitches clothes out the yeah, window yeah, yeah. through Carter the Gill. room. At the Rio, huh? yeah. Yeah, Carter. I don't know if he can even come back, Carter Gill. I don't know if he's allowed back at the, at the Rio. Kendall Gill, yeah. Good three-point shooter, too. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, that's kind of interesting. But who wants in this day and age, oh, so-and-so, he won the so-and-so, and he had the 9-7 and put a bad beat on the... So you know what I'm saying? It just yeah. doesn't... It's not interesting. You know? I don't know. You know, so about, just, about the, uh, the thing on the high roller again, I was looking at our forum, and... Uh, so I am professional talk. By the way, I'm becoming a big fan of his. I, li- I like his posts. I think uh, he, he's a big sports better. Like he's betting like like 5,500 on every game. He bets on a lot of games. He, did you see his like list of prop bets? He had like a, a list of like 50 prop bets he was making on the Super Bowl. Yeah, this guy's like it was like a Google spreadsheet. Yeah. Now, now today he didn't give good advice. Today, uh, when I placed two bets, one on Memphis minus four and one on the Golden State over. He liked the Golden State over, and that lost. And he did I mean, not that was like so the, close, so that could have gone either way. Yeah, it could have gone yeah, either way. Yeah. But he didn't like the Memphis one. He really didn't like the Memphis one, and that easily won. So the one guy, the the Spaniard, was out. Yeah, I know, I know, something. I know. Marcus All was out, but I, I oh, Brooklyn's right. so terrible. That's why I did it. Brooklyn's just awful. There's yeah. they're horrendous. It was a route in the yeah, second half. Bro- from what Brooklyn's seen. horrendous. That's why I did it. So anyway, uh, Hong Konger. So Hong Konger. Yeah, Hong Konger. He's around. <laughs> He said, uh, what a bunch of killjoys. Fucking anywhere in Vegas should be not only legal but encouraged. And I am professional talks that agree these two are exactly the f- sort of basement-level quality human beings that Vegas prides itself on attracting. Who cares if they're fucking in an empty car on that failed twirly-whirly? <laughs> I like that. He calls it a failed twirly-whirly. That's what he calls the high roller. So they're saying basically that Vegas is marketing – Towards that sort of sort of behavior and those sort of people, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and then they, you know, he eats the girl out in a, an empty pod, and someone sees from one of the other pods, and they get arrested. I, I understand the point they're making. And if people are recording it on cell phones, they obviously don't mind it too much. Like Brandon, if you were in one of these pods and you saw like two guys having gay sex in one of the pods, would you pull out your phone and record it? No. No, I wouldn't either. I, I, I just I turn would. away. I would like, just I turn away, yeah. Like, right, right. I've so never like, seen no gay sex. I'm not recording no gay sex. I'm right, right. So if you're discussing that, so, so if it's something that's like not not something you'd want to watch, you turn away. And if it's something you do want to watch, that's when you take out your phone and record. So the people who are recording, I don't think uh, they minded seeing it. So so who minded? Like the security guards? I, I don't get it. I don't think there were any complaints. In fact, the people in the other pod couldn't complain because there's no way to communicate with the people on the ground until you're off of it. So I guess they could have called on their cell phones. I, I doubt they were. Like, if I saw this, I wouldn't report it. I wouldn't go tattle on them. Yeah. So agree. Let's, let's see what else we got going on here. Let's see what else we have. Got to get this done by around 1130, so we got about another. Yeah, I, I, I'm going on holiday very holiday. soon to uh, Palm Springs. Oh, Wait, you do you have me. a big listener base in Palm Springs? Well, um, I was ask if anyone can make some. I've been there once. It was a number of years ago, but I just want to go in somewhere warm. Well, so if, if anybody's any listening, to, well, first of all, Brandon, it's not that warm there right now. It's in the mid eighties. That's warm enough. No, 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 no. no. Um, this is an unusual time. It's it's in the mid eighties in L.A. too. This is Palm Springs is not warm at this time of year. It's just a, an unusual week, and then it's going to get. Uh, I I don't know what it's going to be like next week, but. I th- when are you going? I think it's going to be warm through like Tuesday. Uh, I'll be back Monday. Okay, good. So it'll be warm. It'll be fine. But if, but you, you, you have how do you know the weather off the 
cusp in Palm Springs. Well, no, I'm just it telling was, you from someone, a longtime Southern California resident, there's nowhere in Southern California that is warm all year round. There's no place in California like that. Even Death Valley is not warm all year round. There, there, there is a winter. It's not I mean, like it's not like Miami where it's uh, look at these temperatures. Yeah, well, this is what is this weather dot com? It's going to be a high of eighty eight tomorrow, eighty nine Friday, eighty eight Saturday, eighty eight Sunday, and eighty nine Monday. Right, because all of Southern California, even LA, is going to be very warm. Yeah, and then in the middle of next week, the highs cap out at the in the high seventies. Anyhow, the point is that's warm. You know, high. Where else can I go right now? Where it's eighty? What is in LA right now? I'm what not are the sure. highs? I don't know. Okay, well, anyhow, it's in the 50s, 40s here. I'm going somewhere. It's going to be in the high 80s. You can lounge at the pool, have a drink, uh, you know, enjoy the holiday. No, it's good. Yeah. And but I don't know what else to do there. What else? Well, and there's mountains. There's some trails I saw. There's, I don't know. Um, not right there, but, but in the area is Joshua Tree National Park, which is fairly played interesting. Out. Played out. It's played out. You've been there before? No. I okay. listened to the album. Um, funny enough, though, <laughs> what I'll probably end up doing is, uh, you know, I'm sure this isn't a shocker to anyone, but the place that I'm staying, the quarters that I've reserved, right across the street, there's an Indian casino. So I'll probably spend two days there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what's your girlfriend going to think, though? Uh, uh, you know, she'll probably be there with me. Yeah, well, I, I guess since she's like the new old Isn't that funny when you team? leave, like... A casino destination and travel somewhere that's just with more casinos. Yeah, you leave Las Vegas to go to a place with casinos. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I went in, there. In all fairness, I'm going to lounge at the pool, get myself a massage, uh, you know, explore the city a little bit. It, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to. Maybe at night I'll do that because I don't. I don't know what the. Is it Palm Springs? It's kind of like an older crowd, isn't it? It is, uh, except during like spring break. But uh, but yeah, right now yeah. it's an older crowd. Yeah. And, uh, there, there is like a. a Tourist area where you walk down the street, there's a bunch of restaurants. And yeah, I, I went there last time. Using went... a bunch of my uh, Jew credit card hoarding that we've discussed to uh, pay for this trip. Oh, so. Okay, that's good. I I went there in 09 when my relationship that I'm currently in was only two months old. And of course, there was no Benjamin at that time. And uh, so I, I went there and we went to Joshua Tree National Park and we. We actually stayed at uh, Casino Morongo, which is the cheapest thing. We didn't even stay in Palm Springs. I was so Jewish that I, I stayed, uh, not comp, but but fairly cheap at Casino Morongo. Then we went to Joshua Tree. Then we just like went to Palm Springs to walk around for the day and the evening and then uh, and then drove back to Morongo and then drove back home. So uh, that was when I was last there. But I remember something memorable, for whatever reason, was that it was radio night, Wednesday night for Donkdown Radio. And I, I was not going to be on that show. I said, I, I can't make this one because I was uh, with the new girl then and taking her to Palm Springs. So we were driving back from Palm Springs to Morongo. And I said, hey, we can listen to this in the car. So I actually put on Donkdown Radio and listened to you and Mike on, on my car radio. And that was the first time I'd ever listened to a live Donkdown Radio on my car radio. And I said, wow, mm. I'm listening to this live on the car radio. This actually seems like a real radio show. <laughs> I, I was impressed with, with, with our show because like here I'm actually driving on a car and listening to radio live and I, I thought that was kind of cool so and that was before the days of the call to listen number like we have now which I forgot right. to tell people about 712-775-8162 call that any time to listen to the show whether live or in reruns you can hear at any time 712-775-8162 or just look at the phone number on the radio page 
No data required, no internet required, no smartphone required. Just call it and listen. It works. People like it. Okay, so next topic. Uh, Have you heard of the Poker Central TV network, Brandon? No, I mean, I remember back in the day when they were talking about it. I think you even covered it on, on the fraud show. Uh, I didn't know. I would not have remembered that was the exact name, but I remember there was we joked about you know golf channel, tennis channel. They were doing that same similar concept of poker, but yeah, I've never so, watched it. I don't even know what word be. I don't know. I don't know what about, about you, it. Daredevil? Have you tennis. heard of the Have you heard of this uh, Poker Central? Yeah, I, I don't know if we talked about it on the show or if you talked about it, but yeah, we talked about how you could only get it on like Apple TV. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, so th- this is what uh, is going on now with Poker Central. Everyone has been laughing at Poker Central because, as you said, it doesn't actually ha- – it's not carried on any TV station anywhere. So it was promoted as a 24-7 poker TV network, and yet absolutely zero cable or satellite providers carried it. Well, they finally got some sucker cable company to carry it. Buckeye Cable System in Ohio is now carrying Poker Central – on channel 92 in standard definition and channel 579 in high definition. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's, it's not on Comcast. It's not on Time Warner. It's not on DirecTV. It is on the Buckeye cable system, which is based in Toledo, Ohio. It serves northwest Ohio and a portion of southeast Michigan. So apparently in those areas, most people have that. That's the... Uh, that's the dominant cable company in that small area of Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan. Uh, I would have fun with this one. Buckeye Cable, which tries to be different than the big cable companies, which are known to have horrendous customer service, they actually send a letter to its, their customers each year with the personal phone numbers, including the home number and the cell number of upper management all the way to the top of the company's chain if there's a problem. Do you think that's real? you think you can call the CEO at like 3 in the morning if your cable's out? I think they have a separate phone that they have that that is really that number that they probably turn on for 20 minutes a day. Yeah, I used to I used to know a radio host who did this that would give out, quote, his home phone number. And it was his home phone number, but that was the number he hardly ever answered. And then his real home phone number was one that hardly anyone had. So it's probably like that. But anyway, that's the ones who they're carrying Poker Central. And right now, if you don't have Buckeye Cable, then you have to watch it on Xbox, Amazon Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV. You can't even watch it on Chromecast. And even worse, you can't, uh, you can't even stream it through a web browser. You can't just go to a site and watch it right now. Like, let's say you say, I nope. want to watch Poker Central. You can't just go to PokerCentral.com and watch it. Nope, you can't watch it on YouTube. They have an Android app that if you download it, it's just like it takes you to their web page. It's totally useless. It's, yeah. it's a joke. So like no one's watching. What do you think the ratings are? I bet we have way better ratings than they do. We <laughs> must. I'm not even kidding. I'm like, that's not a joke. Yeah. I think, like who, who's really watching this? It's, it's so hard to watch. It's so much effort. And, and then it hardly has any original programming. Uh, most of the shows are reruns of tournaments that have been broadcast elsewhere in the past. So you can see old Poker After Dark or High Stakes Poker. And they claim now they're working on two original shows called 
pokerography and inside poker. So, uh, nice. and I guess they just started pokerography airing on Monday nights. Well, they do have an original show, which is like a high limit cash game. And that's what I wanted to watch, you know, and sort of reminiscent of high stakes poker. But again, it's, it's like fucking impossible. To yeah, watch it's so this. hard. That, that's what people don't understand. Like if you make it hard to watch something like this, people will go through a lot of effort to watch a show they're already really into. But something new, no one's going to put like major effort to watch something. I put in major effort. I couldn't even. And he still it. couldn't. <laughs> and this is Daredevil we're talking about. This is Daredevil who seems to know everything there is about poker. So even he couldn't figure out how to do it. So like what, you can only, you can literally only do it if you own certain devices. What, what a freaking And if you fail. don't, you can't. And it's, They're it's so like, stupid. well, I'm not going to go out and buy something just to watch this thing. They are so stupid. They, they don't understand the concept of getting people used to it about uh, – getting good word of mouth, good publicity, getting people used to the service, and then start charging. Like, uh, they should make it so easy. They should at the very least have a web page you can go to and it's just streaming 24-7. Like, wh- why, why not do that? What would be the harm in doing that? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. So, so I don't know how they got Buckeye Cable to carry this. They probably called the CEO at like 3 in the morning. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we're calling from Poker Central. Uh, would you like to carry our channel? Uh, from uh, Comedy Central? Yeah, yeah, sure, we'll put you on, General of 92. All right, got to go back to sleep. It's probably something like that. Yeah. Uh, so Jstad, he's watched. He said, I've watched Poker Central on Twitch with Maria Ho. Interesting. Okay, here's some texts we've just gotten here. I've been ignoring the text tonight. I still stand by my previous opinion, the only poker show that was ever... It's been a watchable... Is the uh, the high stakes poker? I, I I don't know. They can put any of these shows on. I'm not going to watch. I mean, would either one of you watch anything on the the poker channel? No. Well, he said he tried. He, Daredevil said he tried and couldn't even do it. So, uh, Brandon, I have a question for you personally here. Not about this, but a text message came from the eight seven two area code. This guy tried to create an account on Poker Fraudler called Druff's Dick, and then he couldn't because the word Druff is banned for new users. But the word Drexel is not banned for new users, which you'll probably be mad at me for, but that's the truth. Anyway, uh, he, so he decided since he couldn't be Druff's dick that he became Drexel's dick. And he wants to know if that username is okay because he hasn't been approved yet. I haven't approved the account yet. Should, should I approve Drexel's dick or should I uh, not approve it? Uh, is it a uh, – what do they call it? A dupe? Or is I, I, a, I, don't know, first I don't time... know who it is. I have no idea who it is. Except you have text. to do the due diligence. I mean I, I have a phone number for um... him. It may be a fake phone number, but hmm. – I mean, Drexel's dick, I guess you can call in if you want to talk to Drexel and ask him about if you can be his dick. Uh, Daredevil, what do you think about this one? Am I opening myself up for liability and a bad precedent? I, I mean, where does it end is, you know, <laughs> is the problem. Then it's going to be Drexel's asshole, Drexel's his pubic hair, you know, I don't know. I would now, what about that Druff the Jew God? Now, no, no, you allowed he, he, that, right? Well, you know, he, yeah, I, mean, I know who made, that is. But he, yeah, but he made only one F. That's how he got around it. D R U F that you got. Yes. Okay. So anyway, the the five hundred five area code text is Druff. You say participate like Mason s- says participate. Well, no, I don't point. like it. You don't like it because there's no other Drexel. No, I, I did. Yeah, uh, no. Okay, he said I, no. So, sorry, Drexel Dick. Sorry. Okay. In fact, yeah. I'm going to have to go one step no. further, and I'm going to have to disable the ability to register as Drexel anything. So yeah. sorry. Yeah, you better. He's going to go to mine next. I don't want to have all. Like, it just. I no. There is a guy on the forum named Drexel's number one fan. So he's been there a long time. 
then he also said, Why well, he doesn't you- post though? Isn't he only like mainly come on for the radio in the chat? I haven't seen I him in a long time, post. actually. Yeah. And then this guy, he also texted, watching Poker Central now through Xbox, they're showing the 250K cash games. The app crashes every 40 minutes. <laughs> Even the people who want to watch it, uh, they don't, the app crashes. Who's going to want to do this? That's, I hope no one put a lot of money into this thing because it's, uh, it's really flushing down the toilet. Uh, T-Buck27 saying he's going to register Daredevil's dick next. Which is true. We haven't we haven't blocked anything having to do with Daredevil. All right, so let's see what else we have here. Uh, Eric Lindgren and Erica Schonberg. Brandon I broke, reported that. He, Brandon broke the news. I was going to give you credit. Brandon broke the news that they divorced, but they divorced even earlier than Brandon thought. It turned out. I that, know, hold on now. You're, you're being obtrusive. I said it was at least a year, if not uh, longer. Okay. If well, not longer. Not, so he, I gave a little bit of a, yeah. Mm-hmm. You gave a disclaimer. Okay, so I guess you were right after all. So it turned out that they got a divorce in February, or they filed for a divorce in February of 2014. So that's, uh, they've been divorced over two years, now, or about two years now. I think it was granted in March. And someone on the forum is claiming that they see the two of them around in Vegas together, like dining out and stuff. They don't act like a divorce couple. So that person is theorizing, which could be true, that this is a financial divorce, meaning because Eric's declaring bankruptcy, that the, this is some shenanigans way to protect their assets, which could be very possible. The divorce was filed in uh, the joint petition for divorce, February 5th, granted March 19th of 2014. Now, when did the subject, now the, the, when did the bankruptcy, I know the, the story about Eric Lindgren owing all this money came out in 2012, but when, when did they actually, when did he declare bankruptcy? Was that 2000, like late 2013? Like, does this coincide with the bankruptcy? Let me try to Google this. I'm going to produce the show during the show. See, Eric well, Lane. you know, on the other side of it, people that have seen him in Vegas, and I haven't, but that's not to say that they're not, you know, I don't know. I, I think I even stated that, you know, I didn't give any uh, insight or state that they were divorced because one had an affair or they, you know, I don't know. I just know they were been divorced for a while. But the other side of it is, you know, they are raising a child together. So being seen in a restaurant together or talking or out with their child, that doesn't mean, you know, I'm just given the other, you know, the other side. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, you know, they're all going to raise a child. So one way or the other, they're going to be in each other's lives. And of course there is that chance that they were divorced for that reason. But, uh, you know, but then, then you put it together. I mean, she's working. I don't even know. I should ask. Is she working the the job at uh, the gig at the Venetian? Does anyone know how many hours a week on average she's putting in there? No, I, I don't know. And here's something interesting. The, there's an article about when Poker Star says they're going to sue Eric Lindgren for 2.5 million because of their, because of how Full Tilt gave him that extra two million they weren't supposed to when they misclicked right. and gave him two million. Well, this actually sorry that was the wrong year. I was going to say that was on February 4th, but it's February 4th, 2015, not 14. So I can't find any significance to early 2014 for the divorce. So. Now, what do you think about this idea, Druff Daredevil? They start a poker room somewhere in South Florida, maybe Hialeah, where famous. Poker players are now busto. Their ex-wives all work. 
You can have the grinder's wife. You can have the Schoenberg lady. You have them all just dealing like sit and goes. That would, and then there's like a rake. It's like 60 plus 10 plus 10 plus another 10. And you just keep adding the 10s. I, Basically, I think it's even, like a lap dance, but like for a sit and go. I think you're onto something. I think maybe as a bad mm-hmm. beat jackpot or a super bad beat jackpot that uh, the former big name poker player's wife will uh yeah. will marry and Phil you. Ivey's wife Lou was it Lucietta yeah, yeah, like she the, runs the whole thing and she has a big whip and she's like a uh like a bit of reverse like a uh, what do they call the um people back in the days when they had slaves you know the guy that would whip them and just <laughs> on the like plantation an, like an, a, a, a dominatrix yeah it was something like that but Phil Ivey's wife is the dominatrix and she's whipping them deal faster deal you know do this and oh like a slave driver Yes, yes, right. Who now? What other big name poker players that we know of have gone through divorces? Who else could be added to, the, to this casino if I put it together? Uh, I'm gonna offer an application to the Lindenberg lady. Well, what about offer, what about uh, Kenneth James's old wife? Well, Marsha Wagner. Yeah. yeah, okay, I could add her. I mean, you probably uh, wouldn't want to see her in a bikini at this point, but she's like 88 years old, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. Who else do we got? Daredevil. What other? Some other famous breakups in the poker world. Mm. Maybe soon we'll know. be able to add Greg Raymer's wife to that. But I mean, oh, well, does, Mar- well, does Marco Traniello count? For oh me? yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, Marco Traniello. And then what about uh, what about? Uh, well, I know didn't that money maker? He got the. I was, I was about to say that money maker. Yeah, I was about to say that. Put the money maker wife in there and uh, Negreanu's mother's Negreanu's wife. Yeah, Negreanu's wife. That's right. The, that was such a weird marriage that when Negreanu. So it was like an Asian yeah, thing. Yeah, right? he married this Asian chick, mm-hmm. and then. When they got the divorce, he announced that they never had one fight. And that's so weird because how do you get married? She was like his best friend. Yeah. But how do you get married, never have one fight, and get a divorce? It doesn't make any sense. Like, and so quickly. It's not like after 10 years and you just fall out of love. Like within like a year and a half or something. I mean many days I'm sick of myself, more or less other people. It's so mm. weird. Like like not one fight and they get a divorce. But uh, – and that, that was what really fueled the Negreanu was gay rumors because that totally sounds like a gay thing, like that they're not fighting. It just turns out one of them is gay. But, I don't think he's but No, gay. but I don't think so either because then like shortly after that, he was like all obsessed with uh, Amanda Leatherman, like really, really obsessed with her. Oh, yeah, like, exactly. And like like a gay guy wouldn't be obsessed with Amanda like that. We, yeah, we could have that Leatherman if the things don't work out with her and Josh put her in there as the host of the my sit-and-go ex-wife casino. She's good at that. I'll ask her when I go to Asheville. I, well, I'm blocked. I can't communicate well, with her. I can go up to her in person. Snap, yeah. I'll, Snapchat. I'll, just, I'll wait outside of, of the studio in Asheville, and I'm sure she'll show up right on time. I mean, you know job. someone hates you when they even block you on Google+. Plus. You know <laughs> what I mean? I mean, who even uses that? That's like the ultimate sign. Like, really? You block me on Google+. Plus. Yeah, you have to go out of your way to block someone there. Yeah. What if you get blocked on MSN? That's even worse. I mean, I can't even, even the, message even the global her in Prodigy League, chat. You know, it's just Drexel's dumb. blocked on her ICQ. Even, even the global poker league ICQ. doesn't want MSN uh, social media. Like, they, they don't even see that as real. I mean, I pulled out the old 14.4 modem the other day, tried to send her a message on CompuServe, and it was, reserved as, <laughs> it was returned to sender. I mean, that's how bad it is. <laughs> Josh and Amanda. You know what? I need to get in with, with that Sue. That's my ticket to this whole thing. I can find out the inner workings of the whole thing. I tweeted at her once. To come on the air and air her grievances. She's obviously very bitter because she yeah. still lists her bio. That's a, a I know that was a big job. That was a big job for her, and Amanda took it. Mm-hmm. And, and Amanda's blocked both you guys on Twitter. No, no, not me. She likes me still. Oh, okay. No, I'm still under good graces. Yeah. 
So, but that goes with being part of the fraud show. I mean, I had to. Yeah, yeah, it's guilt by association. You know, this is what's funny. I had the WSOP. All of them blocked me for a number of years, and you, I know Druff, you, you'll know this because yeah, you I know. Don't know everything. But you know, this goes back quite a while. Let me ask my esteemed friend and co-host Daredevil. Do you know why every WSOP Twitter account had blocked me? No, I don't. Druff, tell the audience and Daredevil. Uh, because you were calling into question about the at the ladies' event when they were mm-hmm. bashing the guy, the, the guy who made the final table, and the the, the tournament, the the floor man was openly bashing the male and openly player. getting people to root against him to take yeah. a bad beat. Yeah, and I just want, I just thought it was unprofessional. I wasn't rude. I just wanted them to address it, and, and they wouldn't, and they eventually banned me. But then, this is the ultimate irony. Many moons later, uh, a person said to me, "You know, do you want me to get you unblocked from all these?" WSOP Twitter accounts? I said, sure. And then within five minutes, he had it done. Who was that person? That was someone who <laughs> is a big user of chopsticks. He likes right, chopsticks. But you, but right, but who was a person, the intermediary that That's what I'm saying. The, the, the user of chopsticks. He was the uh, Right, Jedi. that was the one that got me, but there was I did not know him at the time oh, personally. I, no, I, don't, I don't know who got you to who Jedi. Jason. Oh, Jason. Wow. <laughs> yes. Jason said, hey, I know who's Jedi. And then let me get you on Ben. Literally within like 10, 20 minutes. After How come I'm not surprised that Jason and who Jedi were friends? I know. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, speaking of which, and I know it's a tangent. Did this who's Jedi? Did he make did he make a comeback now or no? Is he's he... trying to, but no one, you know, like he hasn't really come back to poker. He's he's he's, he's kind of sort of coming back, but he's never going to get any kind of real position again. But I mean, is he like so active, like tweeting and poker, or to some degree, something? I haven't really looked recently. Oh, I don't care either. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's. He blocked me though. He did, he didn't like that I made that little uh, video of the uh, Star Wars Episode Seven about his situation before the real Episode Seven came out. So uh, I'm going to list a a bunch of countries and tell me if you think that. Uh, these countries are going to be huge countries for poker. Do you think that there's going to be a lot of poker players from these countries playing online poker? Now, real fast, uh, I was actually, as much as I don't like to speak about the online poker just because I can't play it, and I realize we have to do it because there's an audience, um, I did read something about these heads-up tables being eliminated, and I know you probably already discussed this. No, but we haven't. We're going to get to the- it. Oh, okay. Because I'm actually I don't I want to hear this because okay. this is well, I'm gonna, you're I'm gonna, so I'm if you're a heads up player and that's how you make your bread and butter, you can't do it no more on the star site. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that after. I want to get to this thing first. <laughs> All right, countries, let's get to okay. I want to list countries here: Argentina, Armenia, Belarus, Brazil. Uh, uh, it's Belarus. Say it right. Sorry. Belarus. Brazil. You know what the capital is? Tell us the capital of Belarus. Don't know. Uh, Daredevil. I don't, know. Capital. I don't know Minsk. how you know that. Minsk. Okay. Minsk. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Brazil, Colombia, Croatia, Cyprus, Finland, Greece, Hungary, Latvia, my personal favorite, Lithuania, Macedonia, Poland, Romania, home of many cam girls, Serbia, Slovenia, and Ukraine. Now, do you think 
these countries are going to produce mass numbers of poker players. So you're saying that they're trying to get a new market in what is known as the Baltic states? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much. Those these, are Baltic, aren't they, Druff? They're not all of them. Not all of them. Not, well, not Brazil, well, not Colombia. The only one I, the, the, all the Slavics. Uh, yeah. No. So, so yeah, they're going to the be. The only add, one of those I can see being big maybe is Finland. Cause yeah, the that, that's like what I thought. So they're going to be adding all these countries back to party poker, plus three others that haven't been announced. Uh, that were the, all these countries were banned because party poker was taking like a super clean approach that any country that didn't explicitly say poker was legal to play online they didn't and want uh, to let people play. Dick, dick shit. Dick, what was his name? The guy the that dick, made the, the decision. The dick Anurag Dick shit. Jesus, how can yeah, you have that? That was, that was really his name? last name was D I K S H I T. I'm not. You have that kind of a name. Yeah, the dick shit. It was what Indian, Pakistani? It was Indian. No, I, at the very beginning of party poker. He actually used to call one of my friends. He never called me, unfortunately, but my friend with like his phone would ring. He'd pick it up and go, "Hello, this is Ad- this is Anurag Dixit. Uh, I want to know how are you enjoying your experience on Party Poker. Do you have any suggestions for how we can improve the site?" Like he really would have conversations with my friend. You sound like a Bovada customer support person. No, they're they're in the Philippines. Come on. So, so, but anyway, he would call up and and ask my friend for advice back in the early days. But yeah, they're going to add these. Countries, which, as you said, Daredevil, aside from Finland, I can't imagine are going to produce a lot of players. And uh, do you remember on Party Poker, not Party, on, on Plant, was it, no Paradise Poker? Do you remember Angelina? Do you remember she would like always be there, twenty forty limit? Yes, I'm convinced that Angelina. I wasn't playing that big back then, okay. so I never. Angelina, what year is that? That's like two thousand one or two. Yeah, yeah. Angelina was oh, yeah. like a, she was a, a good winner there, but she I was playing the four eight draw from the eight sixteen on my okay. way up. She was – there was even a picture of her, like this this pretty girl with long brown hair sitting at the computer. But I am convinced that Angelina was phony, that she, she was supposedly from Slovenia, which I believe. But I believe that it was actually this guy named Ismet Fikali who is always post on uh, Rick Gambling Poker on uh, on uh, those internet news groups. That's how Barge started, by the way. You yeah, yeah, I knew that. So so I, I think Ismet Fikali – Pretended to be he he admitted that he knew her. She was supposed to be like a relative of his, but I'm convinced he was Angelina, and it was he was doing a online poker gender bending. That just hey, that's the only person from Slovenia I've ever known who's played online poker. So I, I can't imagine this is going to do very much. Party poker is doing this because they're kind of struggling, and they're hoping that if they allow what they call gray market countries, that is where it's not explicitly banned, but where it's not explicitly legal, that it's going to make things better. But they're not going to get anyone. I, th- I think it's. Useless. So let's talk about poker stars now. The the brand is interested in a poker topic. So I, I can't want... believe that you didn't uh, you couldn't pronounce. I mean, I'm not saying this to to pick on you, but you know you're very well educated about the world and that uh, you mis mispronounced Belarus. I'll tell you I'm why. I've never, I actually never heard it pronounced. I've only read about it. That's hmm. why. I've I've never heard it pronounced. <laughs> if you don't ever hear anyone pronounce it, you just assume, you just pronounce it yourself. Yeah. You come up with your own pronunciation. That's that's a good. Well, you know, I'm probably biased because I. I Met a number of people. Funny enough, when I first went out to Vegas, that were that was that were from Belarus and obviously also from Minsk, and so maybe I just take it for granted that it's you know more common than it is. And but and again, that wasn't a jab at you. You know, I don't want to get it no, like it was. No, I no, about the sides with the chicken, and you got mad. You thought it's not like that. I just <laughs> no, I well, I'm just saying. Chicken. I don't want our chicken incident. People are texting me. He won't tell you about the beans and macaroni. What the hell's going on out of here? I'm like, I don't know. He doesn't want people to know what he eats. I don't know why. I got a lot of a uh, lot of messages about that chicken thing. Oh, I, I, honestly, I did. I could forward them to you. I'd have to obviously 
Well, people didn't and like that whole segment. Things. People complained about that whole segment. Yeah. They, they thought the whole yeah. segment, it bothered them. So, yeah. Okay, anyway, uh, PokerStars has killed their heads-up cash tables. That you Now, you were allowed to play heads-up on the site, but you cannot go to a table which has a maximum of two people at it. They, they've killed the ha- heads-up cash game tables, and that's it. They're gone. And Wait, so this was it's not just that it's going to be implemented. It's already done. Uh, let me see. I'm not 100% sure on that's... that one. Is there like a goodbye? Is there a countdown? I, I think they're just gone, but let me take a look. Are those people going to be flying out of Toronto or Vancouver again to talk to someone? <laughs> Probably with the same level of success. Uh, let's see. It's, it's Let's see. It will happen on February 12th. They don't have very much time. They're not even going to give them the long weekend, you're saying? 12th. That's uh, Friday. That's, that's, so Friday that's, at midnight. They're, yeah, they've got to play the weekend. It says, this is what people got in the email. You are receiving this message because you've played heads-up cash games on PokerStars within the last three months. We are writing to inform you that as of Friday, February 12th, No Limit Hold'em, Limit Hold'em, and Pot Limit Omaha heads-up tables will be removed and replaced with Zoom pools. Heads-up Zoom is already in place at most stakes and will be added at 5,000. We will be adding Zoom No Limit Hold'em cap games at 25 – stakes up to 2550. This change is part of our commitment to reducing predatory behavior and improving the recreational player experience. Don't hesitate to contact us if you have any questions. <laughs> so what they're doing here is the heads-up games can be very lucrative for people because this is what heads-up pros do. They sit and wait. If somebody sits with them that they know is a fish, they play them. If somebody sits with them who they know is a good player, they sit out. And this is what's known as bum hunting. And there are some people who are heads-up pros who have made a lot of money doing this because the truth is if you only play mega fish, then you have an incredibly high edge and even a bad run of cards doesn't hurt you too much because you can often overcome that with a huge skill difference. Whereas if you play like a six max game, you're against several other good players and you know, running bad could send you on an extended losing streak, even if you're very good. So here it's hard to, to really lose a lot of money straight. If you have such a high edge, I know somebody who who did they can't play on poker stars anymore because they live in the U.S. But I know somebody who exclusively played pretty much heads up limit and made millions of dollars doing this. This is someone who's was it that girl that one guy tried to get a hand job from in the hot tub? Yes, it was that girl. Oh my god, I really just called it out. Yeah, you you called it. I know. Yeah, I was in that hot tub. Yeah, but she, you know, in her defense, she didn't do it. Right, and then she was investigated by the other guy, and that was crazy too. Yes. That gave the other crazy guy a job. Yeah, that, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, they're all just crazy. Yeah, so anyway, you yeah, she, she, made, she made millions of dollars playing nope. just those heads-up games, and, and like she just nope. wouldn't play good players. She just stuck to fish, and she just was very disciplined and made like she was doing this yeah, like but way she back. Had Magnum PI after her too, going through her trash. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, so, are you still friends with her? Yeah, I'm still friends with her. Does she still not eat meat? She's she's a very fanatical vegan, very very into. Yeah, very that's fanatical. Like, that's like that's like mainly that's a perfect term. But uh, she won't be giving any hand jobs in the hot tub anymore. She she got married, so. Yeah, that was what she said at the time. She said I was engaged. No hand job for you. No, she wasn't, it wasn't me. I mean, just to be clear, that I wasn't the one. No, I no, she must have lied then. She Brandon. wasn't engaged. She was not engaged then. That was that must yeah. have been a lie. Okay. But. Uh, hmm. No, I think she when she told me about it, she said that like she didn't like the way she was approached. She said she was actually attracted to Brad, but that. No, she I didn't, didn't say like... his name, but go ahead. It's, oh, uh, okay. it's fine. <laughs> she said she was attracted to him, but she didn't like. No, the way he was drunk him. and acting like a pig. Yeah, that's was... what she, that's what she said. She said she didn't like yeah, the way no. she was approached. 
She said if there's like a different circumstance, she might have, but not uh, not under that circumstance. So anyway, uh, but yeah. That, so it had nothing to do with the other 10 people that were in the hot tub? Just was the way she was approached? Well, no, no, like the, the, like the whole situation. Like the, it was because of the yeah. situation, not because of the It was awkward person. for everyone, to be honest. Yeah. So anyway, the... the uh, so, so basically, they they want to eliminate people like that who just sit and only play fish and heads up games. And poker stars especially hate it because, and I argued with that Lyman guy on his podcast, that uh, nappy haired uh, Jew who works at the bike. I, I went on his Who's podcast. Lyman? His name is Abe Lyman, and he uh, he's a forties uh, curly haired nappy headed Jew who works at the bicycle. And does this podcast every Monday called uh, Poker Sesh. And he's very, like, outspoken, too, but we don't always agree on everything. So I've been on his show twice, and he was on this show once. And, like, we spend, like, the whole time, like, shouting at each other. Like, I'm serious. That's Like, like the whole show is just, like, us shouting at each other. But Wait, it's about uh, politics and other things, or is it just poker? No, it's just poker about? stuff. Like, we, we just shout at they each shout other. shout at each other. Yeah, about... he just has me on there to, like, to fight with each other. It's weird. But, like, he doesn't hate me, though. Like, he, he, he doesn't dislike me. He just has me on there to argue with me. So anyway, uh, he, I was pointing out to him that what poker stars hates is when a fish puts a lot of money on the site and they have to pay all the deposit fees to get it on there. And then it's gone like really fast before much rate can be taken from it because that's a disaster. Poker stars actually loses money when that happens because the pro ends up taking all the money that gets deposited before enough rake is taken to pay for the deposit fees of that money put on. You know, so, let me ask you, the, the one guy that, uh, and this is to both of you, the one guy, uh, Isa, Isa, Scheinberg, you know, from what I've heard, and again, you know, these are from very reliable, multiple sources, uh, he was a great person to work for. Now, of course, he's filthy rich, but he really, truly, and again, these are from people that, that I respect and trust, cared about the brand, cared about his employees, cared about his customers, and obviously, we all know, you know, he ended up selling it. Do you yeah. think he's sitting there just pissed off that his baby has become this? I think somewhat. You know, they haven't made major changes yet. But Did that he, question he, make sense? Yes, yes. He, yeah. I, I, but I think he may be a little frustrated, but they haven't totally torn the brand apart and turned it into something different. They're just slowly making little changes oh. like this that are kind of adding up to be more and more. But what, what they're trying, it, Don't you remember back in the day that poker stars – other than, you know, I know you're pissed about the FPP point or whatever, their, their points being not redeemed correctly, but they were almost like uh, an angel in this whole poke. You know what I mean? They were untouchable. The, the, even when they get criticism, it was minor. It was minor. I mean, their customer service was great. Their games were great. They were, for the most part, fair. I mean, you know what I mean? Remember how the reputation yes, was yes. back then? They were yes, and, and, they tried, and they they did try to be a pure poker site and not try to do things like it's this. It's not that way anymore. I think their no. reputation has really suffered. No, it has because what they're they're really running this like a business to maximize profits now. And they and they're you know this whole thing about trying to re- reduce predatory behavior. They don't care about predatory behavior. What they care about is that fish deposit. They lose really fast at a heads-up table, and they end up losing money, and the fish get frustrated and don't come back. So the whole thing is a crappy experience of the fish, and they don't want that. They, the whole thing is for business. It's, it, they don't care now, about predatory behavior. Their other site, I, I assume, they still own Full Tilt, correct? Yes. D- do they still have the uh, tons of heads-up tables like they did back in the day? I don't know, but they uh, – they, they Daredevil? Pro- I, haven't, I haven't heard they're leaving Full Tilt, so they probably they're do. They're Canadian. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Sorry. They're gone. 
They're gone. The, yeah, they, they they were gone first. I yeah, believe. they were gone first. That they were gone. Uh, they were oh, gone in the fall. Yeah, that's that's right. So you can't they, even play the heads up anymore. Wow. Well, there's other sites, but yeah. So so yeah, they they killed. So those two sites don't have heads up tables. I'm telling you, they just they want the fish to last longer. And they are being more and more hostile to the pros. They just don't want the pros because they think the pros are bad business. And I can understand this. I, if I was running the company, I hate to tell you guys, but if I was running PokerStars, I would do these things too because this no, is not I good. Agree. I've agreed with almost every change they've made. This the is not good for the company. The lead elimination, taking out the HUDs, even though it does maybe end up making them money, I think it does also, even if it's accidentally, improve the poker economy. Yeah, what about back in the day? Didn't they have on the... Full tilt, or maybe it was poker stars, like the beginner games, where you had to have had an account only for like a month or no. I think three that was on par- that was on party. No, no, no. I'm, no, they I'm, had them on full tilt. Oh, they had them yeah. full tilt. Okay, but but still, but the, you know, most people don't want to play those games. That's for like the very beginners, like the the high limit fish. They just want to come on and play whoever's there and wants to play high limit with them. But how many in today's day and age? I'm not talking. 2005 and 6 how many high limit fish are they left well even high and middle limit fish like even even the middle are they that many fish still that i mean i don't why does everyone say the games are so tough now well i'll tell you why because there's a there's not as many fish as before and there's a lot more pros so there's a lot the the pro to fish ratio is a lot higher than it was back in the day that's why but but on an absolute basis there's still a lot of fish and that's what they're trying to say we've got to protect those remaining fish we're afraid these heads-up games are just destroying the fish, and they they lose their money before we can even rake enough, and they don't ever come back. So, so when that's... they talk about that Tiffany Michelle on the Isle of Man, you think they refer to her as a pro or her a fish? <laughs> they were talking behind her back. Huh. I think what is she regarded as? I mean, she was on the UB site. I never played with her. I don't think she's either. She just doesn't play. Yeah. As I I don't even th- honestly I don't even think of Tiffany Michelle as a fish. I just think of her as a non-player that pretends to be one. Like the one girl from the threesome in the uh, the real world. Oh yeah, Trishel. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of like her, right? Yeah. Do you do you know what Trishel had one conversation with me ever? Do you know what it was about? I don't. Mm-hmm. Trishel, when we were out at, uh, I think something in the Palazzo, some like sports sports room or something, or sports something like that. Uh, we were part of a big group there. And Trishel came up to me. I don't know why me, but she asked me what the appropriate percentage is to tip on drinks at a place like this. <laughs> she, she asked me for tipping advice. Yikes. Didn't we have her on one of the other networks? Yeah, once? we did. But that's not where she knew. Right. Like she didn't know. I she didn't know that I had interviewed her once along with with you guys. She just she, I was just like a complete random person to her that for some reason she decided knew about tipping. So was it because, no offense again, your legendary cheapness preceded you? No, she didn't know that. She just picked me. Just something about my look. Just oh, like, okay. Like this, this Jew knows about tipping. Like something like that. Wow. Because you had a Jew knows? I don't know. I, I don't think I have a Jew knows, but maybe maybe, maybe I do. And that was a joke because you said this Jew knows about tipping. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe <laughs> he wasn't. Maybe she looked. Maybe she looked and go, this guy looks like a Jew. I bet he knows. But that's like the only conversation it, it, I had. Right? Remember when you lost uh, – and again, I'm not trying to – Stick a knife in your back. Remember when you lost heads up and I ended up losing 500 LOL to Jason when you lost a Yep site in the heads up limit? You know, I lost 500 on you to Jason. Yes, yes. Never, you know, when I won the prop bets, I never got fucking paid. Well, I, I guess technically I'm getting a little back. Anyhow, if both of you had to venture, 
uh, wager money. Uh, we'll just say no limit. Tiffany Michelle versus the, uh, what did you say her name was? The real world, the real uh, world. Tr- girl? Yeah. Yeah. Heads up, no limit. Uh, some sort of like maybe best three out of five or whatever. Where'd your money go? Just based on whatever information you know right now. With no further information. I, I'd go with Tiffany Michelle because Tiffany Michelle, the one yep. she thinks, the one thing she did right was that she, once she had like a good stack, she was good at being aggressive with it. Mm. Agree. Tiffany Michelle takes the rubber match. <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I'd want to side with her, but after hearing that awful member was CNBC thing again, it just, yeah. I, I don't think I could Fox put my News money thing. Yeah. there. Yeah, or, <laughs> just. So you're saying she's he's doubling down now? Yeah, it's doubling. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm okay, so l- we're running out of time here. I, I'm not used yeah. to saying that, but we're running out of time. So uh, Bovada made a very questionable call on whether a prop bet won. I actually tried to bet on this, and I would have been the beneficiary, or one of the beneficiaries of this, what I believe is a mistake. But there's a prop bet on Lady Gaga, who sang the national anthem for the Super Bowl, and how long it would go. It would be over 2 minutes, 20 seconds, or under 2 minutes, 20 seconds. And the thing that became tough to judge was that she, when she got to Home of the Brave, which is the last line in the national anthem, she repeated it and went, of the brave, like that. So she she finished it and then said, of the brave again, before finishing singing. Now, Bovada's terms were from the beginning when she starts singing to where she gets to brave, but it didn't mention is that the, the, the last brave or like, so they, they decided to interpret it the way that once she said brave, it was over. And therefore the bet was under two twenty because it was very close. But if you count the second of the brave that she sang, then it went over. So Bovada was the only book that interpreted that it ended when she said home of the brave the first time and it went under. Let me ask you this. You seem very knowledgeable about uh, national anthem prop bets. In the past, what have they done? Is it when brave starts or what, even if it's a I don't believe this has ever happened before. Well, I'm sure somebody had to do a long brave. No, it wasn't a long brave. It was a a repeated brave. Yeah, it's because she said the same line twice. That's the controversy. It was was actually a tribute to Marco Rubio's uh, debate. (laughs) <laughs> we got to talk about that, by the way. Don't yeah, I know. That's why we're trying to get past this fast. But, yeah. but any, Bo, Bovada was the only book. Well, I someone that... told me that because there was so much money and they didn't want the backlash, they just decided to pay it. I don't was know. That, was true. that it? Was, was the money on the under or the over? Where was the big money on Bovada? Was it? A, if it I was wondering. Well, I thought the under. Someone told me the under. I thought I read it on the on the no fraud uh, forums. That the under was like minus two hundred or or something yeah. like that. I remember I thought I read that. Maybe someone tweeted it. I don't know, uh, but I thought that that was the favorite. The under it was, it was as, the favorite. But the question is, which way did people bet? Did they bet? But wasn't that yeah. one of those bets like with a small cap? I I don't know. And, and by the way, I do have to give props. I'm sure he's not listening, but uh, on my prior on the show last week that Druff missed or he came on late. We had DeLeon, who's a friend of China Maniacs, and he called the game exactly how it ended. He said that the, the this is what he said. He said Betty Under, now I guess or Betty Under and the, the, the national anthem. Now I guess you know you can debate that because I guess you said on one site it, it, they paid the over there. But he also said that, and this is a quote, Denver receiving six points or five points is a gift. Is a gift. Okay, and this is when everyone was still on Carolina, Carolina, and he was right. 
said bet the under. He was right. That, I mean, that wasn't even a sweat in this game. You never even had to worry, oh, my God, we need to stop yeah. here. I mean, he called the game. I don't know if you even heard that segment, uh, Druff, but uh, and I don't dare to have all – I don't know if you, you're more of a Edmonton or what's the – no, I heard but, it. Yeah, he was right. But he called it all right. And, and I, just, I just want to give the guy props. He came on the show and he said, this is how it's going to be. He said, it's a gift. He said, bet your money on this. You want to be rich. Maybe it's a new wormhole. Yeah. I'm going to have him back for NCAA March Madness. Um, I should have uh yeah, yeah. And not only I, that, I, I almost bet not just the under, I almost bet the under 34.5 plus 300. And to show you I'm not just making this up, you can see on the the wagering thread on the Flying Stupidity part of our forum, I, I floated that out there. I said, what do you guys think of under 34.5 plus 300? And nobody answered me. So I'm like, ah, screw it. And I stupidly bet on instead Carolina 19, minus 14.5 plus 300. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, I should have just done you it. Know, and, and the sickest thing was, I mean, I, you know, I didn't even think to bet it, was the wagering for winning margin. I know on Cantor Gaming, where I had the prop bet list, the margin that Denver won by, it, I believe it was either 13 or 14 to 1. It's like if they went by 1 to 6, it's like 3 to 1, 7 to 4. I mean, it was it, it was 13 or 14 to 1, which, you know, that's that's. That's a lot good. harder to pick, though. But to go under 14, 34 and a half, I was really tempted yeah. to do it because I thought I thought there was a, a good chance that no. the game was going to go way under. I think at some point, Druff, you need to start pulling the trigger because it seems like I've heard a lot of these. I was tempted to. I should have. I was tempted to. I think maybe with your sports betting endeavors going forward, maybe you kind of need to go with your gut instinct a little bit more. Maybe. So it seems like a lot of times you, 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 you've told these stories where you almost did something that would have had a yeah. positive return for you. And you, I mean, I get it. No, I mean, listen, I, I realize your money. You work hard for it. You don't want to just shoot it off. But, you know, it just seems that way that you and then, and then I couldn't have find confidence that and you don't pull the trigger. Daily came up with nervous. a very good one. A very good one about the, the coin flip that Carolina would choose tails. Forget the way it lands. That's just a random chance. But he said that they will choose tails because they've been choosing it almost the whole season and that, uh, and that they've won 17 out of 18 games. So, of course, they're going to go with what works. So... Sure enough, they chose tails. So I, I I couldn't find that one on Bovada. I turned it was there somewhere. I couldn't find it, and that that easily won. So they chose tails. So da- Daily knew what he was talking about. He he really got this thing right on. Uh, Absolutely. So good good job for him. And uh, so I'm going to. You know what, what else is interesting? Uh, I'm not sure if it's been like this in other years. It, it probably has at least in the last couple. But the Nevada sports books, the legalized sports betting, made more money this year off the props because of the horrendous juice and yes when i say horrendous juice it's it's worse than the dime juice that you're normally paying yeah, you know worse. for any other line they made more money off the prop bets than they actually made off wow wagering on the super bowl i don't know if either one of you knew that did not huh? yeah okay so, so i'm gonna go skip ahead. i'm gonna skip the last topic about uh paul fua and the fixing of tennis masters so we have time for the general topic of the election which there's been some Interesting developments in the past week. Unbelievable. Uh, the, the first development was, so after Marco Rubio had this surprisingly good showing in Iowa, and he had all the momentum, and as we mentioned last week, that he was the favorite in the sports books to be the Republican nominee. Uh, he, he shit the bed. He was in the final debate in New Hampshire, and Chris Christie kind of made what's being described as a... He drops out today, by the way. Yeah, I know. He made what was called a, a suicide attack on him because Chris Christie kind of knew he was done. 
but decided that he really didn't like Rubio. He told people privately that he can't understand Rubio's appeal. He's a bubble boy. That's what he called him, a bubble boy. He, he, he was really, really, he really resented Rubio. So he kind of made like a suicide attack on him on the final debate on Saturday. And uh, he, he picked the thing about Rubio that he thought would be most vulnerable, basically that he didn't, have, too. he didn't have any kind of experience governing that just as a senator, he doesn't govern anything and that he's not ready to be president. That, that, it was that's also what, more than that. He basically called him a puppet. He only can read what his, you know. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. Is it tells him what to say? Well, it turned into that. So he originally was just going to attack him on the thing about not having experience, but then when Rubio started to respond with a canned speech about Barack Obama, where Rubio was trying to say that Barack Obama knows exactly what he's doing, and that he, you know, he's not that Obama isn't making mistakes because he's inexperienced. He's making mistakes because he's trying to convert the U.S. into other countries that he admires in Europe and that he's trying to change the U.S. And so the problem was Rubio responded back to Christie with something that totally didn't answer Christie's concern. Christie said, you don't have enough experience. And then Rubio came back with a clearly rehearsed and canned line about Barack Obama. So then Christie, who's very good at thinking on his feet, uh, decided to take this further and get a lot more personal and started mocking him saying, ah, see, all, all you can do is answer with uh, canned 25-second uh, speeches that you rehearsed over and over. Yeah, That's all you can say. You, you don't have an original thought. All, all you can do is repeat rehearsed lines. So of all things, instead of trying to debate back with him, Rubio repeated the same line again. <laughs> and he repeated it again a third time. Now, he did try to get a few jabs in like that, that – uh, Christie didn't want to go back to New Jersey when they were having that uh, big blizzard there, and he only reluctantly went back. But in that whole exchange they had, Rubio repeated that same weird line about Barack Obama about like either three or four times. When again, it shouldn't even have been said once because it didn't even it didn't even directly answer Christie's question in the first place. So he proved Christie's point basically. Christie was saying uh, all you could do is is answer with pre-rehearsed canned lines and what does he respond he responds with a pre-rehearsed canned line over and over so they called it the marco rubio glitch almost like he was a computer like a robot that just kept repeating like the same uh, thing. quad jacks with the uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh right exactly like that yeah it was a, it was a glitch yeah it was a, so, so this really this really looked bad for rubio and everybody agreed even rubio supporters uh such as myself uh, agreed that this was a, a very bad performance in that debate. So this really hurt Rubio. And the question at the time was in the New Hampshire primary where Rubio was thought maybe he's going to have another surprisingly good result. And he had all the momentum. Did this ruin the momentum, especially in a place like, uh, like New Hampshire where a lot of voters decided the last minute. So people who had decided on Rubio a long time ago, probably weren't likely to change their minds from this, but, People who are deciding at the last minute are much more likely to. So sure enough, Rubio performed poorly in the New Hampshire voting, and he finished in fifth place with only 10% of the vote. And he finished behind Jeb Bush. He finished behind John Kasich. He, he finished behind uh, Ted Cruz and, of course, Donald Trump, who killed everybody there. He had a very good And uh, more, most importantly, Jeb Bush. Yeah, I said Jeb Bush. Oh, I didn't hear you. Did yeah, you so he it? finished in fifth. No. Now, a name that did not finish ahead of him 
was Chris Christie. Chris Christie did not gain from this at all. In fact, this may have even hurt him. And, yeah, seven point something percent. Yeah, so so Christie just gave up. New Hampshire was supposed to be the one place that maybe he'd make inroads. That's where he put all his efforts. He visited that state more than any other Republican not, or uh, candidate. It was like 176 times he had been there. Yeah, so so basically what happened there was people were not – people saw this as a flaw in Rubio, but they didn't see this as something good about Christie. They, Christie also came off unlikable in the whole thing, and, and it made, I think it made some people well, dislike him more. I, and I, I also think some people moved over to other candidates but not to him. They're like, okay, we're not going to vote for – Rubio anymore, but we're not going to switch our vote from Rubio to Christie. We're going to move it from Rubio to Kasich or or uh, or Jeb Bush. Or well, apparently, uh, from from what I I read, uh, Christie's candidacy never even really had a shot. No, I didn't. That's why uh, it was like a suicide. When they've attack. gone to all these, yeah, when they've gone to all these focus groups, uh, other Republicans are pissed and, the, and they dislike him. The two reasons are because of the Bridgegate scandal, which a federal grand jury cleared him of. But, also but, but he, was, he was guilty. Truthfully, he was guilty. But even more bizarre, when President Obama came to New Jersey after Hurricane Sandy, he slightly embraced him, shook his hand, and kind of gave him a little bit of a man hug. And people were pissed. And, I mean, look, I get it. Like, you know, a lot of people are not bipartisan, but Christ. So what do you suppose? He's the president of the United States. Well, you're not supposed so, to show I me. Mean, you can't. You don't well, respect that, him. Like that part's not a big deal. But the, the, the Bridgegate thing him? was really bad. The Bridgegate thing was really bad, and he was responsible. They, they couldn't prove well, it. Don't but, know that. Well, okay, I mean, I'm just saying. No, but they could prove that clear. his direct aides who worked for him did it. And and these aides always have to fall on the sword. These aides never roll over on their boss because the, that's actually part of the job description. Is that if anything goes wrong when you, you're pulling some shenanigans, you've always got to say it was only our idea, not our boss's idea. And if you don't. You'll never get hired as a political aide ever again. You have to prove your trust. It's almost like working for the mafia. Yeah. So, so I, I'm sure he had to do with that. And they were punishing a mayor. Do you really think? And I'm not. I'm just asking. Did you really think that he is a governor and a mayor of this town doesn't endorse him? So he tells somebody to close two lanes and that city's bridge. No, I don't so think he. I don't. I don't think necessarily think it was his idea, but I'm sure he knew about it. They wouldn't just go do this and not tell him. There'd be no point because they they're doing. Well, what this is your evidence? When you say he's, I know he's guilty. Is it just is it just you're you're, you're very suspicious and your instincts? I, I think he's guilty. Yes, yeah, I think it's very highly likely. It, it wouldn't make sense otherwise that his aides would do this and not tell him. It wouldn't do any otherwise. Why, why are they doing it? They're doing this for him. So why would they do this and not tell him? They, they wouldn't. It wouldn't do them any good if this if if there's all this traffic in that, near that city. And they, they, they cause the bridge to have horrible traffic, and, and which affects a lot more people than that city, by the way. But uh, that they cause all this horrible traffic and never, and, ne- and never tell him. Uh, I, I think it was the George Washington Bridge. But, but they, they create all this tra- terrible traffic there. They never tell him. They, they just do this and, and quiet, keep it quiet to themselves. They're, they wouldn't do this because they're doing this. His aides are working on behalf of him. So now they may not have co- he may not have come up with the idea and directed them to do it. But for sure, he had to know about it. Otherwise, there's no point. They wouldn't have done it. And, and so and there, if there's 100% proof. I, but I'm saying point. still, nonetheless, and, and you're right, perception is everything, which is why he you know, had a failed candidacy. But in this country still, unless proven guilty, you know, you're, you're innocent. Well, but that's, what, that's, why he doesn't, any... that's why he's not in jail for it. But as far as wanting to elect him, people can make right. a common sense judgment oh. that he was probably guilty of this. And, well, listen, uh, these people have way more power 
than you and I will ever have. I mean, you know, look at Hillary Clinton with the, with the email thing and all these hopeful people I still hear. You know, she's being investigated by the FBI. Bernie Sanders may win the nomination if she's arrested. She's never going to be arrested, no, people. Be. It's never going to happen. She's too powerful yeah, to ever let happen. that happen. Now, you tell me, do you agree? Are we going to get a breaking news tomorrow that Hillary Clinton is is in jail and now no. she's out? I mean, it's never going to no, happen. It won't happen. Can you just say it, Druff? Yeah, it won't happen. Daredevil? I agree. Daredevil will never yeah, happen. I, I've, I've said this on the show before. It, they have too, the Clintons have too much juice. Even if, I mean, they can at least stall it for another year, and then she's president, and it's too right. late anyway. It won't happen this, anyway. If the Clintons wanted to play heads up on stars, she could play 3060 <laughs> heads up. Okay, With she a could. Yes. So I always hear this. I heard this over the weekend. People were telling me, just wait and see. You know, Bernie Sanders is going to be the only nominee, and this and that. Hillary's going to go no. to jail. The FBI are really close. Nothing is going to happen. Yeah, the the I, most delusional people It's so frustrating when people are telling me that. So it doesn't work that way. The most delusional people out there right now are the Bernie Sanders supporters. They're, oh they're delusional. They, they believe he's going to win. Now, he did have a very nice he showing. He's been the only two states he can do it, and he lost one and, and won one. That's it. Well, he's not going to win but, anymore. But he, so he had a very nice showing in New Hampshire. They didn't expect him to win by 22, and he did. So that, that was – and that was – he's going to be like an irritant for Hillary for a while. So this is why if you don't like Hillary – or if you're a Republican, which also means you don't like Hillary, then it's not going to matter. She's the, still going to win it. No, of course she's going to win it. But but it's it's bad for her that she has to expend any energy on this and and uh, and, and deal with him rather than just easily cruise to the win or, to have to deal with with this of sort of thing and, and also to lose by 22 points even if it is in New Hampshire it, it is kind of embarrassing for her. But but of course she's going to win. And uh, here Marco Rubio, this, these were his comments on it. <laughs> So, so uh, the next two states that are going to have primaries are uh, she's going to win big because she's way, way, way ahead in the polls. Uh, in South Carolina, she's currently polling 62 to 32 and a half. So she's up almost 30 points on him there. Michigan, 59 and a half to 29 ahead, also around 30 points. So hey, this is an article. Like, I don't even get this. This is the the. the... Caption of an article that's in Time Magazine. Bernie Sanders needs to face the daunting... It's only not an editorial, it's by just a single writer. Bernie Sanders needs to face the daunting possibility that he might actually be president. That's not going to happen. Like, who are these people? Are they just trying to give us propaganda? Or are they that delusional? No, they're they're delusional. So it's it's going to start... Reality is going to start hitting when when, uh, when Hillary wins by 30 points or so in the next two states. And uh, but but he he at least did well enough, especially in New Hampshire, to be an irritant to her and to have to force her to take the whole thing seriously, even if she knows she's going to win. Th- this hurts her some rather than just easily uh, just coasting to being the obvious inevitable nominee. But so, I think the adjective you used is very correct. He's going to be nothing more than an irritant. Yeah, that's what he's well, going to well, be. Well, what I mean, he's going to do, and he knows he can't win. Okay. What he's going to do is try to move the narrative, move Hillary more to the left to make her incorporate, you know, at least some of his ideas. And that's yeah. going to be his contribution. As of as of today, by the way, right now, as we speak, uh, he's only yikes. I mean, this is I mean, I, I, there's no value in this at all. Uh, it's never going to happen. He's only plus 250 to become the Democratic presidential nominee. That'd be a horrible and actually, thing. I don't mind this. The only thing I mind about the Hillary minus 400, unless you can lay a lot, you know what I mean? Like if you yeah, can you lay like, much. 
you know, 12,000 to win 4,000 or something like that, then I, I or to win 3,000, I'd go ahead and bet something. But like laying 400 to win 100 or 800 to win 200. But I mean, there is value in that. I think that's basically free money. Yeah, you I think just have to too. find somewhere that would let you bet that big. Yes. You know, that make it worth yeah, it. That is it's free money. It. You're right. That is free money. Yeah, and as, by the way, in the national polls right now, uh, shockingly, uh, Trump is only eight and a half points up on Cruz at the moment nationally. But he is going to crush him in South Carolina. Trump's way up there and also way up in Michigan. So he's Trump's what about get, Nevada? Because that's after South Carolina. I haven't seen the Nevada ones yet. Uh, that's a caucus, too, isn't it? Yeah, that's a caucus. But I might go out there and caucus. Do you, do, how long does it take you? I'm not even a registered voter. <laughs> How long does it take? And I'll tell you the reason why. Maybe you know people are going to think I'm a hypocrite, but in the state of Nevada, I'm not, I'm not sure how it is in California or in uh, Ottawa, but um, the jury duty in Las Vegas is determined not by DMV but by being My a voting record. Yes, Cody. And California I, does that too. Okay, and I just didn't want to. I, I, I did jury duty once when I was younger. I hate it. I don't want to have to. Be, what do they call it? Sequestered? Yeah, I can't do the radio, the podcast. Well, I'm, I'm going to give. I'm going to give a uh, a piece of information, and just to, as as a disclaimer, I'm not encouraging or telling anyone to do this. Just so uh, you know, I don't go to jail. But I, I was going to tell you the truth that the last I heard, and this is pretty recently, the last I heard, if you get a jury duty summons, if you accidentally drop it, if you accidentally drop it in the trash. Nothing's going to happen oh. to you. That they don't. They never follow it up. It's not, it's not like a regular court summons, where if you don't show up, there's some consequence. This, uh, you just uh, they don't follow it up. If you just don't answer, they don't follow it up. And I, again, I'm not telling people to do it, and do not. You're saying something you heard on this. Yeah, I'm saying something I heard that uh, I believe to still, and I know it has been true for a long time. And I know many people who have done this. I'm, again, I'm not telling you to. And if you do it and, and something happens to you, then don't blame me. But I'm telling you right. that is the that it's been that way for a very long time. That people get these official looking forms, and it is technically a crime to throw that away. Blah blah blah. But it's never followed up. And and so you can keep yeah, that. I had to do jury trial or jury, jury duty once, and I never wanted to do it again. It I would actually awful. do it if if it was an interesting case. But the problem is, like most of the cases are not interesting at all. I had to do it for the uh, William Kennedy Smith case. Really? Do you remember that? Yes, that was a big case. Roy Black, yeah. I, I would have liked was... to have been on that one. Yeah, you know how long it was? How long? It was nine weeks, the trial. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Wow, so Brandon was one of the jury members of a William Kennedy Smith case? Yeah. Wow. So, anyhow, that's the main reason. But now I'm thinking, you know, I really do want to vote in this election. So my question is, do you know how long I went down to the DMV and registered it takes from when you actually do it until you're eligible to, to vote? No, every state... I mean, is it like, I don't think it's instantaneous. I no, know it's not, you know, it's not, yeah. But, okay. But anyway, I want a caucus in Nevada. I do. I want to make my voice heard. Well, so that's, uh, yeah, so... So what do we see happening now? I mean, we, we talked about Trump's rise. And, you know, in the beginning, you didn't believe him. And then I kind of said he was a real thing. Then you kind of did believe him. And then he had to set back in Iowa... Then he had a resilient win in New Hampshire. What handicapped the race? And then we thought we both thought Rubio it was going to maybe go heads up against Trump. Handicap it for us now, in your opinion. Well, I, I don't know about the you know assigning odds, but it's it's a three man race in the Republicans for sure. It's it's still Trump, Rubio, and Cruz. But 
Trump is he's the favorite for sure at this point because Rubio shit the bed and this he he killed his momentum. Uh, so it's really those three. Trump has the best chance, but if he wins and goes against Hillary, he's going to lose. I'm convinced of that. Uh, if Cruz wins and goes against Hillary, he will probably lose, but not as surely as Trump. But uh, if, if Rubio wins and goes against Hillary, I think he'll win. So, and we both agreed Bush is just delusional and he's just prolonging the eventual. Yeah, yeah Bush outcome. doesn't have a. I, I don't think Bush has a chance. I know Casey has, has a chance. I don't think. Uh, what did you think of his second place showing? Were you shocked by it? No, I because was. he put you know he put so much effort into that state. So, well, so did Bush, and so did uh, Chris Christie. I didn't think he finished second. No, no he uh, really put he really put a whole lot in, and he didn't have a lot of the negatives that Chris Christie had. So, so Kasich, yeah. he's he's not going to go anywhere from there. And I think, it, to be honest, if you look at Kasich, he never bashes the other candidates, and I think there's a reason for that. I think he wants to be VP. I think he's he's pretty much campaigning here to be VP. Uh, that hasn't really uh, been said very much, but that's cool. my feeling is because Ohio is a very important state. If, if Republicans lose Ohio, it's over. It, it really right. is. There's no, zero chance they can win the presidency without Ohio. So so we're sitting here and we're doing the fraud show uh, in a couple months. I think it's March maybe, or no, April, uh, for, during Super Tuesday. After Super Tuesday. Okay, or you know what? I'll even make it easier for you as a prediction. Before leading up to Super Tuesday, what candidates are left in the field? I, I think it's uh, it's just those three. I think Wait, Trump, those... Trump, Rubio, and, 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 Cruz, uh, and Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, and I think I think Bernie will stick around on the Democratic side. You don't you don't think that Bush is just since he has sixty million no, lying think, around, he's going to stick around to give up. Super Tuesday. I think by then he'll give up. See, so Super Tuesday. I think is in isn't it March? Is it yeah. next month? Yeah. Do you know? Do you remember the date? It's no. the beginning of March. But I, I think he will be done by then. You never know, but I think he'll be done. But that's really who the election is going to come down to: is those three. Trump is the favorite to win now, and he's 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 in good shape. He's going to get some decisive wins in the next two, and he's going to be tough to be because Rubio's momentum has been interrupted by Christie's suicide attack, which is what it was. Christie had no chance and decided to go after the guy he hated, and. So he and he he was effective. He went after him and was effective and ruined the momentum. And I think there's going to be some Republicans really, really hating it. What happens if if let's say Trump goes on to win now and this really killed Rubio's momentum and Trump goes on to win and then loses to Hillary. Republicans are going to be so pissed at Christie for killing off the only candidate that really had a good chance against her. Yeah. You know, people are also saying that about and I'm not saying it was just on a more grander stage, but. From what I've read, and I've read this uh, numerous articles, numerous quotes, um, that that's how the establishment has been feeling about Jeb Bush for quite some time, taking these subtle and not so subtle digs at Rubio. The majority of his money that he spent attacking candidates has been Marco Rubio, and the fact that you know they're both from Florida, and a lot of what I've read has indicated that the votes that Bush is getting, if if he wasn't getting it, if he was not in the race. Those votes would go to Rubio, and people would be united behind him. So, but but yeah, but, yeah. the thing is, he had the momentum, and it, none of that type of negative stuff was affecting him much. And uh, to show you how a candidate can shrug off the things about oh, you're not experienced enough, that Obama had the same situation going on. He was a senator; he had no experience. He won pretty easily. So well, that's not that's not a killer to it's, you. It's, yeah, but it's different. I mean, look, first of all, it yeah, was time. 
I'm not. I'm, I'm just saying it was time for this country to elect a black president. He was charismatic. None of these guys are. I mean, I guess maybe you could say Trump just because he thinks outside no, no, the Ru- box. Rubio is actually afraid. is charismatic. Until this, until this gap, I mean, he actually is pretty charismatic. Not as much as Obama was, but he was he was charismatic. That was one of the strong points he had. Uh, but this, it's a different time because in 08, there was such an anti-Republican sentiment at the time. No Republican is going to win that election. And, and Obama was a very good candidate as well. It was a very tough one to be up against. So well, uh, the other thing was it was basically Obama and Hillary. Now you have on the Republican side, you have such a big field that you know. It, it, if you look at the, the Christie Rubio thing, it, you know, like you said, he didn't go up by Rubio going down. They just went somewhere else because you know the field is so big. If it were only those two, then yeah, he, by virtue of one going down, the other would go up. Yeah, that's what happened. So, and 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 that's what works in Trump's favor too. Is the longer everyone stays in, the yes. longer everyone stays in, the more he's going to get, because he's kind of the one out on his own, and all those other people, when they drop, you know, the Bush supporters are not going to go to Trump. And what also got Christie angry was that I guess he got contacted after Rubio's good showing in Iowa. He got contacted and told to back out of the race and that they're trying to encourage everyone to coalesce around Rubio and, and uh, everybody else to give up that he's the, the candidate who they think has a chance to win. So they were asking Christie to drop out. So Christie was getting pissed because he doesn't like him in the first place and, and he didn't want to do that. Now he's being asked to drop out on Rubio's behalf. So this just, this made him lash out. And this, this was not a sudden lash out. He planned to do this. Uh, you know, even, even in 2008, when Obama won the, Republican Party, and like you said, I agree they had no shot of winning, were basically united behind their candidate. I mean, there was a little bit of a fight. I'm looking back at it now, you know, the beginning between like Huckabee and Mitt Romney, but they all just got destroyed and all the support went behind John McCain. Well, looking what at the was, numbers uh, now, I'll tell you what happened. He won, I, I he won 1,378 out of a possible 1,575 delegates, McCain. Well, yeah, so no, I'll tell you what happened. Everybody beat themselves. It was a weird primary where everybody, McCain, I said, won by default. He just kind of sat there and watched everybody beat themselves, and he was just the last man standing who didn't screw up. That's what happened. Everybody beat themselves you know, that year. You even, they even had, I've never even heard of this guy. This is unbelievable. Uh, back in 2008, there was even a U.S. representative from Riverside, California, that actually was running, and he was in the first seven or eight primaries and withdrew after... Uh, a primary in late January. A representative, I don't know this name, Duncan Hunter. Yeah, Do you yeah, even know this yeah, name? Yeah, I know him. Yeah. Never heard of him. Duncan Hunter from Riverside? Yeah. Sounds also, like one of your aliases. <laughs> <laughs> also, possibly the worst campaign in modern history in 2008, Giuliani. Ooh, yeah. yeah. That was a tough well, that was one. That was one of the people who beat himself. There were a lot of people who beat themselves. Yeah. So that's what happened. I, I honestly, Todd, I, I disagree that that there's it's a three man race now. I, I don't see how Rubio's anywhere in this discussion. I mean, he finished third. He finished fifth. South Carolina. What's his best shot? He finishes third again. You think he? You think that's he's no? But these are the early ones, and, and, and he, like, these are the early ones. And there was everybody was excited about the Iowa finish that he finished so much ahead and he had all the momentum and. Uh, and the Republican Party itself was telling everyone to back off and let Rubio win. And that's what got Christie so mad. So it right, wasn't but, just... that's, but his momentum stopped now. Well, it, it, it did stop now. The question th- is, can he recover? I, 
I, I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. I just have to address this. And I don't know if this guy's a troll. And if he is, that's fine. This Mike Oxlong gentleman uh, in the you know, I just want to in the chat. He I'm just glancing and he wrote the Democrat nomination is not as much as a slam dunk as Drexel and Druff think. Current odds, and he, he lists the same odds that I just said. Actually, his are a little higher on Bernie. Uh, unless I'm missing something, and please, you guys, put me in my place. What am I missing here? Not a slam dunk. He, a 70-plus-year-old guy who's a socialist and not even mentioned, I don't think he'll even make it eight years alive. Uh, but even with that you know, not being said, what am I missing that – Mike Oxlong I don't think you're missing anything that, because he has no appeal in the South. He has no appeal. Uh, uh, I agree. No appeal, That's what I'm saying. So what am I missing? Minorities, that he thinks it's not a slam dunk. Minorities that he can don't like him. The nomination. Minorities absolutely do not like Bernie Sanders. They like Hillary. So he's going to get clobbered anywhere there's minorities. Females, blacks, Hispanics. Yeah. Yeah. What he has is the young people, but that's it. Yeah. And again, I'm not. I'm not trolling him. I just. I. I, I I oh, he's just he's he, just saying he's just saying that he thinks. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, he's asking a question. Is four hundred a lock minus one? Yeah, I am saying it's a lock. You know what? I I would I'll tell I you. Would, my, I would wager if if someone could direct me, and I'd even back this up. If someone could direct me to a reputable site, maybe even in, I don't think you can do this in Vegas. Bet on it, where I could bet forty thousand dollars to win ten thousand. I would put my mouth where I put my money where my mouth is, and I would bet. I would too. I, and not only not only that. Um, and I've, I've got to end the show here very shortly, but uh, not only minutes. that, but in 2008, I'm so I regretted so much I didn't bet in for the same reason you're saying, Brandon. I just like I couldn't get enough money down on it on Bodog. Right, when, it has to be enough to make it worth it. Like yeah. I'm not, you know. Well, then you got to wait for the money to be paid. Of course, that's what I'm saying. That's like, the problem. Like, if I get paid tomorrow, I do enough. it. But, yeah, yeah, you exactly. have to sit there having them hold the money. That's what sucks. But right. there is a minus 700 on Obama against McCain, and not early, like at the point, like in September when it was so obvious that McCain had absolutely zero chance. And I was like, I was like, oh, I should bet this. I should bet this. And then I didn't. And then it turned to, then I said, okay, I'm going to bet it. And then I go back to bet it. And it's like minus 1150. And at that point I'm like, no, I'm not doing minus 1150. It's just. Uh, right. I think Bernie at, right now in Bovada, he's 250. And uh, Mr. Auckland is saying whatever he got his lines, 350. There's absolutely no value. Even at 350, but especially 250. That's a joke. Like, I mean, you're saying I, I'm Bernie, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 250 plus 250. That's what you're getting on Bernie Sanders. Not to be. Well, I think he's talking about the, the opposite of the on Hillary. But yeah, I agree with you, Brandon. If I if I could bet a large sum of money on Hillary at minus 400, uh, I would do it. I would do it just like you. So yeah. if you guys know where you can do it on a reliable place that uh, let us know. That's the whole question. You know, unless uh, I, and I, I'm pretty sure none of this. And, you know, I, I think one day there will be just if nothing else, just to bring the income into the state. But other than sporting events, you can't bet on world events such as this in Nevada casinos. No, I mean, can't. I've never seen one. But, I mean, you know, like at first you couldn't bet UFC fights and they did that. So maybe, you know, maybe they'll be open to one day accepting these sort of bets where even though technically you can't affect the outcome, but, you know, in all being realistic, you're never going to be able to affect, you know, guard, you know you're never going to be able to fix – was that the closing music? Yeah, it's about to be. I, 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 would, I wasn't ready to play it yet. I played it by oh, itself. Yeah. So, and then, for, I'm sorry, for those that are asking, just to make, I'm sorry, unfortunately tonight, there's not going to be uh, any bonus coverage. I'm going to be signing off when my esteemed co-hosts do. And, okay. Uh, 
Uh, I'll have another show within the next 10 days. I just need to get some computer issues resolved. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm worried. Yeah. So if, yeah, if anyone, if anyone can, knows a reliable place, Twitter at Druff, Twitter at Daredevil, Twitter at me, let me know. Cause I, I would put my, my money where my yeah, mouth I would, is. I would too. So, okay. A show that's actually only about four hours. Amazing. And it went by very quickly. I feel like not only in a short time. Thank you to Brandon and Daredevil for showing up here, especially Daredevil with your uh, spotty internet and uh, me in the secret location with this uh, spotty internet that I made work and the whole show went without crashing. I'm proud of it. And, uh, I put a lot of effort into making this happen. Uh, thank, thank guys for appearing on the show here. And this, uh, I, I was worried about the show technically and it actually worked out. So I'll be back next week in a regular location, not a secret location. Everything should be fine. And uh, can you guys make it next week? Week from today? Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. And uh, tonight we had. I'll be back though. I, I, I'll be back from holiday Monday night, so I'll uh, be very here. Very good. So have fun in Palm Not Springs, a minute Brandon. past nine p.m. Have fun in Palm Springs, and we'll be back on Wednesday night again. Hey, the truck. What's what's the casino I should if I do need to? Yeah, I haven't been. The last one I was at was the uh, the Fantasy Springs Casino. That was decent. I don't know. It's been years. Trump even used to have one there called the Trump Twenty Nine, but I think it's something else. The critics are saying great show except for the interview with the Bachelor girl. No, okay, I guess I can. What did you do to ruin that? Why don't you like that? I don't know. I don't know. They just didn't find it that exciting. Remember, we used to do female interviews, and that Mike Kyle would ask the sexual questions, and everyone would get awkward. Yeah, see, I, I try to stay away from that. <laughs> okay, yeah. so we'll be back next week, and see where location worked out. Uh, I don't know what else to say here. We've got uh, 30 minutes left. Thank you again, Sam Sneed, for the hundred dollars. Happy birthday to your girlfriend. And, Remember to call the listen line, 712-775-8162. We're streaming reruns all the time here. Oh, uh, remind me next time to tell the story. Uh, I was allowed to say this. See, money bought a Cessna. <laughs> he did. Okay, we'll have to talk about that next time. Good night, everybody. And Shalom. Shalom.